What are you drinking? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Is it an Irish hot chocolate? Uh, no, I guess I could make it an Irish hot chocolate. No. <laughs> oh, you know, I did something really exciting recently. This yeah. isn't this isn't exciting at all, but it is to me. I uh, <laughs> finally, you know, almost forty years old. I ordered a uh, electronic tea kettle. Okay. Because I've just been like for the past year heating up water in a pan, in a saucepan for my tea, uh, which is a real pain in the ass, and it's a yeah. little bit dicey because you got to pour it just right, or you're gonna burn yourself. Because right, um, right. I, I used to have like a just regular kettle that I would heat up, but I threw it away when I moved. So the electronic tea kettle it looks like like a carafe right yeah and it's okay, yeah, yeah. stupidly simple to use i don't know why i've been like you like press using a button the down. stove for years and years and years yeah yeah you just like press a button and it heats up like super fast and easy peasy yeah whatever yeah it's like when i discovered like in my mid-30s that like like when i would cut an avocado in half i would try to like somehow peel the skin off the avocado like I did that till my mid thirties, and then like I had an epiphany one day. I was like, "Why don't I just use a spoon to scoop it out?" Oh yeah, I was like, "Oh, that works." Wow, I'm dumb. You were that many. You were that many years old before mm-hmm. you realized it. Yeah, cool. So I'm drinking lots of tea, but not yeah. right now. Right now, I have a Mountain Dew because I need some energy. I need to be high energy for this pod. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, this is gonna be a five hour pod. Maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll see. We did change I our just... format a little, so. We we did. I just want to say at some point, I don't know why, if I could go back in time, if this record could skip, I would say maybe make these like two parts, you know, record <laughs> them all at once or, or something. They're a meal. Yeah, they are a fucking, especially watching a whole season. Like just that, knowing that task <laughs> laid ahead of me was interesting. I mean, when did you start? Because it seems like you might have started a little bit late there. No, I actually started. I actually started on Wednesday night, and then I kind of went back and rewatched a little bit of Jughead. Uh, okay, because I actually I paced myself. I was doing like four a day um, or thereabouts. So like I finished on Friday, and it wasn't it wasn't too bad, but still like doing like four days. That's a it's an accomplishment. Well, because I mean, like I and I'll I'll pause to write something, or I'll also pause to do something, or spend another day in Stardew Valley or whatever. So it's like, yeah, like. It would take longer than it should have. Hmm. <laughs> Stardew Valley. Well, yeah. I have some That's questions about living. that. But uh, before we get into that, shall we begin the pod? Absolutely, we should. Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Hello. You know what we should do soon is a, a Greedo podcast, I was thinking. You know what I wish they would do is mm. do like a sequel to Last Jedi. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like um, an episode nine. I think it's time. Yeah, maybe after the uh, quarantine ends, they can get on that. Anyways, this is not a Star Wars podcast. This is Headcanon where we talk about whatever we want, really. Um, this it's week, Star we're going to be talking up. about season five of Lost every single episode of season five. <laughs> but mostly with a, with a focus on the incident part one and two. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into that, I was going to ask what you're watching, but it sounds like you're playing something. What is the Stardew Valley business? Um, so I'm playing Stardew Valley in the worst way possible. Can you guess what that is? I know you're going to hate it. On your phone? Yep. Yeah. Um, because the app was like super cheap. 
It's like four. Well, how else? I don't need. What is Stardew Valley? And can you play it on other systems? You can play it on um, some of the consoles. You can play it on Steam. It started as it's like an indie computer game. Is it like um, Farmville, basically? It's probably more akin to uh, Animal Crossing, but without mm. the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like where it's open to the internet, where anybody can interact. Mm. Okay. Because um, I know like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley are both based on the same game, uh, Harvest Moon. But yeah, you start off with like you have a farm. And then you also can venture into the nearby town and you can interact with the people and you can go fishing and you can go fuck shit up in the mines. And, um, yeah, you're, you're trying to make money. You're trying to like get it, get it wet. Um, I don't know. I was like, I need something when I was not feeling well. So I, I just kind of downloaded it on a whim and I didn't know what I was doing for a couple of days of the game. And then, you know, as these games sneak up on you, I was like, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm looking forward to hmm. shit in Stardew Valley. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm almost like married to one of the characters, oh. which I feel like the game has been like forcing her on me. But whatever, I can't mm. fight fate. Yeah, it sounds like you've taken like the the hipster choice. All the cool kids are playing uh, Animal Crossing, but you zagged. I think, um, well, because I, you know, I was like, do I want to go buy a fucking Stitch? Stitch Switch. Is that what it's called? Switch. Switch. A Switch and the game. No, that's that's too much for one thing. But I know like the the kids were all playing Stardew Valley a lot last year. I remember hearing about. Mm. Okay. It seems like uh, all like the the really cool celebs are like getting their like uh, Animal Crossing hype on Twitter. Like Elijah Wood or Brie Larson, yeah. Elijah Wood's like, "What's up? I'm relevant again." I didn't even know he does a voice on one of those Star Wars cartoons. What does he do? Uh, he was on like the Resistance show, I think, as someone. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Someone, my favorite character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, otherwise, watching. Westworld. Uh, basically, the only other two shows that I've watched, other than Lost and last week, were the next episode of Run and then Westworld. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Run: this should have just been a movie written mm-hmm. by somebody else. Interesting. Okay, who's the like showrunner? The showrunner is a woman whose name I forgot. She, um, it's secretly a British show, or I think it's like made through their Canadian arm. Um, it's one of the people who's associated with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like Phoebe oh, okay. Waller-Bridge has like a cameo in later in this season. Mm-hmm. It's like the cast is all fine. It's just like I'm that's, like, man, this so is like a, this like could a have been dirty a dirty rom-com, right? Yeah, a little bit. I'm like, this could have been an interesting movie, hmm. a better written movie too. Um, it's a, it's a horny show, but it's a weird horny show. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched anything else for Westworld, which I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't really care about the Williams stuff at all. I don't know. It's weird listening to some podcasts about the show this last week where they're like totally into the Williams stuff. And I'm like, I don't get it. It was boring. Apparently Ed Harris didn't like it either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, where are we going with this man in white stuff? Is this supposed to be important? It's very weird because there's only two more episodes. So it's like suddenly it felt like it's moving a lot faster. Oh, it's like the the big reveal is like, oh, he was always a little murderous asshole. It's like, okay. But then we know that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Is this new? <laughs> um, I thought like the previous William episode this season did a lot more for the William character than than this one. Um, I mean, the stuff of like him as a kid and his dad. I was like, that's this is weak. This is super. It was just nice to see Jimmy Simpson again. Yeah, yeah, pretty but much. Wasted. But I mean, I I felt like that was a more interesting place to to build his character from. Is this guy who thinks he's the nice guy? And mm-hmm. becomes really twisted by playing the game. 
that's more interesting more interesting to me than um he's always been like a psychopath basically yeah yeah it's interesting that with westworld and devs and lost there's like this thread of shows that we've been watching that are not so much about like determinism but the idea of destiny being presented to you for you to either accept or deny uh-huh. yeah i know you're getting a lot of that lately yeah i guess it's coming up and run too but it's like whether or not they're actually going to smash mm. sometimes it's just your destiny to smash <laughs> for real train sex that's got to be wild moving around is it are they on the train the whole time well i don't think they're always gonna be on the train but they're still on the train in episode okay. two okay okay uh let's see what are you listening to uh so i downloaded some albums and songs the last week new sifian stevens new deer hoof new joy formidable there's a new single by i don't know how you're supposed to pronounce this band bon Iver. i thought that was a guy well it's it's the name of the quote-unquote group or the entity huh. like I he's actually like a, a mr Iver. I think his name is like Justin something normal. Okay. That's a yeah. real, uh, which one's pink situation, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've just been kind of awash in new music yourself. I can't say I really listened to any music this past week at all. I like burned through a bunch of podcasts. Like I'm, I'm almost at podcast zero. So I'm pretty pleased with that, but that's about podcast it. Podcast zero. <laughs> that could be the that's, productivity book that you no, write that no one publishes. That's like the 2020, you know, situation. It's not inbox zero anymore. It's podcast zero. Does Merlin man get a check for that? <laughs> Did you happen to listen to his like new, you look nice today? Well, what is whole California King? Yeah. There's no episode two of that, right? It's just no, it's, I'm like, do they like have some trouble getting the second episode out? I don't know what's going on there, but it, uh, it felt like, uh, you know, they're getting the, the rust out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny to me that they're still doing their same sort of bit of, uh, like what, what mainline marketing scheme? Yeah. What scheme can we come up with this? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. It's a real dad's podcast. I'm still working my way through my name is trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you reading anything? Uh, I actually just started finally ninth house, which I was going to start last week. Hmm. I keep meaning I have like these other books that I want to read, but then like at night, I'm, I don't know. My brain is just mush. Mm-hmm, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be mush. It's not like I'm like really exerting myself, but I don't know. It's, it's like a malaise that we're all in right now. You know, mm-hmm. you want the ending from that twilight zone episode where just the whole world stops and you just have time to watch things and read and work on yourself. And your glasses and then it's are like, broken. Yeah. And it turns out you hate yourself and you're, you're a shit beast like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, um, this is probably almost 10 years ago now, there was like something I found on Reddit. I think I posted on Facebook. It was like this list of things. And it was like, the scenario was, okay, you're going to get paid $10 million to go live yes. in a bunker for 10 years. And everything costs money. And you, you, got, you, got, you got like 40 points. And then there's these various items that you could like yes. spend your points on. And so it would be like a nice kitchen with uh you know regular supplies of food is like five points mm-hmm. or something you know and so or like a gym is three points like and so it was like would you do it first of all and what would you buy um to you know, kind of keep yourself entertained it was a fun because that one was really well designed <laughs> um i was it was a little Twitter, i felt like it was a little focused too much on video games because it was like yeah. you can get a whole bunch of consoles you can also get a piece gaming pc <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Um, because they did something similar. I saw on Twitter, a uh, former guest on this podcast, Morgan, posted one for like build your own Avengers team. Mm-hmm. And right, it was, right, it, yeah. was, it was bullshit. It was fucking bullshit the way that the point. So this one was really well done. I wonder if I could find that graphic. and. Yeah, I probably have it somewhere in the, the bowels of my uh, computer here. Um, I feel like they could probably yeah. use a little tweaking and updating. Maybe we could get a meme going online. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it'd be a fun little game. I mean, I like that because it had pathways and stuff. Some of these times I, I see people create those things and it's like, well, a lot of these are just dumb. Well, like the, you wouldn't. I think you'd have to modify because some of the choices were like, like an attractive woman, she'll have sex with you. And I feel like it's you have to take that away. And it has to be like, no, you can spend like eight, eight of your points on an attractive woman. But like there's no guarantee that anything's happening there. So it's up to you whether or not you want to spend that. <laughs> Just quarantine trap in the house of another person <laughs> who might find you despicable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please sign me up for that. It's my dream. Um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, because what goes into that is basic like game design, where it's like you have to weigh all the choices. Mm-hmm. Like one of them was just fairly... like like a giant train set, and be like, well, I don't yeah. know, ten years would I would I use that, or would it be like nine years in, I'd be like still like it's just gathering dust you know, unassembled. Yeah. I think I need, I need to know myself well enough to know that, that, that it won't mean anything to me. Yeah. I have to dig that up anyway. Um, I think it's time to get down to it cause we have a lot to talk about. Fuck yeah, we do. So the way we did this season, if you're listening at the end of the last episode, we went and picked out just moments. We're not going to do full recap for all these episodes, but we did watch every episode of season five. We're going to do our top moments for each one all the way up to Episodes 16 and 17, which are the incident part one and two. We'll go a little deeper on those. Did you stick to three moments for every episode? Not exactly. Okay. I, mean, I, mean, I have I, moments and I have questions to go with some of the episodes, but I will be as fast as I can. Same, same. And some of it, it was like, I, it was like, I know we're going to both pick this. It's so yeah, obvious that I kind of feel like I want to like. Is there something else important in this episode that I want to remember to highlight, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of why, like, I justified myself after, like, doing three episodes of it where I was yeah. like, it's okay to have six. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get into that, though, do you have an opening statement? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I um, Let me just say flat out, I love the show. I really like this season. This season feels very odd to me, though. I enjoy it quite a bit. In fact, it's hard to take it all in and let it sit there comfortably side by side with everything else. I kind of get a um, it's not quite the same, but almost like a Buffy season six vibe of hmm. this season of Lost. Um, just in like this is the one to me that really stands out as being a little different. Um, and I think this is where you could lose some of the fans because this is way different than what they're expecting. But there's another turn in the storytelling about a third of the way through the season that feels strange, but works. What you definitely notice is that the show kind of changes format. It's all over the place. It's operatic almost. Um, and yet you still have the characters and their emotions throughout it. The, the desperation, the survival, the, the wanting to protect another person who's dear to you, which I think is, a uh, something not quite as explored all the time in lost. Um, again, the love quadrangle becomes a big deal in the second half of the season. And I love Jack in this. I mean, he has to confront not just his feelings, but his failings. Uh, he chooses oblivion and effacement to like living of his pain and has to confront that he's become the new Locke, while Locke has seemingly become something else. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think, um, we're going to have some, 
right? At least for me, my uh, my character rankings are going to be very different. Oh yeah, mine yeah. too. They're very unusual. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. It's interesting to hear you say that about the season. I think this might be my favorite season of Lost. Interesting. Uh, it's a toss up between season five and season one for me. I just I love the time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. They really do a solid job of setting up all these little recursive moments like Locke seeing the shaft of light from the hatch or like the man in black telling Richard what to say to Locke when he skips into their timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the mysterious other boat that's firing at them. It's so much fun. Uh, I love the way they, they plot it all out. Um, on the other side, there might be a little bit too much of the Dharma initiative. It was mm-hmm. nice to see characters like Jin and Sawyer and Miles and Juliet sort of recontextualize. They didn't have Jack and Kate around, so they were able to grow a little bit, at least for a while. Um, who the others are comes into a lot more focus and they tie up some loose threads in a fairly satisfying manner. I don't love the stuff with the new plane crash survivors, but the lock and men in black stuff and the bedroom line of stuff. I think that's all a lot of fun. Uh, I think the season just, it really moves. Sometimes there's four different plot threads happening at once and it just, I don't know. It asks a lot of intriguing questions about determinism versus free will and how time travel works, et cetera. It's, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Great season for me. Let me just add to mine and say that I think when this show started, it was very weird, but it was kind of a mainstream hit right out the gate. Uh-huh. And it was very interesting because it was like here you were, you know, in the the miasma of fandom. It's like here you and I were mingling with everyone else. And then I felt like as the party went on longer, other people left. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, this is this is definitely our party. Like, yeah, the time travel stuff, like the pseudo time crimes. <laughs> yeah esque nature of it i fucking love i kind of wish it's no longer just about them like looking for water <laughs> i remember like you and i like were talking once and we were nerding the fuck out at the idea that some iteration of the people on the other canoe shooting at them were themselves. was them yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean but just the the daniel faraday character it's like oh fuck i love it mm-hmm yeah this is definitely up our alley i can see how it not being up some people's alley um but mm. yeah i mean we you know we see the statue this season we, there's like lots of big uh stuff that we find out mm-hmm. all right well shall we just jump right to uh episode 501 because he left yeah um the only thing i want to say about this before we start a moments is to me the flash effect of moving through time fucking works like going to white with the sound effect yeah yeah it just fucking works like there's i don't know like it's such a simple effect and it fucking works. Well, and just that concept is so mm-hmm. delightful to me. I don't know. Some people may not have liked it, but like the idea of being unstuck in time, or maybe it's just that you're you're moving in the island, or you're staying where you are, but the island is moving back and forth through time, or something like that. Like a record scooping. Yeah, the needle is like yeah. dropping in random parts of the record. Yeah, and I apparently that that speech was meant for like somewhere else. Oh, yeah. and they went back and refilmed it to put it right there. Nice. <laughs> so I have six moments. Um, so I just have three for this. Okay, I'll, I'll run through mine real quick. I'll bet, I kinda, I, I'll bet I one of ours them. is the same. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they are. Because I kind of rank them and try to get the most important one last. But anyways, number six, a small moment. It's when they have their confrontation. And Charles Widmore says, you showed me no respects. I will be respected, son. Like an old white man, yeah. Um, number five, of course, Richard Alpair moving through the jungle with a torch, finding Locke has been shot in the leg. And he's like, he's already got the first aid kit. He's going to work. And Locke was like, it was Ethan who shot me. And Richard Alpert's like, well, what goes around comes around. <laughs> and he gets the compass. Yeah. 
the payoff to that scene is fucking incredible uh later on whenever it comes like episode like 14 or 15 yeah uh for we've established the new rules somewhat and then at the end of the episode daniel faraday talks to desmond in the past <laughs> because desmond's special and the rules don't apply to him he wakes up and, and remembers it and desmond's gonna take penny and go sail to lyra's oxford and it's like why is desmond special eh, you know something something electromagnetism sure his <laughs> He's constant just a, yeah we have a concentrated blast so yeah. you know so he I'm, uh he injected the disinfectant and the ultraviolet lights at the same time i'm sure you have at least a piece of this on your list uh but the intro uh where we're meeting pierre chang very specifically the part where he walks into like where they're filming and he just goes i don't need a script <laughs> it's just like the energy that he has that he brings to every scene that he's in is hilarious the whole intro i wakes up at 8 15 of course this is the kind of guy who wakes up, the baby's crying, but first things first, I need to put on a fucking record. Um, he's so grumpy, and then once they say action, he just, like, turns it on. Oh, and he can just do it without a script, like, do, like, an orientation video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched, both then and now, I watched this intro literally with my full ass on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, this guy's intense as fuck. Like, he's got to be terrible to be around, but wonderful. <laughs> I mean, he's just he so like guys, brash like, and arrogant. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fool. Well, and then like in general, as a as a intro to this season, the workman says, "Did you hear that time travel? How stupid does that guy think we are?" And you're starting the season thinking, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And then there's Daniel Faraday. Yeah, and just like I don't know, it makes sense that this is the guy who played Shredder. You know, <laughs> he has that kind of energy that he brings. Yes, he does. What a what a resume. <laughs> mm. All right, what's your three? Uh, that, was, that was my three. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just the entire intro. So my number two, and these aren't ranked. I'll just put get that out of the way just to begin with. They're pretty much chronological. But um, the scene you're talking about where Richard comes out to like patch up Locke. Mm-hmm. Locke, just the iconic line of the season. Perhaps the iconic line of uh, 2009, I think, is when this was airing. Uh, is just when am I? Mm-hmm. That was a year of time travel. This is a ballsy show. Yeah. Um, my number two is sassy shirtless Sawyer. When like he's like especially just fucking had it with Faraday, and Faraday's like, it would be difficult for me to explain this to a quantum physicist. So imagine me explaining it to a hick, and like <laughs> Sawyer just slaps him, and then he threatens Charlotte that she'll get one as well. That really felt like uh, them having some fun for, for the fans there with Sawyer. Really, he's well, just going to walk around shirtless for an entire episode. Well, it's it's funny because in retrospect, it's like such a uh, like a signal flare shot up that like yeah, he's going to like really like take up a mantle as a lead this mm-hmm. season. It would be hard for me to explain to an astrophysicist. Yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, my number one, another it's minor stuff that I love when Saeed's dishwasher steak knife, uh, yes. like kills that dude. All of it though, all that spy crap, like the uh, the tape on the, the, tape door. On the door. Yeah, he throws one dude off the fourth story of this hotel. Although Hurley's like, I like the ketchup on his shirt, and he happens to have the gun in his hand, and people are looking up at him like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Instantly taking pictures. Yeah. Um, so I have. A couple of questions to run through on this. Sure. 
one, you're instantly have to be wondering how the fuck does a guy fall into like how does Pierre Cheng fall into a leadership structure with a hippy dippy like Horace Goodspeed? How does he take anything that guy says seriously? Yeah. Is it mm-hmm. just like this guy supplies the money, so I have to suck it up? Right. Two, do you think Ben's first edict as Jack's life coach was to get him to shave off the pity beard? <laughs> or did he do it on his own? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's still like... Or are they just like I, just like Matthew Shepard? I keep calling him Matthew Shepard. Matthew Fox is uh, just like, I'm not wearing this fake beard for half a season. Also, I want to start parting my hair. Yeah. I think that's what I want to do. I want <laughs> I want to grow one inch longer so I can part it. Mm-hmm. Um, not a question, but number three, is Neil Froger basically a Steve Buscemi-esque community character? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you Four, do you think that Baby Miles was born on the island and or Charlotte? Um, good question. I think I mean, she that would Amy was longest. supposed to leave, yeah. right? Yeah, but like, technically she would have been there longer than him. I, I suspect that ordinarily they leave to give birth, you know, not in Portland, wherever their, their base is in like Canada, and then they come back to the island. Because it sounded like that was the plan for the Amy character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my last question is, Dan Norton, the lawyer who harasses Kate, is also the dad from my so-called life, but how creepy is his associate who just stares? Oh, he's kind of like the blonde dude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, creepy looking dude. That's all my questions for that episode. Um, I don't know. Do we even need to, like, recap, like, what's going on in these at all, like, even at a high level? Like, uh, it's yeah, the, the people, like, except for Claire, the people who were stuck on the island are, like, bouncing through time, basically. Yeah. Um, with some pretty cool shit happening. <laughs> even, apparently, poor Jin in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's bouncing around through the water. I'm in the 1970s water. I'm in the 2004 water. I mean, like stuff like Locke getting shot by Ethan or like witnessing the the plane crash and the, the heroin plane, you know. Yeah. Um, Richard just walking out of nowhere and patching him up. Yeah. Well, and like how how smart they are. Like Richard is the character who could do that. Uh-huh. Richard is such a great like touchstone to both ground you and like leave you extra confused. Well, and the fact like, that they've set up this character for like two or three seasons now who they've they've hinted at constantly that he's immortal or like you know very long in age but i Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time you really like get it confirmed for sure well and then just the question of others training what others know like obviously juliet knows latin as well oh yeah had Uh to learn in the last three years but she's like just casually knows richard's an advisor who's had this job for a very long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like date four of Sawyer and Juliet in like like New Dharmaville should have just been like, fucking tell me everything. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, otherwise off the island, it's just a lot of like people running around trying to, you know, gather up the uh, the Oceanic Six to get back on. I don't think they know about the plane yet, but they, they know they need to get back to the island. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know, all the all the stuff with Kate and the lawyers, it all it seems like it's like coming to nothing ultimately. Not in my top moments. Well yeah. the uh the culminations in my top moments, but I, it's just unfortunately it's not a storyline that I respond to as much. Yeah. So five oh two, the lie. I have <laughs> three again. Okay. 
Okay, I have six, unfortunately. Uh, my number six is quick. It's Cheech Marin watching expose and eating a sandwich the size of his own face. See, included in that, I just like his whole setup of like, uh, it's like a caviar sandwich. <laughs> and like, he's got like um, the, all the supplies for what looks like a margarita, like right next to his, him, his chair there, like on the little cart. I don't know. Like he's, he's living a good life there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first time I really liked Hurley's dad. <laughs> like I was, I, I felt bad. Yeah, seriously. It was a, a same, same here. Like I was like enjoying him in this episode a lot more than I remembered. And like when I think it's like somebody's knocking at the door or something, you're like, dude, he just sat down. He's trying <laughs> to eat a sandwich. Well, I kept thinking like, don't you have staff? <laughs> He's got the sandwich and some chips and some grapes. He's got his little margarita, you know, kit next to him. He's just going <laughs> to watch some expose. <laughs> Which would have been like, Three seasons after the reveal of Mr. Lashad <laughs> being the Cobra. Yeah. Dying to know where that's going. Um, number five moment is similar. It's just Frank Lapidus getting a beer for himself and Desmond while the survivors are deliberating on the lie. You know, it's funny. Both of these moments you mentioned, I like was thinking of putting on, but I was still trying to do only three at a time in my watch. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, both those scenes are like, it's just like a character taking their time to do something. Where it's like like the episode starts with like Lapidus just getting a beer and like walking back up and like sitting down and like handing it to who does he hand it Desmond. to? Desmond, that's right. Desmond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a minute of the episode is just that. Well, and then, you know, if you want to have the sausages made, when I saw Cheech Marin eating a sandwich, I stopped the episode. I made myself a sandwich. Later on in this season, when Jack's like, I'm gonna make everyone sandwiches, I was like, sandwiches sound good. <laughs> uh Number four is just uh, Ben meets with Mrs. Hawking and there's like a full Dharma fucking station under a church. It has a pendulum that predicts where the island will be. Holy shit. The lamppost. Yeah. See, that that's the kind of shit I like as far as like mm-hmm. reveals and stuff go, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we get the whole gamut of that later. I think it's uh, it might be in like 504 where like or maybe five. I can't remember which episode it is, but like there's like the one reveal about the lighthouse and then it like, it goes further and further from science into like nonsense. Uh, yeah. But yeah. We'll get to that when we do. Um, I mean, I don't think the pendulum fully checks out, but whatever, but it like it, it pseudo checks out, you know, it looks really, it looks like it fits the pseudo magical yeah. hippy dippy Ann Arbor nature of the Dharma initiative. You got a lot of computers, you got a pendulum swinging and it's like marking, you know, lines on a giant map and they're like tracking coordinates. You're like, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, then, like, do you have to erase that later to start over? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, mine number three, uh, when Ana Lucia pulls over Hurley, I was like oh, so nice. fucking delighted to see Ana Lucia again. I, I feel like we kind of got screwed with her character. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody thinks of Michelle Rodriguez as just like her character from uh, like Letty from Fast and Furious these days. But like she was like so much more of an interesting, like in-depth character than Michelle Rodriguez will play these days. I don't know. It, just, it bums me out that we didn't get more with her because she had a whole lot of depth to her. If you really go back and look at Ana Lucia's character, I honestly think that she had the makings of being like alternate Kate. I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, and especially like her connection to Jack. Like I kind of. I don't know. I mean, if on the on the chance that they are fibbing about how she was only intended for one yeah. season, I kind of wonder if Annalisa would have gotten some Juliet stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, it was just three, it was just last bit on Annalisa. It was just so much fun, and I I'm glad that she is able to come back to the show like that and have those little moments. 
um, and just kind of yeah. sass Hurley whether or not she's a ghost or what she is, you know. Well, especially since the rumor mill was that her her departure was negative. Yeah, yeah. My and it's in LA, so LA, so I'm sure they could film it very easily. So mm-hmm. my number three. Son and Kate having a lovely little lunch and like son brings up the Kate's the kind of person who can make hard decisions like you did on the freighter. <laughs> Awkward. I, I feel like son is like really like she's like on one hand, she's like literally saying she's implying that you had to do what you had to do. You know, thank God only Jin died and not all of us. But it's like I think she's also twisting that knife good and hard. Yeah, she's sticking it to everyone for the first half of the season. Yeah. And then she's just kind of like hovering around she's asking, like, what am I doing? Her, like every line of dialogue is, do you think this person will, will reunite me with Jin? Or do you think that thing will re- reunite me with Jin? <laughs> is, is Jin there? Oh, I guess I'll follow you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My she, number two would be Saeed just getting like weekend at Bernie's for pretty much the entire <laughs> episode. Like, I mean, we've, we've jokes in the past about how they have to like find excuses to like, get rid of Saeed or send him away for like for the plot to function. But he's literally like a corpse that they're carrying around through the whole episode. <laughs> like it's, I, I, it was comical to me. I wonder if it was comical to the writers to like put this in there, you know, like, was it a joke on their part that like, this is what they've done to Saeed this time to take him out of the equation. Well, just imagine getting these scripts and you're like, boom, episode one, I'm Jason Bourne. Episode two, I'm Bernie. <laughs> I think Hurley's dad at one point says, like, you killed three people? And Hurley goes, no, Saeed did. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number two is the Cary Grant slash Catherine Hepburn-esque chemistry between Sawyer and Juliet, especially when they run into little baby Charles Widmore, with Sawyer being Catherine Hepburn and Juliet being Cary Grant, of course. <laughs> um, also, little baby Chucky Widmore is horny to cut off a hand. <laughs> yeah. The first hand is non-negotiable. I'm going to have some comments about the casting of the three Charles Widmores. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I know exactly what the comments you're going to make, too. I've been making them for years. It's the same mm. comments, but I'm going to make them <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. So my number one good exchange between uh, Ben and Jack here. Ben says, find yourself a suitcase. If there's anything in this life that you want, pack it in there because you're never coming back. Which is just, I don't know. I, I feel like it is she's the right emotional weight for where Jack is at right now. And I yeah. like how Jack's like wondering, like, is, is Locke really dead? <laughs> it's just Michael Emerson, man. Like the work he does on this show, I, it's, it's astounding. Like he, way he makes things feel heavy or just the little moments that he can like turn. Uh-huh. Um, uh, my number one, it's a simple one, but it's when Neil Froger implodes with his frustrations about how they can't even get, fire and then a flaming <laughs> arrow hits him in the chest and we're treated to a barrage of flaming arrows yeah the others don't mess around man there's fire and no, flaming arrows i'm kind of shocked that ben was just like less flaming arrows in my regime mm-hmm. or i like it's like we have no idea in some of these moments like when they are in time yeah yeah like you don't know this is the 50s yeah yeah uh all right so i think that was it for the lie i mean it's kind of more the same in this episode it's like more more jumping around on the island more gathering people together I and mean, this is a hurley episode in the mm-hmm. present so he's he's really bummed out that they lied about you know the whole oceanic 16 to begin with i, I don't know i don't know i 
I like the moments between him and his dad and his dad's like, you know, I can tell something's wrong. Like that's all a good drama. Hurley's like angst over lying. I, I'm like, whatever, man. Like, I don't know why yeah. you're that broken up about it. Hurley. I just, yeah, I, I don't think Hurley's the most even character, especially, you know, post Island. Yeah. You know, he's bummed as they left and he's like, doesn't want to go back. And then it's like, He's freaked out to see Ben, happy to see Ben. It's like, I don't like, know. Like, he throws a burrito at Ben. Yeah, yeah. That could have made our moments. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't totally know why he's so angst-filled about lying to begin with and why, I, I don't know, it's it's almost like, it's very childlike. It's like, I'm not supposed to lie, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that seems to be the extent of it and not something deeper. Yeah, it's, I just moved past it. Yeah. So the next episode, Jughead, 503. So obviously uh, Jughead is Jughead, Miles is Veronica, Faraday is Betty, and Charlotte is Archie. Why are you going to do Miles like that, man? <laughs> but this one, it's like, it's clear. You can no longer deny that Faraday and Juliet are leads of the show. Definitely. They're taking over. I have four for Jughead. I have four here. as well. Yeah. So you go first. All right. Um Gosh, it's, this could almost be two different things, but just meeting Rachel out there. Uh, mm. It's the the stuff between Richard and Locke. Where Richard says, you're my leader. And Locke says, that's what you told me. And Richard says, well, I certainly don't want to contradict myself. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is so charming and yet like like inscrutable at times that he just makes his character work. Absolutely love every second of it. Yeah. And just like him when he walks out in the from the camp. I believe that's the first time that you can officially say, yes, this guy does not age. Like they've yeah. hinted at it and they suggested it a lot in the previous seasons, but now it's like confirmation. Big immortal dick energy. Yeah. Just, uh, just the fucking immortal dick swagger that he has through this whole season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My number four, I have all the dialogue. I don't want to go into it all, but it's just when Desmond introduces baby Charlie to the special island. And he's like going on the magic of Great Britain, and the, the most beautiful yeah. part is Scotland. That's where your daddy's from. Yeah. And then, uh, like Penny's listening, and she's like, "It's also where Daddy broke Mommy's heart." <laughs> he's just like, "Hey, come on, man! We just kind of leave that out." Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, I just have when Juliet's speaking Latin. I just love that. Yes. yes. They're speaking Latin. Well, how? In like, how do you know? And she's like, Julius, because the same reason I do, John, there are others. Yeah. It's the enlightened language. Uh, two, I have similarly, um, it's when uh, uh, Locke just like swaggers into the 1950s others camp, screaming out for Richard Alpair, yells, Jacob sent me. And then you see that little shit, Charles Widmore. And like Locke's just like, your name is Widmore? Charles Widmore? He's like, what is it to you? And he's like, nothing nice to meet you <laughs> i love i love Locke's turn there yeah Locke is really good in the first half of the season i feel like he was back to being old Locke again he he found his uh his faith i guess you would say but he mm-hmm. he he had lost his kind of like assholeness his like yeah. uh his um his zeal yeah and he's obviously someone different in the second half um, briefly on the uh, Desmond and Penny's kid thing, I understand their name about Charlie, but uh-huh. like your dad's name is Charles, and that guy sucks. So I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, 
Because you know Charles Widmore is just like, ah, oh, I see you named it after me. And they're like, actually not. And he's like, no, you did. Nah. Can you imagine trying to tell Charles Widmore that the baby's actually named after yeah. a has-been rocker? Fuck no. He's just like, he's just like, you're embarrassing yourself. Obviously, he's named after me. I win. I mean, he'll spend his money to buy Wikipedia to like (laughs) scour drive (laughs) shaft from the internet. I will make them disappear. Uh, My number one, come on. Oh, wait, I haven't haven't gotten to my number two yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, no problem. Uh, When Daniel is talking to Eloise uh, at when they're on their way to Jughead and he's like looking at her and like, it's where I know you or whatever. And she goes, well, aren't you the Romeo? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i also like that she she understands them in a way that charles doesn't she's like he yeah. doesn't he doesn't get that like a you know a irish woman and like or an english woman and you and a chinese guy would all come from the same place <laughs> yeah um good segue my number one moment of course is every single moment of my girl ellie <laughs> i mean every line you just couldn't stay away could you and then when he's like she's got the gun on him and she's like why do you keep looking at me and it's like well Come on, baby. Come on. Um, and then like later when he's like trying to like pep talk, and he's like, just trust me. And she's like, I don't trust you. Oh, well, I love her. My number one is also an Eloise moment is when uh, Sawyer and I think Juliet have joined them at this point. And she says, are they from the future too? And Sawyer's just like, you told them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I wish they could have could have kept like or got used more Ellie. Well, like, it's just so curious, like. How did these like teenagers from England yeah. end up on this island? Young Ellie is great though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It ranked Young Ellie is number one of the three Alleys. Absolutely. Um, so I have a bunch of questions here. One, Daniel Faraday is in this big unrequited romance of Charlotte, right? Did they meet on the freighter? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. Is he? Is it like like, how, I, I, where... like dropping the L word? Yeah. Like, is it like the the? I don't know why I'm inexplicably crying at this footage about the the plane. Is he just like looking at her and he's like, "Wow, kismet" or whatever? Maybe it's like a fucking like two month journey on the freighter or something. You know, or they they shared time. Yeah, yeah. She's been helping uh, him two, with his memory. Number two is not a question. This is where I do it. Young Charles Widmore looks like Alan Dale. Middle aged Charles Widmore looks like Alan Dale. But young Chuck and middle Chuck do not look like each other at all. It's Same weird. Same with young Ellie and middle-aged Ellie. Well, like the the middle Widmore, that's like a pretty good, like you look at the older Widmore and you're like, yeah, it's not bad. You know, like that's a pretty good uh, casting. But like he doesn't look like the young one. I would, I could see if you showed me young Charles Widmore and you showed me Alan Dale, I could be like, okay, I could buy that he would look like that as a young man a long time ago. Mm. It's just the, the like 30 years between those two. Yeah. It does not make any sense. It's like his hair is like completely different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And the same thing for the two Ellie's. It's like both Ellie's look like, uh, the scary woman from the others. Middle, middle and old Ellie look the same but young ellie does not look like middle ellie yeah and she was the hook in in the the tip of the spear and how frightening that movie the others with nicole kidman was was she in that yeah she's oh, like which, the, which uh, one are you talking the, about vanilla Flanagan? Yeah, yeah 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 okay i was gonna say i don't think young ellie was <laughs> unless she was one of the kids no i wish young ellie Young Ellie, who I believe is american she was on like one season of that tim allen sitcom that <laughs> thing, she like thankfully got recast 
Um, what was my other questions? Again, Juliet and Richard Alpair. She's just cool with the fact this dude's ageless and immortal. In her uh, inscrutable Juliet way, yeah. And my last question is, when Desmond breaks into Charles Woodmore's office, is it a sick joke that the art on the walls of, of his office say namaste on them, considering <laughs> he would have ordered the purge? Would he have? I guess he would have, yeah. He would have been the leader. Mm-hmm. We don't really know who the leader was in the 50s, but we do in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. We, we see Richard, but that's it. Um, yeah, good old Woodmore. I, high level this episode in the in the the group that's time traveling they're in like the 50s there's some sort of like you know war between the u.s government like the u.s army and uh the others because they've like been doing nuclear testing and there's like a giant nuclear bomb on the island mm-hmm. that's leaking into radiation and faraday tells eloise that they need to bury it and like cement it over also middle-aged widmore and when we later see Alan Dale, like in the eighties with like the, uh, like the bad wig, uh-huh. that's only like 10 years. apart. <laughs> <laughs> so some tough 10 years. Yeah. It's hard living on the Island. And then yeah. in the present, it's, it's all Desmond, I believe. Right. I don't think we're really back with our other people. Desmond's no, just, I think, yeah, it's just, Desmond. he's looking I for mean, Eloise basically. And you have to get over the fact that I do not believe that Desmond could get from England to LA as fast as he did by boat. Well, so it doesn't, totally makes sense you just have to go with it but like shouldn't why does it take three years for desmond to like kind of get the memory like jogged like it, it, yeah. it would if you were saying like it was some sort of like concurrent then it would be like probably when they're still on like penny's boat that desmond would suddenly wake up you know because it was just like a couple days later if that that yeah. uh, that you know his pat that faraday on like you know yeah I mean, the, the Desmond thing with the travel from England to L.A. only becomes important because they put a 70-hour time frame uh-huh. on the whole thing. Well, then, and then the latest season, at the end of the season, it's like there's a six-hour time frame. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense <laughs> Yeah, either. no, I know. That's like so much that happens in six hours. Um, oh, there's one other thing I was reminded of. Oh, just in general, these first few episodes here, what I love about the time skipping is that like, it's day, it's night, it's day again. These characters, like, how long have they been up? You know, like, mm-hmm. what time is it for them? Uh, it's such a fun, like, sci-fi concept. I wish there was, like, more TV shows and movies that did stuff like that. Well, and that's one of the first things you do when you, like, want to, like, torture someone, right? Is you take away their concept of time. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so. so. All right, we're not, we're not moving too bad. I think we're doing all right, yeah. Uh, so 504, The Little Prince. In the running for maybe the least essential episode. So when we were talking about this last time, I believe I was looking at the episode titles and just based on what I could remember from looking at the titles, I was like, we could probably skip 504. We could probably skip Some Like It Hoff. Yeah. I was wrong about Some Like It Hoff. I was not wrong about 504. I don't know. I, we'll get to Some Like It Hoff. I did not feel that was especially essential. Um, but I have four moments here. I have four as well. All right. After you. My first one is just the uh, knowledge that we gained that Saeed was unconscious for 42 hours. That's yeah. a long time. I like that. Interesting. Okay. And like as soon as he wakes back up, he's uh, back into action mode. <laughs> uh, my number four is on the harbor there or whatever, where we're going to spend a lot of time and go back to constantly. Kate sees Ben and she's instantly like, it's him. He's the one trying to take Aaron. And Jack's like, no, no, you don't understand. And Ben's like, it's okay, Jack. She's right. 
It is me. Sorry. Yeah, I had that as well. She's like, no, Jack Kate's right. It was me. <laughs> and Jack's just like, ah, thanks a lot, I'm asshole. Try- I'm trying to go to bat for you, you son of a bitch, while <laughs> also getting off of my high. Um, but number three is Saeed fucking up the male nurse who tries to assassinate him in the hospital. Yes, yes. I mean, at one point, he's choking the dude out with an IV line. I just love the way the guy kind of like turns around and then he like turns back to shoot Saeed and Saeed's not in the bed anymore because he's that good. Yeah. Well, and I love it. They, they announced because there's a couple of things where I started to write down questions and then the show would like address it like two minutes later. Thank God. But like it's a different boss or whatever that Jack has to talk to. This lady's from Everwood. But like nice, nice address. The fact that 24 hours earlier, Jack was high as balls <laughs> thrown out of this hospital. Now he's clean shaven, showered. He snuck a patient into a room. Yeah, one of our let me see if I can find the name. One of our listeners was asking us, like, how is Jack admitting people to the hospital? You know, like and I, I think it's just basically like nobody knows to stop him. You know, like they yeah. They, it's like it will catch up with Jack eventually, but I, I feel like you can get away with a lot if you're like Jack and you just like put on a, a lab coat and look like you belong. Um, yeah. I think this was a uh, Jana. Yeah, I was asking about this on on our uh, Headcanon Pod Twitter account. But yeah, I think if you're Jack and you just kind of act like you're supposed to be there, it's not like like it's one of those, like you can walk around a lot of a hospital without needing like badge into secure areas, you know, like I remember mm-hmm. like, cause my parents, you know, both worked at hospitals. Like you, if you just walk and like, no one's looking out to stop you necessarily. <laughs> you can just like go where you want to go unless it's like, you know, into like nuclear medicine or something. See, I always joke when we were at Disney that like an awesome star Wars ride to me, and it's maybe just as stupid. To everyone else would be recreate a bunch of corridors from the death star. Hmm. Give people a uniform. Like, this ride has to be expensive. Give people a uniform and just see how long you can walk around the Death Star before a stormtrooper's like, hey, let me see your authorization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Since you mentioned uh, one of our listeners, I want to shout out to Raquel, who had told us before, but mentioned again recently that her aunt was one of the stunt people on Lost. Nice. And shared a picture of us, of uh, the two guys who got shot in New Otherton. (laughs) She's she's real. She's got a uh, Lostpedia article. It's awesome. Excellent. Um, so I have two more. All right. Uh, let's see. So the canoe chase, that's one of mine. I mean, a a classic moment in Lost. Uh, my number two is, uh, Sight and Ben have transitioned from spy story to good cop, bad cop drama, like leaving the hospital. And then, um, Jack calls Kate, gets her location and says, I'll be right there. Like an hour and a half later in LA traffic, Jack. Well, they're both in downtown L.A., so I don't know. You know, it's, it's possible you get there quickly. Maybe. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, let's see. I have um, – and it, I just want to clarify again. This is not like my top moment. This is just, you know, the order I wrote them down in. Uh, when Locke sees the shaft of light from the hatch, mm. uh, Sawyer sees Kate help Claire give birth. Just fun little revisiting of, you know, historic moments in the series. Mm. And then the, the conversation they have about it, you know, about why he wouldn't want to go stop things. Yeah, I and I do rank mine for the most part, but um, mine is similar. It's it's basically the Sawyer storyline where he sees Claire giving birth of Kate from afar, which really makes it feel like some of the Kate taking over Aaron stuff is planned. I, I kind of like that they brought yeah. this moment up in particular. 
um, you know, talking to Locke about the idea of going back, you know, whether that's futile, talks to Juliet about it. Um, I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Also reminded that Claire gave birth to that kid like four seasons and two months ago. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jin lives at the end of this episode. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Let me take a quick look at the wiki for this. I mean, it's more bouncing around in the past. I, I did like that we were able to like ground ourselves at least into one of the timelines. We're like, okay, we know when this is because it's when, you know, Locke uh, was banging on the hatch and Claire gave birth. Um, <laughs> the canoe chase is just delightful. We get our first reference to Jira Airways here. They find the water bottle. Yeah, I don't know if we ever, maybe in season six, like a throwaway thing, but I don't think we ever find out who's in the other raft, do we? No, that's like one of the great mysteries is who's in the other canoe firing at them. It was mm. like the the one thing they never really followed up on at all. Um, the one thing? Yeah, the one thing. <laughs> I mean, that, that was like the big thing people like were asking afterwards. Like you guys never like, you know, went back to that. Also, I don't think we've mentioned it, but like as they've been skipping in time, first Charlotte and then Miles and then and then Juliet. I can't remember what, what order it is in Miles or Juliet, but like they all start getting like these headaches and nosebleeds and the, the time skipping's having an effect on all of them, seemingly worse for the people who've been on the island the longest and Charlotte's mm-hmm. in pretty bad shape. And like Faraday clearly knows about this, but he keeps insisting that he doesn't. Yeah. Like Charlotte will just be like, do you know about this? And he's just like, no. Well, because... He's nothing he can do, and so he doesn't want her to be yeah. like, "You're gonna die." Mm-hmm. Like your brain is gonna bleed out of your ears and your nose. But yeah, the 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 skipping is taking a toll. There's a a deadline, you know, a, a ticking clock on that, so to speak, mm-hmm. before they'll all just die, which will uh, be important because the next episode is five oh five. This place is death. It's a title. There's some good titles this season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, title drops this season as well. Mm-hmm. Like this place is death because he left. Uh, I really enjoyed you. the format of um, dead is dead. Yeah. The format of just the fade to black title card 30 years later. They do that a lot. I don't know if it really is necessary. I don't know. Maybe well, that's just like a network TV thing. I think as the season progresses, they would do it like just once at the start of an episode. Uh-huh. Just to remind you, these are two time periods. Yeah. Yeah. I have four moments here. Uh, let's see. I have one, two, three, four, five. Go for it. Uh, my fifth one is just when the the French ladies expedition team, whoever they are, have found Jin. Mm-hmm. And then like weird shit starts going down in the woods and Jin just says, monster. <laughs> it's Any time the smoke monster is, either makes an appearance or is just hinted at existing it's delightful every single time like every single time like fuck yeah smoke monster they're doing a lot of like like the cgi is a little bit better considering again it's just done on a guy's laptop we're like started at the end of last season where like he's like he what's he it's mostly gendered like wrapping around like a snake around people yeah yeah i love it um my number four is charlotte dying and before she dies, she tells Daniel about the creepy man who warned her about coming back to the island as a little girl and that she thinks that he was that creepy man, which I tell you what, it's hard to bounce back from that with your crush. Rough. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, didn't really talk about the friend zone. We, we didn't talk that much about the declaration of love, really, other than that, like, how would he be in love? But like, I don't know, of, of all the things you could have said to convince someone, I guess that that works. But now Charlotte's kind of feeling a little bit awkward. 
Well, like Faraday's just like, you know what? I just wanted to be Desmond Hume for mm-hmm. five minutes. But yeah, like worse than friend zone is like the soothsayer zone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my number four is just the knowledge we learn that the monster is a security system that guards mm-hmm. the temple, uh, said by one of the uh, French expedition guys who's apparently been infected. Which probably isn't totally true. Well, I mean, who is that? What the others believe? I think that's what they believe. Yeah. Which man, just unwrapping Man in Black's. <laughs> The man in blackness of it all. Yeah, but I, I yeah. do love the idea of the monster being a security system that guards the temple. I wouldn't hate it if it was that and not the uh, the man in black situation, I guess. Well, the man in black thing is interesting because I know people fall into two different camps about whether or not. So basically, OK, like Swamp Thing is not the, the guy. The guy was not transformed into Swamp Thing. The creature was created when the guy died, and he has all the memories of hmm. that guy. So therefore, he thinks he's him. Sure, okay. Which I think some people fall into, like, that's what the monster is. It's like a separate entity that thinks it's this guy, and it's been changed over the years. Or is it actually the guy was transformed into this yeah. creature? Anyway, like, we're obviously spoiling the shit out of the season, especially well, when we get the lockdown. I mean, come on. I don't know. Just yeah. For me, if they had come out eventually and said the monster is some sort of highly advanced nanotechnology that is able to, it's it's a security system that's guarding the temple, but it's somehow able to, I don't know, kind of judge or, you know, like intuit like intent from a person or, you know, like it has some sort of protocol that where mm-hmm. it decides whether or not somebody deserves to live or die. I'd be fine with that. It's... It's an interesting option if you, you did something where you had a different villain and the monster was kind of like the chief enforcer or mm-hmm. chief hench yeah, person. Yeah. But I, I do kind of love the twist at the end of this season. Like to me, like it takes a character that you always kind of thought would end up being evil and tragically evil and then like taking your most desired uh-huh. curious element and mashing together. Uh, my number three is all the French people shit, um, but especially – um, like just like watching like like Montans like lose his arm <laughs> in the hole, and then like as like Jin like time travels and like there's Danielle just like fucking cleaning house <laughs> for French compatriots, and it's wild because we've heard about her and Robert, mm-hmm. yeah, but also and Sawyer just being overjoyed to have Jin back, yeah. Also, great casting of young Danielle, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I like that she's not as lean. As Mira Furlong, like you can tell, like like the casting of Mira Furlong really makes it look like those were some rough years. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Also, she's pregnant. So. Yeah, she's pregnant too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. My number three is when Sawyer at one point says, "Yeah, translate," <laughs> and Miles says, uh, "He's Korean. I'm from Encino." <laughs> Just, yeah, because it's it's when Jin like he's they found Jin. And Jin's trying to tell Charlotte to translate what he's saying because Charlotte, we you know, discovered in the last season, speaks Korean. And mm-hmm. so Jin's yelling translate at her, but Miles is right next to her. And so Sawyer's like to Miles, he's like, yeah, translate. Yeah. I love Miles. Um, Shu is everything on the docks with the Oceanic Six but and Ben, but especially when he's driving them in the van and Jack and Son are sitting there talking about how like they're going to kill Ben. And he just like slams on the brakes. And he's yeah. just like, do you have any idea what I've been doing to keep you all safe? God damn it. He's just like, I'm driving a fucking car here. Come on. 
Yeah. My number two. Six inches from my fucking ears. Yeah. My number two, uh, I think I kind of mentioned this, but uh, when they they time skip twice in a row and Charlotte's like really losing it. And she says, don't let them bring me back like this. Or don't let them bring her back. She's telling Jen, this place mm-hmm. is death. Great title drop. She's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, my number one, like a character in a Haruki Murakami novel, John falls down a well, breaks his leg. Oh shit! You see that bone Ooh. sticking out. Yeah. And then he meets Christian, and holy crap, John Terry's even better as 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 this character. And he's just like, I told you to move the island, John. <laughs> Which, how does Christian know about Eloise Hawking? I I have certain questions about apparitions on the island and when are and when aren't they the man in black you know and we'll we'll never really get a straight answer on that because this is clearly pre-orchid right so he's talking about a conversation that he'll have with john in the future Uh and so is it like is the man in black a temporal well no this is post-orchid isn't it i believe that we are now the thing is off its chain it's after the events of ben turning the thing yeah, yeah. but i believe physically where they are anyway yeah. there's a great bit too where like john's broken his leg and he's got to go do this thing and Locke's like can you help me up and he's like no <laughs> sorry i can't because maybe he can't touch anyone yeah yeah uh let's see my uh, last moment here would be jack saying he said john never came to see you and ben says that's true jack i went to see him this <laughs> is just like ah foiled again you and your lies ben yeah, like I most TV I think doesn't have characters lie. They do like the Star Wars, like from a certain point of view yeah. kind of thing. Whereas Ben, it's like literally half the things he says are a lie. And you kind of wonder um, after all why they trust him at all because he lies to them constantly. Seriously, yeah. My only question is, of course, can doesn't make that boat travel on time? I'm pretty sure that to sail from what Scotland or let's just say London to sail from London London to Los Angeles. He'd have to go. I mean, unless you're going through like the Panama canal, you have to go all the way around the horn of South America. I mean, probably the Panama canal, but still that's not, I don't care. They have like a tiny ass little boat. Do they let like small boats through the Panama canal? I guess they probably don't know, but it's a sailboat. Like just getting across the fucking Atlantic alone. Yeah, I don't know how long journeys by boat take. I, w- I would guess, even with like a modern sailboat, I'm going to guess at least a week, probably three yeah. weeks, but probably at least a week just across the Atlantic. I mean, I could see if Penny's like, oh, that's right, I forgot. I'm rich. And she like hires a plane with a skyhook to like pick up their fucking boat out of the water and just fly it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is there... <laughs> Is there anything to indicate that perhaps he had this dream like earlier in the timeline? There, there could I, be, I suppose. Maybe. I mean, it seems like we're we're balancing concurrently with the other events. So it's it's like it that was actually like it, three months earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's in the the seventy hours. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess they could just say, "Oh no, that was a different time." If they wanted to. Um, let's yeah. see. Anything else on this place's death? I mean, obviously Charlotte dies. Uh, Locke turns the wheel again, seemingly fixing things. I, I will say that I remembered at the time that, man, this episode really moved. Like, they crammed a lot into this. Holy shit, hold my beer. The next episode 
A lot happens in the next episode, yeah. We are just, um, yeah, speeding ahead. I believe we don't see yet the, the full statue, right? I think that's the next episode. I think we see the, well, it's either this one or that one. We see the back of it. <laughs> we didn't mention it, but the whole thing where, like, Jin gives Locke his wedding ring specifically to tell Sun not to come back. And yeah. so then when Ben gets it, he uses that wedding ring to say, oh, yeah, Jin wants you to come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go on to episode 506, 316. Yeah, we start in media ray. Uh, again, my thought rewatching this was knowing everything that happens, I thought this would feel rushed. I don't actually feel like it was doing the rewatch. I mean, we skip over some storylines like Saeed Hurley, Kate, and Ben, but like uh-huh. it kind of gets there organically. I have four moments. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, go for uh, it. So one of them is just Eloise Hawking explaining the island at the lighthouse and like what the island is and its special, you know, electromagnetic properties and how they're going to find it. Like I'm totally in on all that. Later mm-hmm. on when she's like, like you need to recreate the, you know, the circumstances of the plane crash as closely as possible. I'm like, eh, okay. And then she's like, you also like need to like, you know, put some something of your father's you know, on lock. I'm just like, okay, now we're stretching it. I mean, there were like 300 people yeah. for, on that plane the first time. You're trying to recreate this with like eight people? Yeah. I mean, I want Jack to be like, tell me how many times you've done this before yeah. and why this recreating thing works. <laughs> what? I know I'm, I'm still kind of high. <laughs> Explain to me how this works. Yeah. All right. And then you said you had four, right? Yep. So one more of mine would just be when Jack and Kate hate fuck. Yes. I, I It's satisfying. I guess we, we'd seen them kind of like have sex once before, or at least, you know, the beginnings of it. But uh, th- this felt like the best for them, you know. What, what it was always coming to is a, just a hate fuck session. Oh, it starts very creepy, though. Oh, it's super creepy. Yeah. Like, it feels like we're walking like a fucking like Japanese ghost story. And then it turns into angry sex. <laughs> Jack's like like angry crying sex. Yeah. And Jack's just yes. like, okay. Jack's like, I'm into this. And in the morning I will try to spin it into a lovely breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> like this was a romantic reunion. Kate definitely has a moment where she kind of sees him like doing the breakfast thing and you can just see on her face. She's like, Oh, you got the wrong idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my number four moment is hello to this opening. Just doing an absolute mindfuck of your expectations. Jack's eye. Jack wakes up back on the island. We see him holding a piece of paper that just says, I wish. He's jumping off waterfalls to rescue Hurley. Kate's there. It's like, holy shit. I can't believe this is episode six and we're back on the island. Yeah, they really like move that along. I'd forgotten that it was, you know, that soon in the season that they set that up. I believe you and I watched this together and I just was losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is Jack talking to Ben. He says, the other people on this plane, what's going to happen to them? And Ben says, who cares? Yeah. High five, Ben. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the, uh, the, the dark <laughs> smashing it out. Yes. You know, and like her one condition is like, don't ask about the kid. Jack's like, deal. <laughs> That, that's it deal He's hell like, yeah that's not a boner killer at all um and then like the next morning and all that stuff's going on and he's got the dad's shoes and he's telling her the story and she's like 
why hold on to something that makes you feel sad? He's like, what's up, Kate? That's our whole relationship. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, my next one is uh, just Lapidus is the pilot of Flight uh, 316 there. Just when he kind of sees that they're all in the plane, he's just like, we're not going to Guam, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, Lapidus. I love that they brought him back. They, they could have never brought Lapidus back, but they did because they knew he was awesome. Yeah. And he's just trucking around on that island for the rest of the season. In the pilot's shirt, yeah. Yeah. Um, number two is Ben and Jack in the church with the Caravaggio and the Thomas the Doubter story. We got Jack, the man of science, being a total story about the perils of doubting and not having faith, which is going to fuck Jack up for the rest of the season. <laughs> While we're looking at a depiction of a man fingering a spear wound and then just the way Ben says, well, we're all convinced in the end, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kept an eye out. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the same church from the finale, but it doesn't have the weird, like, multi-denominational iconography yeah. in this one. It's just a normal church in this one. Isn't one of them just the wagon wheel? I think so, yeah. Yeah. that That's from a religion. I just, I don't know which one, but I know from plain civilization that that's one of the symbols, so. My, my Oregon Trail religion. Yeah. Um, or in the end, you die of dysentery. Yeah. Don't we all? My number two here is when Jack is reading the note while he's waiting for the plane to crash. It's just so dark. I love it. Yeah. Uh, just really one, all of them waiting for the plane to crash. Yeah. Yeah. My number one is, is I'm sorry, it's everything on the Ajira flight. Like starting with Hurley, even starting with Hurley being like, no, I bought all those seats. <laughs> um. Like Jack can't escape locks. No, I love it. The they're just like, yeah, we were packing the crate on the thing. We were like, oh, hey, let's check in this guy's like coat pocket. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then just Ben reading Ulysses, and Jack's like, how can you read? And he's like, my mother taught me <laughs> lie. Um, but yeah, and then Jack opens that an envelope like Karnak, like Johnny Carson and Karnak, just like rips the side. Um, the way he opens he, that envelope was very Jack too. Yeah. Yeah, and then like he's even trying to make a connection of Kate, and she's just like, "We're on the same plane, Jack." Doesn't mean we're together. Doesn't mean we're together. I mean, you and me. Emphasis on that, yeah. Jack. I feel like you're not hearing what I'm saying. Jack's like, "I'm not." You want a sandwich? Uh, let's see. My number one is uh, just at the end when we see Jim, or not sorry, Jim, Jin in Dharma gear. Oh yeah, it's just plot twist. Yeah. I trying to think like what did I think was going on watching this the first time? I mean, even knowing the prologue to the season, I, I kept thinking they were just going to find. I don't even know, man. I don't know what I was it's thinking. hard to remember because this was back in the day when like you were so into it that you definitely like you'd get like the TV guy descriptions like a couple weeks mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, and so some of it you're kind of expecting, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, well, and that worked really well as the season progressed. And like Saeed shoots Ben and it's like the next two episodes are called whatever happened, happened. And then dead, dead is dead. dead. <laughs> and you're like, Oh shit, they're fucking with time. Yeah. I mean, but also the show, like you thought, Oh, they're going to push the limits so much, but then they would push it even more. And it just, it boggled the mind. Yeah. As far as other details from the episode that are necessary to cover, I don't know if there's much Hurley has a, uh, guitar case when he's getting on the plane that will come up later but that even that doesn't really go anywhere um you're gonna wait a long time yeah whole season 
other than that, I mean, that's, it's all, you know, it's just, it's how they all got on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next episode three or five Oh seven is the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. I've got six. I've got four. So right. take it away. Some of these, I wish I'd taken a little more notes. Um, yeah. What exactly I meant. Um, but uh, my number six here is just when John says, I remember dying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have to go again. Um, uh, <laughs> I just wrote down so he speaks Spanish now, too, I guess. When he's like doing his like Habitat for Humanity stuff. Just, you know, an, another amazing skill of Saeed. Multilingual. I... I wonder if they were like, maybe we should have done more than just made him a, a, a good torturer or extractor of information in his past. Cause it's like, it's one thing to be like, Oh, Saeed has this like secret bloodlust, but it's like Saeed has an incredible aptitude to be a spy. He's pretty fucking capable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number four is that intro baby. Um, we see the Ajira survivors, including Caesar and Alana, which it's like, don't get too used to them. And then we go see a man in black in a black blanket, like a Sif hood. And he's just like, my name is John Locke. And I was like, holy fuck. Like this feels crazy. Like in just the framing story of this episode, I just, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I think that I remember dying is when he's talking to Caesar, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is just catching up with Walt. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he goes to visit Walt with Michael Abaddon. Tell me Terry O'Quinn couldn't play Professor X. Yeah, seriously. And Walt, it looks like like Walt's going to a nice school. I wonder if that's like something Michael set up there with uh, the others or something. Because he's mm. going to like some sort of like academy. It's kind of shame that Walt blew it all on going back to the island. Because <laughs> <laughs> he probably could have had a real good life. Yeah. Because um, they don't depict Walt as being like too fucked up. Oh, he seems you know, pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's a normal question to go to see Hurley and be like, hey, man, why didn't you tell me anything? I don't know. Uh, my number three is all things Matthew Abaddon. Talk about a character we could have used like one more appearance by. I know. Just Lance Reddick is like he's like in what ultimately like two or three episodes, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe three. Yeah. And and. Classic Lost style. He gives an enigmatic line and he's a great actor. So he really nails like uh, I specialize in helping people get where they need to be. He has like the greatest walk to like his stride. Yeah. Well, that comes with being eight feet tall. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think this was the wire was over by now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And like a, a ton of actors on that show, you're just like put those dudes in other stuff. And so mm-hmm. I feel like this was his like. He's going to show up in something else just because, like, the the world demands it. I mean, he eventually was on Fringe for a long time. Yeah. I mean, but imagine just – and I think that's probably maybe one of the reasons – well, in the storyline. Movie uh-huh. Sounds did. We didn't get more of Matthew Abaddon. But, like, imagine recasting and, like, he was Mr. Echo. That'd be interesting. That's, like, way different energy from Mr. Echo. Yeah. You know, because uh, the other guy – I can't remember his name um it's huge yeah massive dude like just like huge dude whereas like if he were mr echo man that'd be weird i mean it's a different kind of like yeah. i'm afraid of him but i'm still afraid of him 
I think it's more just about his intensity then than like I mean he's tall, but he's not he's he's not that like intimidating like a linebacker type thing, you know, or like he just looks like he can physically destroy you. Yeah. I mean, but it gets interesting because so I buy, you know, his first appearance. He's working for Charles Widmore, pretends to be a lawyer, goes to see Hurley. You know, are they still alive? Mm-hmm. It's the being an orderly, like telling John to go on a walkabout. <laughs> that's the one where it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Widmore just has like this crazy dossier on, uh-huh. on Locke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. My number three is uh, when Locke rolls up to Hurley and Hurley says, so you didn't make it, huh? <laughs> I just love that because Hurley's being, you know, visited by, you know, the ghosts or the, you know, dead people from the island. And so when he sees Locke, he's just like, oh, that's too bad. He died. Like, what happened? <laughs> and he's just like, no, I'm 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 real. I'm here. <laughs> uh number two is when Locke visits Kate and she's asking why it didn't work out with the fabled Helen. And he's just like, I was obsessed. And she's like, Wow, look how far you've come. Hardcore. That is also my number two. Yeah. I was angry. I was obsessed. And Kate's just like, look how far you've come. Damn. Oh, no yeah. wonder he tried to kill himself. Yeah. Um, and number one, it's Locke's last moments in that shithole hotel. And then after it's done and Ben's just like, I'll miss you, John. I really will. <laughs> uh, my last one is uh, when Caesar, they, they've, He's taken Locke on the island to uh, Ben Linuser, who's all beaten up. And Caesar says, you know him? And Locke says, yeah, he's the man who killed me. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, this is you know, exit stage right for the John Locke character. I think yep. other than seeing him in flashbacks, that's it. This is where his story ends. Um, well, we will see his body one more time. Yeah. See sideways, John. But it, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a, like when when you when it all comes out in the reveal at the end of the season of what like what's been going on with John Locke, it you kind of look back at this episode and you're like, geez, that's a pretty sad and pathetic end for that character. I mean, this show does that a lot. Like, it's kind of depressing the way they'll just like kill off a character, and it's just like, well, and I, I I suppose you could say that's part of the whole thing that Jacob is going for, you know, like whittling down his lists or whatever. But it's it's not uh, dramatically exciting, I guess you'd say. Well, and and I'm trying to think, what did the fans call this character? Flock. Sure, yeah, the fake flock. Yeah, I um, I think it's kind of even extra tragic, or the knife is twisted even further when fake lock makes fun of John Locke uh-huh, in yeah. the LAX. But rewatching this, you can't not see it. Obviously, you know the twist, yeah, yeah. but like, and the show was on initially. I was watching this; I was loving it. I was loving New Lock. I was loving Lock, who just like enigmatically has this new confidence, and he's a tune at the island. I was trying to remember like how long it was before I figured it out because I, I definitely figured it out at least a couple episodes ahead of the finale. I think for me, it, it was um, Alex. Mm, okay yeah yeah that, too convenient. That, that that whole business yeah that was probably when it was i mean after that it works out pretty well prior to that he is clark hinting back and forth like he's going from hydra to main island like shockingly <laughs> fast well and like richard at one point is just like you're different john yeah yeah so i mean my question would be i guess we we'll do it here rather than later is 
does he really have like newfound abilities because of this loophole or is he just, or is, or is Ben Linus the loophole? Let's, let's say that for the incident. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I have similar questions. Uh, so 508 Lafleur F four. Uh, let me just say right off the bat. I love that. We see the motherfucking statue. I mean, obviously that's uh, my, you know, one of my modes as well. Yeah. And then just in general about the show, let me just say, I love this is like an episode of like the LaFleur TV show that mm-hmm. we didn't see. I have four as well. Yeah. What's your number four? So the statue. Seeing the statue in most of its glory. You can't see the face, but mm-hmm. you see enough of it to see that it's holding two uh, onk symbols there. I think we looked this up in an earlier episode. This is Tawarit, I think is the name of the deity. Yeah, Tawarit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is just the reveal of Jim LaFleur as the 1977 head of security for the Dharma Initiative right at the beginning. Uh, having to go deal with Horace Goodspeed getting drunk at the sonic fence and like throwing sticks of dynamite at trees. Man, Horace fucking sucks. Um, all the weird little details. The rumor mill, the Dharma Initiative is called the Coconut Telegraph. And also the introduction of Phil that character and that actor who always plays that character that you hate in something uh-huh. the actor's name is Patrick Fischler. He's creepy looking. Yeah. Him and Rudzinski in the Dharma initiative. I got some thoughts on those assholes. I got to say about Rudzinski. I hated him to a certain point where I almost started to appreciate him. <laughs> like, He's committed. There is a comedic goal to that moment when he walks into Lafleur's house and he's like, my fucking hand. <laughs> Uh, what's your number three? Um, I mean, if we were ranking these uh, in order of uh, awesomeitude, this would be number one. It's Richard mm-hmm. Alper with a torch walking into Otherton, or not Otherton, I guess it's the Dharma Initiative Darmaville. at that point. Yeah, Darmaville, planting his uh, his flag there, his torch, and mm-hmm. just waiting. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Big, big immortal torch dick energy, yeah. And just the conversation he has with Sawyer is fascinating. Do your people know you're telling me this? <laughs> um, my number three is Sawyer creating the the, the Fleur identity immediately, like just off the cuff and spinning a tail for Horace Goodspeed. Um, and then like I just love his like, look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, Jim, but you are not Dharma material. <laughs> Which is like, is that a compliment? <laughs> it's like, hey, we've seen we've seen Phil, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've only got like two people who are worth a, worth a fucking damn here. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like, like important people on the island from the Dharma Initiative, it's like Pierre Chang and who? I guess Radzinski. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he, Radzinski it, would seem to have some sort of technical knowledge other than just being an asshole. You know, what it is. It's Samantha Mathis. Yeah. Who <laughs> got the fuck out of there. It's not you, Horace. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. My number two is uh, when Juliet agrees to stay for two weeks. I like, and then the transition three years mm-hmm. later. That's nice. Uh, my number two is also Juliet. I mean, just her all throughout. She's a stone cold badass. She's like warning people about the sonic fence. She's backing up Sawyer. She's a mechanic. She's delivering babies. That's got to be a real sea change for everyone. It's just mm-hmm. like, why is our mechanic suddenly our doctor? <laughs> and then she gets to say to him, Thank you for believing in me, which seemingly no one on this fucking show has done for her before. This is Juliet's peak moment because uh, it's all downhill from here for Juliet, unfortunately. It's, 
Yeah, it's like, well, until the very end. I mean, yes and no. You mean, <laughs> you mean the end of the show? The end of the season. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Yeah, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. <laughs> she gets done what no one else could get done. Sure. Um, and then just the moment when Horace says, is three years really long enough to get over someone? <laughs> what a question. Yeah. We'll, we will answer that. And the answer will be maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my number one, you announced it. It's, it's Horace or it's uh, Richard Alper coming in. There's a horn. He's just like swaggering with that torch. I like that when Sawyer and Juliet first see him coming, he's just like, Oh, um, and like when he finally like comes to talk to him, like Richard's just like chilling on that park bench, like waiting to be spoken to on the way. He always appears to be wearing either the same clothes or very similar clothes. And they're like, I, we, we have seen him in tailored. Like, we have seen him at least once in kind of like the rags, you know, that mm. the others were. But usually they're it's like nice slacks, tailored shirt type of situation. Well, yeah, it's like so. I'm trying to think what was the timeline that Ben said? It's either 73 or 72 when Ben first meets Richard. Somewhere like around there, like yeah. It's uh-huh. like shaggy period. Uh-huh. And then so seemingly Richard is having some uh, going through a rough patch. Well, then, or like, or he could have changed into that because he was going to go meet someone. Like he's gonna, maybe, yeah. But it's like in the fifties, and then later he's just like, "Look at me, mm-hmm. look at me, tailored clothes, if you please. Why would you hide this?" Um, the problem with Sawyer and Juliet, I do like them together. They just kind of carry this like Xander and Anya energy. Uh, I don't know if I get that from them. I think if, if you could say that there's a problem with them, it's just that they. The other people? Well, they're they're seemingly happy and content and conflict-free. So conflict must be introduced. Yeah. Even if yeah. it doesn't feel entirely organic, you know. Like like Kate. Yeah. Um so I have two questions for this episode. Uh-huh. One, why do the others want Paul's body? Um, I think it is for Richard to be like, this is the man responsible. It's mm. e- we're even now, you know, like, I, I think that's what it is. I don't think they're like doing some weird, like witchcraft on the body or anything like that. It, it's because uh, Richard is like, I need something to give to them, you know? Okay. My first thought of course was weird ritual. My second question was, or my, my second theory about that was just like, they're like, we want the body. So you don't have it. <laughs> Could be a little uh, bit of that. I assume that it was Richard looking for a way to resolve this for, you know, it's like they, they'd, rather not go to war if possible. So like whatever, you know, bandaid they can put on this thing they're going to. Mm. Second question. Most important question. What the hell does Amy see in Horace? I, the only other dude on the Island. I mean, it, maybe it's just like him and Phil, you know, and she's like, Jesus. All right, fine. Horace. I, I think I'd rather get with Brzezinski. I don't know about that. Like, I'd rather get with, well, I mean, who would you rather get stuck with, Horace or Roger? Oh, I mean, like, fuck, fuck, Mary, kill Horace, Phil, and Rudzinski. I, well, you're gonna, I think, well, that's, that's a tough one. You're gonna kill Phil. I think you're gonna, well, okay, you're gonna fuck. Uh, you're gonna fuck Rudzinski. Rudzinski. You're gonna marry Horace, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Rudzinski's like way too intense. Well, that's, that's why he'd be great in bed. Yeah. Just, just you just gotta tell him. That her nether regions are the swan station. <laughs> He's never going to stop drilling. Uh, wonderful. 
<laughs> oh, quarantine's broken me. <laughs> yeah, LeFleur. It's fun. I'd say I like how competent he is in uh, 1977. We get, we get it later in one of these episodes where he's like, he has his own methods for doing things, you know? Yeah. Well, because he just has his shit together this uh-huh. season, and it's it's only ruined by the main cast. Yeah. The TV show arrives again in his life, and he's just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Heading on to uh, Namaste. It's it's the, right at the, the end of the refer that they they meet up with Kate and, and Jack, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at it now. And the appearance of uh, aforementioned Radzinski. Uh-huh. Uh, I have five moments here. Let's see. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. Okay. Wow. Get it. Yeah. All right. Um. So Lapidus lands a plane. Once again, mm-hmm. he's a great pilot. Um. Just. Cool moment. I like that the the co-pilot dies just because, you know, fuck him. Um, But yeah, him actually pulling off the plane landing is pretty cool. I love the casting of the co-pilot because that guy, Dan Gautier, I think his name is, was like always guest starring in things or like in shows that were going to get canceled after three episodes. He was in that TNG episode about like the lower decks Hmm. as like the the guy who like wanted to be Riker. Mm -hmm. So Riker just kept pushing him down. Yeah, he had to die. Uh, one more moment for you. Uh, I'll just put in when Jin is kind of like roughing up Radzinski at the arrow. Or is it the flame? I think it's the flame. Um, the flame. Yeah, Radzinski's like trying to like butt in and Jin just like throws him up against the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go Jin. Um, my number five moment. Starting a thread of the show that I probably shouldn't enjoy as much as I do. do but the meeting of Kate and Juliet and processing with the undercurrents there, it's like every time Juliet sees Kate, you can just hear Jolene by Dolly Parton playing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, I'm like, do we have to pit them against each other? But uh, Oh, I should not enjoy it nearly yeah. as much as I do. <laughs> like when they're on the sub at the end and fucking Kate shows up, that bad penny. <laughs> Juliet's just like, fuck. Oh, uh, Let's see. My number five is going to be uh, when we learned the baby's name is Ethan. I mean, I assume that's Ethan Rom, right? They kept they, they yep. keep saying Ethan. So the fact that we see he's mentioned earlier, and then we see young Ethan twice. Uh-huh. Um, my number four, Jack thinks he's come to the wrong house, but nope. This is where Juliet lives with Sawyer, and they instantly have the aforementioned measuring contest about different leadership styles and thinking. And it's like Sawyer's like, it's part of my process, Jack. I read and I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's just like, what? Yeah, that's that's one of mine as well. And they're Sawyer explaining his leadership style to Jack and just being like, I think instead of just reacting. <laughs> Jack's just like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um. Number three, Jack, Kate, Harley are reunited with Sawyer and Jen on the island in 1977. And Jack is just like, oh, we weren't alone. And he lists off several people. And he's like, oh, and your wife too, Jen. Did I mention that? (laughs) (laughs) Jen also speaks perfect English now. Yeah, finally. (laughs) I feel like the the middle of this season, Jen really comes on in. Like he gets a little bit lost late in the season, but in the middle of the season, like he was like one of my favorite characters. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Another one for me. When Ben takes a sling off, this is uh, in the uh, the present, you know, on mm-hmm. the island. It's just, it's a classic Ben move where it's like, he's been wearing the sling and suddenly he just takes it off and he's fine. I guess you could say the island healed him. Yeah. Um, but number two is Pierre Chang having to process Jack into the Dharma Initiative. And he's just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Someone called in sick. I'm a scientist. And Jack is going to be a workman. And he says, based on your aptitude test, you'll be doing janitorial work. <laughs> so I kind of have both of those in there. Pierre Chang, like bitching about the disorganization is hilarious to me. <laughs> he's just like, sorry, I'm not the one who ordinarily does this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, there's almost like an office-esque sitcom yeah. in the Dharma Initiative. <laughs> I really wish you got more of Pierre Chang because he's so much fun. Um, yeah. And then also, like, you gotta wonder, like, Sawyer had to like go like rig the manifest or whatever. Did he mm. make sure that Jack was gonna be a workman? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> Is he just like fuck you in particular, Jack? Yeah, I I, I kind of wonder if Juliet's like, give me Kate, put her in the motor pool. <laughs> uh, I think that about does it for me. Yeah, because that was my other one. Is just Sawyer putting Jack as a workman. Um, my number one is just Christian Shepard does a moment out of the shining and he shows son, the 1977 new recruits picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, an extra moment, I guess I forgot about would be when Juliet realizes that Horace and Amy's kid is Ethan and she's like, Oh fuck this kid. <laughs> she's like, Oh, what, why did I even go to the effort? So this, this portion, this era of lost mythology, and this might be dumb, but made me think this would make for the interesting video game. I never played just like the Dharma Initiative era. Well, like this kind of like Infernal Affairs slash The Departed, where it's like you either play as a Dharma member or a hostile, like infiltrating the other group. Hmm, okay. And the kind of like back and forth, like fighting over like like quadrants of the island or whatever. Um, so I have two questions here for this one. Uh, first question: the monster again is he able to travel over water? Presumably, just zipping back and forth between old new otherton and hydra island seemingly i mean he can't leave the island but i guess he can go to the other island you know like but it seems like at one point where it's like he's he's john locke still on hydra island and also and somewhere else yeah and then he's like christian shepherd yeah yeah um and then my second question which we can get into later was the transformation and does being Locke give him new abilities which we can go into later um all right five ten Five ten, which is he's R U, another name drop episode. Which we get uh evil Harry Potter back. Yeah, that little bitch. <laughs> my I've got five for this. I have four. So my five is just uh Saeed being a stone cold badass even as a little kid. Mm, like his like mm. older brother or whatever won't kill a chicken, Saeed's got it. He'll handle it. Yeah. Which uh, I felt like was kind of an interesting echo of uh, Mr. Echo and his brother. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of similar. Um, my number four, uh, poor Saeed's been visited by Ben with those sandwiches. And then to add insult to injury, he has to get visited upon by Ben's deadbeat dad, Roger, uh-huh. who thinks he can stick it to Saeed. Um, also, even Roger knows about the psychopathic torturer they have on the island. Oh, yeah. What's that guy's name? Oldham. Oldham, yeah. Losing the TP, listens to records you. on a phonograph. Mm-hmm. He's the dude from like Newhart and Blade Runner and True Blood. Yeah. Creepy looking dude, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number four is uh, it's like in the cafeteria, and Hurley's kind of explaining the situation with uh, Sawyer and Juliet. He says they live together, like not as roommates. <laughs> Great. Uh, my number three is Saeed tripping balls and telling everyone about the future. Yeah, yeah, that's actually on my list a little bit higher. Um, just he's telling all in his interrogation. And then he has this like maniacal laugh at the end of it. This season's a fucking trip for Saeed, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. One for me, I have Saeed. Um, the thing is when he's talking to uh, Roger here, where Roger's like giving him shit and Saeed says, and yet you're the one who mops up after them. <laughs> oh, boy. Fucking Roger. Um, number two is Alana and Saeed. His first question, are you a professional? <laughs> and she's like, no, I just wanted to fuck you because you look sad and drink expensive whiskey. Um, which... I mean, later she's kicking him in the face because she's a bounty hunter, supposedly. But it just hit me like Jack and Kate were together for a while. Everyone else is doing their thing. But man, Saeed has been squirting tons of Saeed juice in the last three years. I kind of wonder when they wrote this episode if they knew what they were doing with Ileana yet. Yeah, I wonder. Because she's very much like, I'm a bounty hunter taking you to Guam because he killed that Mr. Avalone guy. And. Mm-hmm. That could have all been intentional, or they could have not known that they were going to do what they did with her. Yeah. Uh, I think my last one here, Saeed, is just when he shoots Ben. He yep. says, you were right about me. I am a killer. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, Saeed. Um, I just got to say, like, the science fiction at all is, like, where that bullet hits him, that kid should be straight up dead zone. <laughs> yeah, I seriously. mean, Saeed takes a bullet that seems would be less fatal later in the season. And it's like like more injured. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they shot this kid in the heart. (laughs) I just love anything to stop the blood. Saeed is definitely the one who's like, yeah, that's right. I'll kill a little kid. Yeah. I I didn't even know it was Ben. I was just going to kill him anyway. Nah. You're like Michael Emerson's like, I've always wondered about that weird, intense scar that I had on my chest, (laughs) which I guess got healed by the water or whatever. But um, so I did some looking up. Supposedly Rosinski is the head of research. And somehow the second in command. So tell me, how does Pierre Chang fit into all this? And why does he have to report to both Radzinski and, and Horace? It doesn't really seem like he, Pierre, reports to Radzinski. No, but, but it kind of seems like they they both have the same like higher boss in Ann Arbor. But Radzinski has the ability to like usurp command in like security situations, mm-hmm. I guess, is kind of how I read that, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're both like worried about the orchid or whatever. And like, Brzezinski's like moved on from like the flame to the, to the swan. Whereas Pierre Chang, like we really just see him interacting with like film crews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I think, yeah. So that was all I had for five ten. trying to see if anything else happened in this episode that we need to know about. I think this is mostly just in the past, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're, I don't remember if we're in the future. I don't have anything down from it. We get some more Saeed flashbacks, basically. Mm-hmm. I think this is the one where he like shoots the last accomplice. Uh, and then Ben's just so, like, all right, we're done. Ben's got his go like, fedora. Yeah. He's doing dirt fedora. Ben's like, go do whatever you want, I guess. I don't give a shit anymore. Which, what is this organization? Like, 
These are the last of the people threatening you and your friends. Uh, like, why don't you have Saeed kill Charles Woodmore? Mm-hmm. Also, he? I think this is the episode where, because we've seen that Hurley has been in the Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute in, you know, the, the flash forward stuff. My impression of that for a while was that it was just called Santa Rosa as like the name of the hospital, but it wasn't okay. actually in Santa Rosa. But apparently there's like a title card that's like Santa Rosa, California. I think it's in this episode. And like that is like a six and a half hour drive from L.A. So I don't know what's going on there exactly. That seems like a mistake. Yeah. You would think, though, that with production based partially based out of L.A., they would uh, at least from the editing end, they wouldn't make that mistake. I just assume that like it it was the name of the hospital was Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute, but it was actually like in, I don't know, Santa Clarita or something, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that's a long drive. And I don't know why her they'd be all the way up there in wine country. That's trouble country. Mm-hmm. Well, like Cheech Marin's not going to go visit his son up there. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Let's see. On to uh, 511. Whatever happened, happened. Yeah. Um, I'm on a fly. I'm adding. I have six moments here. Wow. Okay. I have four. So you can go first. Uh, number six. Roger is way nicer to Kate than he is to his own fucking son. I just got to say, what are you doing, Kate? You're just like yeah. imprinting on the first white trash guy you find. Like, maybe it's because I didn't give a shit about the Aaron storyline. Yeah. <laughs> but this doesn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, number, number five. Juliet has to operate and try to save the life of the kid who will grow up to be her tormentor and hold her prisoner on this island. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucked up. Uh, yeah, similar to that, I had a uh, Jack refusing to do the surgery. Yep. Yep. Um, and also, just the the Back to the Future time trial discussion is great. <laughs> yeah, my number four is also you know we're gonna have this go back in time and kill Hitler dilemma, and Jack's just like, nah, I'm gonna make some sandwiches. Um, I love his like. I already saved Benjamin Linus once, and I did it for you, Kate. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> it's just like I'm done. Yeah, Jack has uh, he's definitely got some energy this whole season, pretty much. Yes and no. He's kind of low energy Jack, who's like on one. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, the next one is when speaking of Jack, Kate says, "I like the old you better," and Jack says, "You didn't like the old me, Kate." Yeah. <laughs> their yeah. their whole couple dynamic is twisted. I feel like we could have had like one more hate fuck session like on the island. It wouldn't have been out of place. I guess there's too much plot at a certain point for them to like stop and bang, but the bravery of handling your primary ship this way, like different showrunners would have caved. <laughs> they would be still tweeting fan fiction about where these happy characters are now. And these two, they're just like, nah, this, these two do not work. And you still want them together, and that's what drives it. Yeah. Well, and it's it's um, like these two might have worked at one point, but they are like so supremely fucked up now, and have like said too many horrible things to each other that like it just can't work anymore. But they're gonna keep trying. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, no, I don't think that's the case. But that's certainly how Jack feels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Number three, the scene in all imagined scenes between Kate and Cassidy, played by the great Kim Dickens. Just imagine the wild ride of stories that this woman has heard from Kate. 
Um, and then also one day Kate just shows up at her house and she's like, LOL, raising this kid as a drag. I can't wait to ditch him. <laughs> Good to see Kim Dickens again. Yeah. Um, similar note, I have uh, just Kate giving up Aaron. And we, yeah. we kind of finally learn her motivation here is I'm going back to find your daughter. So that's why Kate has come on the plane. That's why she came back to the island is to find Claire. Mm-hmm. I just dumped him in a hotel room down the hall. Mm-hmm. He's all yours. Um, but I only pay for one more night. So figure it out. I mean, just I don't know. I don't know much about kids and I like it that way. But like. uh I don't know if you can be like, hey, Aaron, you're going to meet your grandma. And then mom disappears and this woman just walks in. Yeah, I know. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I'll have to check the user manual. Uh, my number two is Juliet storming in that bathroom where Jack is getting out of the shower just to let him fucking have it. Oh, he's he's like hanging dong there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she has got him by the hairs. <laughs> he also all- does a weird move where he, he kind of lazily puts the towel on. And then he puts a shirt on. And so he's just like got like shirt and like towel. He's shirt cocking it. Yeah. <laughs> Which immediately, if you're me, you're like, has she ever seen his uh, hog before? Well, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Did they ever bang? You know, like yeah. they might have. I feel like they, you could go back and say they did, although we never really see it. So you could go the other way too if you wanted. I mean, if I'm Jack in any of these situations, and like I'm meeting Juliet and there's still this kind of unresolved thing. And we're in this dynamic. I'm thinking the first time I want her to see my cock is probably not like I've just gotten out of the pool at the same time, though. He's not like 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 sprinting for the towel. No, he's no. just kind of like he, he reaches for the towel, but he's not like in any hurry at all. He's a doctor, so yeah. I'm sure he's got confidence of some kind. Um, but still, I just think <laughs> like George Costanza, I was in the pool. And I mean, she, you know, she's just like, yeah, Sawyer, it's a little bit bigger. Just saying. <laughs> All right. My number, I don't know, is this one maybe? Um, yeah. A couple of Richard moments here. Uh, Richard talking about Ben. He says he'll forget this ever happened and his innocence will be gone. He'll always be one of us. Spooky Richard. And also later um, when they're talking about Charles and uh, Eloise there, he just says, I don't answer to either of them. Just like the confidence that he has when he says that. Like he does what he wants. Yeah, which I wonder. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think we get it even even by um, what's his name, um, who we both love in the temple and next season. I don't think it's really spelled out what their process is. Presumably, they're just going to go dump this boy in their dirty temple bong water, which will take away his memories and his innocence and make him forever and ever an other. Yeah, I guess so. It's like uh, it's like the island healing you super fast. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my number one is kind of that little Ben is being taken to the, by Richard to the temple. Then we cut to the present where Ben wakes up to see John Locke watching over him. And he's just like, hello, Ben, welcome back to the land of the living. And, uh, he's just got this, Ben's got this real genuine. What the fuck face? <laughs> you know, now I'm thinking about it. We never get little Ben back from the others, right? In this season. I don't think so. No. I don't know. Why, like, how does that all go down? Presumably at the Dharma initiative, like, bunch of crazy shit happened these new recruits like shot up the dharma initiative killed a few people there was this massive incident um that whole time this kid had been like disappeared maybe kidnapped by the others and he just like shows up later mm-hmm. and he's fine and he's healed from a gunshot to the chest and he becomes a workman yeah 
And after all this, Roger will still go on to forget his son's birthday every single year until that kid's like 30. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. The fact that it's like his 30th birthday, he's just like, tell you what, maybe next year I'll try to remember your birthday, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> hey, what's this? A gas canister. Huh. Gonna drink it? Blah. All right, so I think that is about all we need to cover on what whatever happened happened. I mean, it was mostly a Kate one, right? Just like why Kate got rid of the kid, and yeah, it, Kate's like really imprinting on like Roger and Young Ben for some reason. I don't know what are you doing, Kate? Yeah, it's like are you, uh, are you this mad at Jack that uh, I don't know? I guess I guess you can't immediately run to Sawyer because Juliet's there, so she's just <laughs> like, who's the the white trashiest guy around? Oh yeah, you you'll do. Caitlin's like, I tried becoming the patron saint of lost causes, and I just ended up taking their uh, their lowest file in the, mm-hmm. the cabinet. Y- yeah, I mean, it's interesting to almost recontextualize the season in which the first few episodes are kind of like a prologue, and then the rest of the season for the main cast is like about their motivation for coming back. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um. It's just it's such a fascinating like structured season to me. Because there's so many different threads they have to cover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So dead is dead. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Fuck me. Yeah. Uh, I have four. Okay. Some might are just kind of plot stuff. Uh, cool. Let me just real quick switch to that page. In the this wiki. is while you're doing that. This is we see middle aged Charles Widmore who really has a new look. Uh huh. And we see young Ethan again, who is a fucking turd. He's like a little lost boy, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's just a little shithead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know why like Ben doesn't have him killed when he becomes in charge. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, so some moments here. Richard saying Jacob wanted it done. Just like a full-on cucking of Charles Widmore. Like, <laughs> Widmore is like trying to order him around, and he's just like, I'm playing the Jacob card, so boom. Yeah. Shut up. And then uh, another one here when uh, I think this is Locke talking to Ben Locke says judged by whom? And Ben says, well, John, we don't even have a word for it, but I believe you call it the monster. <laughs> Love that line. And uh, you said he had four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ben talking to Daniela. He says, uh, every time you hear whispers, you run the other way. So what yeah. does that mean? Well, seemingly the whispers all the others around but they're also like the souls of the island or something because we'll, we'll get that in like season six yeah i mean because i know that the episode where saeed met danielle in season one uh-huh. the, the great ending of that because he thought she was crazy and she was the whispers, about the whispers. Yeah. yeah and then he starts hearing the whispers but it's like like last season like again like harper arrives on a chorus of whispers i think they hear the whispers for the others tase them at the end of season two uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of wish they just about... like just don't explain them. You know, like to take out that thing in season six where they're like the whispers of the souls of dead people. Just get rid of that. And, and I kind of remember it like landing with a thud. It super did. Six. Yeah, it was like, ooh, we're getting an answer. Ah, uh, maybe not. You know, I I think at the end of this season six is going to be the hardest one to carve out some episodes because yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. If we need to watch all of them. I don't think we do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, even like a throwaway line, it's just like, yeah, we we ride the wave of the dead. Or, I don't know something. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so number four, as you mentioned it, it's when Ben, we get a replay of Ben wakes up, he's locked, instantly starts spinning some bullshit. I love that about Ben. He's just like, he's got it ready to go. <laughs> um, and John Locke, he's got that, that grandpa energy with that sparkle in his eye. He's just like judged, huh? Ooh, by whom? Um, there's a lot of shit eating grins from Locke in the second half of the season. Yeah. Which is like part of why I was like, I was like, man, I'm really loving this new lock. But there's like this delirious joy in watching Ben have to go along with not having the upper hand anymore uh-huh. and trying to deal with it. You know, he's like scheming. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ben, it's when he's talking to Locke. And I think this is when Locke is asked, like, why he killed him. And Ben says, well, I just didn't have time to talk you back into hanging yourself, <laughs> which is like it's totally something I could see Linus doing. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my number three is that moment when he's like teasing him about having an office. And he's like, well, Ben, I was hoping that you and I could talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> and then just the you had critical information that would have died of you. And after all that, I didn't have time to talk you back and hang yourself. And then Locke looks at him. He's just like, I was just hoping for an apology. <laughs> I'm sure you had this moment uh, that I'm about to say on your list somewhere when Ben shoots Caesar. Oh, no, but I should. I don't know what the point of Caesar was, if it was all just supposed to build up to this, like another one of their little like TV, you know, plot jokes that they like to do. But like they really like built this guy up for half a season. And then like Ben just shoots him and you're like, OK, never mind that I mean, guy. I remember we got the thing announced and he'd been cast as like a maybe not a regular, but like he'd been cast in season five. He's like a known actor. He's in Three Kings. He's been in other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Saeed Tamaguchi, I think his name is I th- something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's Tom Gucci, but yeah. <laughs> I think he's an Algerian actor, yeah. Um, and I remember, like, it's it was funny to me because he keeps saying my friend in uh, Three Kings. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying my friend here. But yeah, I love that Ben shoots him. And then he just, just tosses the gun to lock. Like, hey, I'm going to defy your expectations. You're not expecting that. Um, no, it should be on my moments, but it's not. My the second moment is... Ben tries to kill Penelope, but relents when she sees that she has a child, which is just enough time for Desmond to dive in there and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> also, the name of Desmond's boat is our mutual friend. Yeah. Yeah, another uh, Dickens reference there. Which, which I love when he's calling Charles Whitmore. And he's like, I'm looking at our mutual friend right now. And Whitmore's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Whitmore's like, I haven't seen that episode. I don't understand the reference. Yeah. I'm trying to find the pronunciation of Saeed uh, here. I, I can't do it. I don't want to butcher it. So I'll keep cool. looking. Cool. Uh, let's see. My next moment is there's a long shot when Ben is uh, going to do the summoning. He's like crawling through that cave. And it's mm-hmm. like this really long shot. Like you normally don't get that kind of depth in a set as we just kind of like pull back all the way through this. Like it looks like it's maybe like a 10 or 12 foot long passage there. And then he like comes out like it's just a really neat shot that we fall him through all in one take. There is nothing about that process that would not fuck up your knees. Also, he is like, I think, standing in that filthy water while he pulls the plug. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty gross. Like when he withdraws his hand, it's not just like like it's a little gooey. bit dripping. It's yeah, it's, it's slimy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, like. Did somehow like the, the septic tank of Dharmaville like back up into the monsters thing? Um, my number one, it's like I half like it, I half hate it. It's the monster arrives at the end. Again, he's doing a lot of Clark Kenting around 
or he's Locke over here, and then he's Alex over here, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so it's Saeed Takmui. That's okay. the actor's name. Um, yeah, my number one as well is uh, Ben getting judged. Um, just the everything about that, the weird kind of underground temple area that they're in with the the drawings on the wall of the the monster and the like little holes, like the vents that it comes out of. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Which makes you think that this really is like some kind of real chamber of the monster, but who the fuck even really knows that this that this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I think, some just quick extra notes. I'm trying to think. That's one, below where um, one of the French expedition people dies, right? That's where they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because seemingly there's all these like underground chambers associated with the temple that maybe the people in the temple don't even know about. Mm-hmm. I love I love that because it's just like oh here's the wall which we're going under the temple is still like another like half mile away yeah yeah on the on the other side of this wall um, I mean the temple is kind of I don't know like a letdown in season six I feel like it was one um, of those things where they they reference it like four seasons ago and yeah probably like didn't have a at the time probably weren't like they're just like oh yeah the temple we'll get to that later you know. And then it was like, it was well, time to pay it off. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like, a, it's a big temple. Oh, and, and as anyone who knows anything about TV knows, like season six is harder to afford than season one. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's getting paid more money. <laughs> um, my, my extra couple notes, the hairpiece they put on the younger, but still old Charles Widmore could honestly, honestly just be the hair that Jeff Fahey sheds in a week. <laughs> That's just his chest hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something about the evil lock entity it reminded me of like we mentioned magua previously uh last mohicans or thanos i have to respect a villain who makes a plan follows through does the work achieves goals i mean he could he could chomp on a cigar and do the a-team thing and just be like i love when a plan comes together yeah because honestly it just fucking falls into his lap it was nice to see alex again too and and Um, for ben to have to kind of face that you know his yeah. being such an asshole and she's looking good mm-hmm. also you can make the argument i would think that charles widmore didn't so much break the rules or change the rules when he orchestrated alex getting killed as just like followed through on what he promised <laughs> yeah really i i don't know maybe there's some rule among the others that we don't know of where you're like not supposed to kill a fellow other or something who knows the the leadership structure is fascinating so it's like we don't know who the leader is in the 50s. Then somehow it becomes uh, Charles and Ellie. Presumably Ellie leaves to go have her baby off island and doesn't come back. Like, is Charles also getting notes from Jacob occasionally? Yeah, we have to wonder. Um, then it's Charles and then it's Ben. Yeah. All right. So we are on to Some Like It Hoth. Miles. This is a Miles and a cameo by Cameo by Captain and Tennille. I was glad to see Miles and an episode focused on him. This is not my favorite episode of the season by far. Uh, mostly just because of the stuff on Island, I think. feels mm. kind of wheel spinny. I, I think I like the idea of the entire Miles story here. I don't know that it's executed the strongest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got four. I have five. All right, so you can go first. 
starting with this is like a two part one starting with Kate has a beer with that pathetic piece of shit Roger <laughs> and then gives away the evil time travel baby with the bathwater, which then leads to and I'm sure you've got this Roger's fucking loaded and having a gen- janitorial turf war in Jack in an empty classroom. I actually I just, do not. Know. I just started writing down, man, I love this show. I totally mm. forgot about this scene. When he just like kicks Jack's bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all right uh so i've got miles explaining to hurley what happened to alvarez just like a mm. cool little thing with you know the, the body in the back of the van there what an intense death like his fillings ripped out of his teeth and right through, through his, his brain. skull yeah that's wild um my number four is naomi takes miles for his audition i just kind of like some of the dialogue here miles is like look whatever you've got going on here it isn't exactly my thing and she's like, the way I understand it, Miles, for the right price, anything is your thing. And she like tosses him a big bundle of cash. That's my jam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of uh, concurrent with that is just when he does the reading for Naomi. That was one of my moments. It's just mm. we, a little bit of the hints about uh, how they fake the uh, Oceanic Flight 815, you know, with the bodies and all that. It's seemingly, this is somebody that Saeed killed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, the flashback where punk rock Miles goes to see his dying mother for answers. And I just love the, where is his body? And she's like, someplace you can never go. <laughs> so I've got uh, the van ride with Miles, Pierre Chang, and Hurley. Where Hurley's yes. just uh, like forcing them to like talk to each other and like, oh, maybe we should get a beer. <laughs> and you can tell that, like they're both just kind of like, Jesus, what's with this guy? Yeah. Um, my number two is the Hurley and Miles one you mentioned, the reveal of how Alvarez died. But I just have to say, I feel like I got more out of this pairing in this episode alone than I ever did out of Hurley and Charlie. Yeah. Other than I, like Charlie and Hurley's goodbye. I think it's because Miles is more sarcastic and sardonic. Mm-hmm. Or is like and Charlie Charlie is more like sensitive. Like, you know, it's like a little bit too similar of energy between Hurley and Charlie. But I think the thing is though, is that Charlie wasn't always that character. I don't think that Charlie really was as evened out as, as who the character was. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and I think Dominic Monaghan played him like he was the lead <laughs> and he wasn't. Yeah. Only in Evangeline Lily's life. <laughs> uh, Not even then. Yeah. Well, for a while. Uh, let's see. My last moment here is, um, it's not really a moment. Just Hurley's desire to rewrite the Empire Strikes Back so that it has like a happy ending is an all time bad take. Like it's so bad that you kind of wonder, did like J.J. Abrams like phone this in from the executive producer's office? Uh, or was J.J. like, hey, put a line in about how the twins are the most important element in all of Star Wars. <laughs> the original sin of Star Wars is the twins being separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a take. Uh, that's a take Star get, Wars fans have. Let's get back to the twin cest. Um, my number one is just Pierre Chang. Having the worst day ever, having <laughs> to hang out with these two guys. <laughs> I like that. I like that Hurley's just like, isn't it weird that your kid is named Miles and this guy is named Miles? <laughs> oh, I love Pierre Chang. They were just, uh, I feel like we were robbed. We could have gotten so much more of him. He's like, he's always a delight whenever he's on screen. What a great energy. Uh, so I have two questions for this episode. The first one is, did we know that Jacob recruited Alana? They clearly have a backstory. Yeah. Did she then go and turn recruit Bram? Because I don't feel like this is top tier talent. Fucking Bram, yeah. Scraping the bottom of the barrel for this guy. 
Um, this guy was so much better when he was uh, Ron's uh, AA sponsor in Party It Down. <laughs> was he? I don't yeah, even remember uh, that. The, was that season Steve two? Steve Goodberg episode? Yeah, it's Steve Goodberg okay. episode. Okay. And he like calls him over to like help him fix the uh, aquarium he's fucked up and the guy gets drunk. <laughs> um, also, the sub shows up at the end of this episode. I believe this is one where he shows up with Faraday, right? I think so, yeah. In the previous episode, I'm pretty sure that Juliet told Kate that it wouldn't be back for months. Yeah, so I guess it was a a uh, unscheduled uh, arrival. Yeah, because I was remember I I was thinking that during the season, I was like, because she has that line about the the sub not being back for like six months or something, and it's like, uh, huh, okay. <laughs> the scientists move on their own schedule. Yeah, like how long does it take? Good question. And do they well, have to submerge? Because my understanding is that subs don't actually normally go underwater and unless they need to like usually they're up at, at the surface level because it's much faster to travel that way good question well it's funny because like later on i was writing down like a question i was like dharma initiatives can't turn over sawyer and Juliet to the authorities they have no jurisdiction and then like sawyer brings it up like five minutes later and i was like oh okay yeah i mean unless you're just going to execute them on the island like what do you do you just take them back to the mainland and like tell them to fuck off or something like make well, him sign an do, NDA. As I'm pretty sure the sub can't travel to Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. So that was some like it hoth. Let's see the variable. Let me switch to that in the wiki here. So yeah, your equation has a constant. It helps you track the variable. Uh, my two quick notes about this episode while you hope the wiki is Desmond and Penelope's baby looks perpetually drunk to me. I just don't look at babies, so I'll take your word for it. Baby face blindness? Nice. I just, um, I, just well, I don't even want to see it, you know? Okay. I well, pretend if you I do not them. see. If you ignore them, yeah. maybe they won't exist. Um, like also, in Train Spotting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lust for life. Um, Darmaville, is this part of their weird philosophy that the doors don't have peepholes? Because that's fucked. <laughs> Just, just part of how they live, Namaste, man. Lock on the door, I have to open the door, and then, like, what am I just gonna slam it in your face real quick? <laughs> oh, it's fucking Phil. I don't want to talk to him. Sorry, I just counted. I have 10 for this episode. Fuck me. <laughs> I have five. I was so worried I was gonna get chastised for having more than three. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just a lot of pot stuff. Cool, cool, cool. And some of my notes, I really wish <clears throat> I really wish I'd have done a better job of, uh, like, what did you mean when you wrote this down, you know? <laughs> Um, so the first one is when Faraday tells Jack that Eloise was wrong about, uh, like his purpose, you know, mm. Jack's just like, she told me, you know, that I had to come here and do this. And he's just like, she was wrong. I want him to be like, Jack, fucking listen to yourself. <laughs> you sound like John Locke. Take your own hand and just slap yourself across the face, Jack. <laughs> and do it again. Now yeah. do it again. Because I don't think it's sinking in. And then ask yourself, Jack, you're a doctor. Why are you hitting yourself? Uh, so a lot of mine are Faraday stuff as well. So I've got Faraday telling Pierre Chang that the incident will happen in six hours. Six hours. Uh, and that yep. he's from the future. Yep. I'm just making sure that your father does what he's supposed to do. Is this line there. And it's like, when he says that, he says that to Miles. And it's like, so did you know somehow that like by telling Chang this, 
he's going to react. He's not going to believe you, but he's going to react in a way that will accomplish what he's supposed to do. It just makes you wonder, like, can they not do the Lily thing and like make a choice? Yeah. So that Allison Pill can't watch it all later. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, honestly, the, the whole devs program could be like the modern offshoot of the Dharma initiative. Yeah, really. Uh, another not really a moment but just I just feel like somebody needs to call out uh, Daniel Faraday's college hair it's, it's really something yes. it's big yes it's full of time travel secrets also Daniel Faraday he's going to like Oxford or something isn't he yeah he does not have a British accent I just realized that well when we see a little baby Faraday he's I feel like he's got to be being raised in America did Faraday need to be Charles Widmore's like secret kid I don't know. I don't know. It's like what is like Penny or half sister or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember like he shows up in the finale. Yeah. Um, I, I like though that like he like graduated and Oxford's just like, why start a real life? Just work here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another moment kind of here is just the meeting of the survivors. I thought was fun when they're all like gathering together. I think it's at Sawyer's house. Hmm. And then lastly, and then we can finally get to you. Sorry about all these. Um, Faraday apologizing for not remembering who Widmore is. I feel like it's when Widmore comes to meet him. This is the the extra gear I think that Jeremy Davies has that he doesn't use that often. Where it's mm-hmm. like it's like a genuinely emotional kind of like touching moment when he's like he Widmore is meeting him and he's like, he can tell he feels so heartbroken that he's like, I don't remember you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's such a pain for him. I was so dubious about his casting and became one of my favorite characters in the show. Uh-huh. Uh, he just fits in so nicely. Uh, it's not, I know a lot of people misreported. It's not the JJ Abrams uh, edited issue of wired that he tosses aside for uh-huh. Widmore to sit down there. Um, Number five moment is one you mentioned when when Faraday talks to Pierre Chang and tells me he's from the future, and we get the timetable six hours into the incident. <laughs> uh, this isn't a moment so much as a question. Did Eloise sabotage the experiment that Dan did on Teresa? I wonder if she needed to. Well, because he says he like he tested it on himself first, mm. and like well, something something has gone up. wrong. Well, it's interesting because it, it clearly messed him up. Well, did it or did something else? I mean, I guess you could say maybe him testing on himself also messed him up too. But like it, Eloise, the way we get her in these next few episodes, she definitely seems like she would do that. She's like, I need to get rid of this Teresa. I'll go like, you know, change a variable on your uh, like uh, science gun or whatever. And it's going to like scramble her brain. This woman would be great in like an Agatha Christie mystery. Yeah. <laughs> she could be evil, Miss Marple. Seriously, yeah. I mean, she uh, she really comes off like a pretty horrible person by the end of the season. And just like a slave to to Time. destiny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like she didn't see the video about only fools being enslaved by it. Um, my number four is the return of Oxford Dan, like you mentioned, having lunch with his mom. Complaining about how rude she was to Teresa. And he's like, she is, Teresa's my girlfriend. And she's like, she is your research assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, 
the big grant from Charles Widmore, and his mother gives him the book, which I guess is his journal, with the inscription that's like, hey, no matter what happens, I love you, kid. Uh-huh. Ice cold. <laughs> Ice fucking cold to know the whole time what's coming for him. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Whenever you qualify something with no matter what happens. <laughs> so my number four, just the concept that like I somehow didn't get until now that like the island healed Daniel. We know the island heals people, but it wasn't until this that you realize, like, oh, that's probably why he's like a little more lucid on the island, and he's like got it, got it together more because the island healed him. Yeah, it's well because it's not super clear is the problem. I know one of the episodes we skipped over, he and uh, Charlotte were playing like the memory game yeah, last yeah. season, mm. but it's like, how much does she know about him? To play that with him or test it. I mean, is that when he like fell in love with her? But is that why he fell in love with her? Because she would play like card games with him? Maybe. Um, uh, My number three moment is the living room love quadrangle drama over contacting Faraday's mother. You got Jack versus Sawyer. You got Jack and Kate. You're at the first of like 18 times that Juliet will then turn against (laughs) Sawyer's wishes. Real quick, just on your last point, are you gonna tell me you're not gonna fall in love with somebody who wants to play cards with you right now? Oh, I, I will fall. I've fallen in love for a lot less, my friend. Yeah, but yeah, the, Juliet and her one million, uh, very much. I feel like driven by the writers more than Juliet's character. Uh, mm. You know, switches back and forth of what she wants to do. I mean, like, let me put this way: number two. Young woman wants to play cards with me. Yes, I'm quite smitten with that. Number one, maybe she's like a spunky British sprite in like army gear who points a gun at me. <laughs> I don't know. Might be your mother from the past. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, we've all Marty McFly at some point. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? My number three is when Juliet tells Kate the fence code. As you mentioned, one of her many uh, abrupt changes where... She's on Sawyer's side, but then she's not. I kind of buy some of these, but by the time we get to the incident, it really feels like this is just the writers just doing whatever they want with her, you know? Yeah. Well, I love it. Finally, in the incident, Sawyer's like, all right, I got a question. What the fuck is your deal yeah. all of a sudden? But I love that, like, for most of these, he's clearly doing the thing for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, you could obviously say, like, yes, there's times when it's like maybe he's looking at Kate and not with Juliet. But I think some of these, like, it's generally how he feels. It's usually putting her first. He never questions her except for the last one. He always uh-huh. is just like, that's my lady. That's what she wants. All right. Um, number two, by the creek on the way to the others, Jack lays out the end game for the season that they are the variables. And he'll put uh, – or Faraday does it. Yeah. I'm sorry. And he'll put the Jack's head that could essentially undo the events of the entire TV show, Mm -hmm. which to me was such a crazy meta idea. And it seems like they kind of follow through on it in the next season, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's see. My number two is just when Faraday goes and talks to Charlotte, as as foretold, and she has a line. It's something like, I'm not supposed to have chocolate after dinner. Uh, That was the, the same as the last thing she said before she died. I like that little callback there. Yeah. Um, also baby Charlotte is way more tan than later Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my number one of course is middle-aged Eloise shoots Daniel Faraday and it all clicks for him in that last moment. You knew, 
You always knew, and you sent me here anyway. I'm your son. Also, it doesn't seem like middle-aged Eloise's voice is dubbed. I didn't notice it. I mean, it could have been eighty yard or something. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's rough, Dan. R.I.P. Although I gotta say, you could have had a better plan than like charging into the other's camp with a gun, like taking yeah. somebody hostage. You know, like Richard Alper, I feel like he's shown that he's a reasonable dude. He's not mm-hmm. going to immediately shoot you or anything. And he's willing to entertain like crazy stuff. He had to tell him because, you know, he's he's immortal. He knows shit gets a little weird around here sometimes. So like you didn't really need to go in with your gun out uh, just asking to get shot by somebody. No, the guns are totally a dumb idea. Yeah. Um, just the the idea that he would show up in a Dharma jumpsuit unarmed is more audacious and he has to be like, just blah, 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 jughead. Mm-hmm. He's going to get the audience he wants. Just like, Richard, do you remember me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my question from this episode is, if Desmond's travel from England to L.A. was super fast, then how did Daniel Faraday see the photo of the new recruits from a few days ago in Ann Arbor, Michigan, yeah. and then get on the sub and get to the island already? <laughs> Seriously, do they like fax that thing back or something? Do they have that in 1977? When did the fax machine? That's a good question. When did the fax? When when were we transmuting facsimiles? When was the fax machine invented? I think it was famously Paul Krugman predicted that the internet would uh, not be any more impactful than the fax machine. It's one of his L's. Uh, 1943, huh? Okay. Okay. Or I'm sorry, 1843. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Okay, I was going to say. That's what so the internet like, says. I don't know about that, but uh, I mean, I guess technically it's just transmitting. Hold on, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I say, like, is FDR just like uh, secretary? Fax Adolf, another picture of my balls. I, mean, I guess a wire transmission was invented then. No, according to the fucking Wikipedia, it was patented in 1843. So I mean, I get that there's a telegraph, but you're talking about an image, like a scanning telegraph. I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe the fax machine was first envisioned in, in 1843. <sighs> okay, no, it says the first commercial telefax service between Paris and Lyon is in 1865. Huh. Now I have more questions. I know. <laughs> Who fucking knew? Well, join us next week when we have a uh, fax expert on the podcast who we won't ask any questions about faxes. We'll just ask them about Lost Season 6. That's so completely like scrambled my mind that I can't remember the other uh, thing I had for Faraday. Oh, well. Uh, my last moment is just when Jack shoots the barrel full of fuel and it blows up. It's a very video game. Jack yeah. is just like ready to like let some lead fly here in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, he wants to finally do something. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't gone insane for like a whole three days. He needs to get a wet. Matthew Fox. Yeah, well, yeah, metaphorically. That too, he needs, yeah. He's, he's already done some shooting of Kate before they left. Now he's doing some real shooting. Um, it's weird to see because Matthew Fox, Jack, earlier in the show, the previous seasons, he does that thing whenever he gets pushback where he like looks away from somebody, like he's gathering up his strength to respond to them. But he's doing that in this season. And he's still got a little bit of that, like laid back, I'm stoned energy. <laughs> yeah, Jack. Uh, Jack has a weird vibe through this whole season for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this episode ends with Faraday getting shot by his own mother. Ouch. Next Hot. next episode, five fifteen. Follow the leader. I mean, I guess 
don't know. If you were shot by younger Eloise, does that make it go down easier? I feel like it does. You mean when you click on the insane tab on Pornhub? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Let's follow the leader. I have eight. Let's just say real quick, uh, this episode takes place entirely on the island with no real flashbacks, just two different time periods. And your boy Fusco's in this one. He is. Yeah, Kevin Chapman shows up. He's in the next two as well. Yeah, it's weird to six. see him. All right, so let's see. One of my moments here is uh, when Jack is saying, what if this is our one chance to set things right? And he's like talking to Kate as uh, mm-hmm. Faraday's like gone off to talk to the others. And we just hear a gunshot. <laughs> what if this is our one chance to set things right? well fuck that doesn't bode well mm-hmm. uh, and then just another just brutal exchange in the ballad of Jack and Kate when Kate is saying because Jack wants to like reset the timeline basically so they never met and Kate says it was not all misery and Jack says enough of it was ouch I mean it's all in Jack's head I mean this is all just because of his like Aaron issues right where like he yeah. like flipped out about being a dad well, to Aaron and like lost his shit. Well, it, it, it's all because of Jack's failings. It's like Jack can't live of seeing himself oh, we didn't, as a failure. We didn't do that episode, but it was like Jack and Kate from season four. They were together in one of the flash forwards and he was living there and like he just like couldn't handle something. It's like he like it's, he ran into somebody who like said something to him and he like flipped out. Yeah. It's Aaron. It's the fact that she's doing things for Sawyer and not telling him about yeah, yeah. it. Uh-huh. And it's 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 daddy issues. But it's like it's like Jack realizing that this like facade of like the guy who's got his shit together and like showing his dad that he he does have what it takes and not being true. It's like he can't live with that image of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Sawyer says, she's right over there, man. Come on. You'd like to think that after all the shit they went through on the island, he would have. I don't know been able to, to make some breakthroughs there but i guess not but again it's it's you know people handle stress differently i think sawyer's the kind of guy that falls apart immediately and then gets himself together yeah jack is the kind of guy that falls apart over time and worse <laughs> like blow up time worse mm-hmm. so what's your seven uh, no, that was it the it's not all misery thing yeah <laughs> is this the one too where middle age ellie is just like is he right and Kate's like, well, he thinks he is. <laughs> uh, my number six is when New Locke shows up at the Others Camp 2007, just flaunting all that confidence that he is suddenly filthy with. Um, Richard's like, yeah, I saw the 1977 folks die. Um, and then, like, attach that when he's going to go on this errand with Richard, and he invites Ben along for the errand. And Ben's like, are you afraid I'll stage a coup if I stay behind? And Locke's like, I'm not afraid of anything you could do anymore, Ben. And Ben's just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Flock, I guess, as we can call him. He's got some swagger for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so my number six is when uh, Pure Chang is questioning Hurley uh, about his age. <laughs> it's that, that whole, I, I should really go find the dialogue because it's fucking hilarious. But at one point. Uh, Chang is just like, so you fought in the oh, Korean so War? <laughs> so you fought in the Korean War? And Hurley's like, there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's like uh, a quick shot of uh, Jin there just being like, oof. That is my number five moment, too. It's fantastic. Just when he mentions, like, he makes up the year he's born. He's like, oh, so you're 46? 
Also, just in general, this this scene is hilarious, but you have to appreciate that this is a scene featuring four non-white actors on a network TV show. It's excellent, yeah. It also it it reminded me of the uh it's a uh, Jenna from 30 Rock. Do you remember that scene where she's like got all these like uh like things memorized for the age that she's claiming to be? Oh, nice. I can't, I can't no. It's like I I think it's uh Jack Donahue questioning her. But he's like, he's just like rapid fire. Like, what was your favorite song in high school? Or like all these like, like little things like to like kind of catch her and lie about her age. And like, she's got them all memorized perfectly. Let me say this about 30 Rock, because I started to do a rewatch like a year ago and I, I fell away because the first season's rough. Um, but whoever does like the clips, the supercuts for the mm. official 30 Rock, like YouTube page, because I've gone down a lot of YouTube rabbit holes. They are fucking on point. Like there is all kinds of crazy supercuts, including all the references to Jenna's arch nemesis, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, they had like a crazy continuity on that show. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw the end of it. I mean, I remember watching it for most of the time that it was on, but I think I like didn't watch the last season. Um, I did. I want to say the last episode was fine, but not memorable. The moment that I remember from the last season, the two moments I remember are when, when Jenna, Pete and Kelsey Grammer start a gang to grift people, uh, which is hilarious. Like I won't, I won't spell it out further. And then one where I think it's Jack meets himself from the future and maybe another version of himself. Mm. And they're going to have, going to have a three way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's why I love time travel, baby. <laughs> oh yeah one, one of the questions that he that jack asked for jenna is about like a movie to drive in and she like hesitates and then she's like what's a drive-in <laughs> <laughs> all right let's see where we at here um okay so your five i think it's my five because yeah. you, you did you did your six right i did my five you did your five well, I don't know. I'll just read one off and we'll see where, what happens. Uh, when sure. Pierre Chang says, let's hope he knows what he's doing. And then it cuts to a dead Faraday. <laughs> it's just like one of the few like humor cuts that the show does. They don't normally do those, but it's a pretty much like cut from Chang saying, let's hope he knows. He's talking about Faraday. Well, let's hope he knows what he's doing. And it's just like dead Faraday staring up lifeless. That doesn't bode well. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Sawyer and Juliet get in the submarine and he takes one last look back at the island and says, good riddance. <laughs> uh, so next one I have, and if I was ranking these, this would be my, my number one. Uh, it's when Locke takes Richard to go heal his earlier self in time there. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I, I think like I hadn't, I, I, when I was watching this, you know, recently I'd, I'd forgotten that they followed up on that. Because, like, for Richard mm-hmm. to walk out of the jungle and just be like, Locke, I'm here to heal you. You're just kind of like, yeah, it's Richard Alpera. That checks out. You know, like, you don't question that much at the in the moment. But, like, mm-hmm. when they come full circle and it's like, oh, this is exactly why Richard does what he does. And, you know, he's he's got a lot of questions about what's going on himself, but he doesn't have any time to ask them. Like, I don't know. It's like a sublime moment for me. What also is what's great about what works for the fake Locke is that You've got Ben, you've got Richard, who were two guys who are used to like knowing it. And he just has to put them on the back foot and give them some razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's the chosen one. <laughs> um, and number three is um, 
that exact moment you mentioned, Richard and Ben in the jungle. Um, and he's just like, well, listen up, Richard. You only got a few minutes to get this right. And he like gives him a pack that he'll use. I can't remember if he gives him. I think he the gives compass. him the compass there. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard yeah. will then give it to Locke. Yeah. So it's like that compass has no beginning and no end. <laughs> um, oh, this is useful. One of my notes just says, fuck yes, Saeed. I think that's when he shows up and shoots one of the others. Because <laughs> it's like we hadn't seen Saeed like three episodes, it felt like, or something. And he kind of maybe like had like lost track of like what he was doing in the narrative. And mm-hmm. it's just like, ba-boom, there he is. Fuck yeah, yeah Saeed. Oh, you've just forgotten about him. And it's like it's a perfect reemergence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number two. And again, I shouldn't like the storyline as much as I do. But Sawyer and Julia are on the sub. They've been exiled from the island. They're reaffirming their love for each other, how they're going to make this work. And then again, that bad penny, Kate Austin, returns. And Juliet's like, oh, this fucking bitch. <laughs> um, because even though she's been with Sawyer for years now in a real relationship, Kate has turned Juliet into the other woman. Uh-huh. My number two is going to be when they're swimming into the underground tunnels with Richard Alpert. It's such mm. a, it's this cool like adventure moment, you know, or like there's secret tunnels under the island that they have to swim to, like under mm. a waterfall. It's just really cool. Also, the actress playing middle aged Ellie is, was really pregnant at the time. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if she was as pregnant as this Ellie is, but <laughs> she was really pregnant. Um, my number one moment in Eloise's tent, Jack, who is bloody as fuck, tells Kate that he drank the time bomb Kool-Aid. He's ready to blow up their entire timeline to wipe away all that misery. And she's like, it was not all misery. And he's like, come on. Enough of it was. It's a moment you mentioned, but yeah. still, holy shit. Jack is like, he's just that low in life. Well, like earlier when when they're on the plane and Kate's just like, we're all here. We're not together. If you're yeah. jacked in, you're like, ooh, bad sign you know like that is a red flag i mean kate and nobody else are responsible for jack's mental health but essentially he's on another bridge yeah but i mean like looking to jump off i understand when you get that from kate you're just like ouch i read this the wrong way but then later when kate's like it's not all it wasn't all that bad are Mm -hmm. you are you just so wounded from before that you're just like yeah it was yeah again i think it's it's He's got this like locked away self-effacing logic that it's to me, it's not too different from like being suicidal where he's just like trying to come up with like this kind of dark hope. I mean, I think he he essentially spells it out with uh, Sawyer in the next episode that like he thinks he's screwed it up with Kate irreversibly. So, yeah, fuck everything. Like basically fuck this. Fuck this entire timeline of existence. Mm. but i mean everything that he's saying all of his little stuff it's like jack doesn't really care he's just like using it to to reaffirm his logic like this whole thing of, with claire and aaron yeah you know maybe maybe who knows what she'll do when she lands in la it'll be her choice anyway it's like jack doesn't really yeah, give he, a shit. he doesn't give a shit yeah uh my last little moment here is just when Locke wants all the others to meet jacob since none of them ever have i feel like we definitely learned some things there um i believe this is when ben finally admits that he never met jacob right yeah. Uh-huh. Um, LOL, they managed to end this episode with the others marching out this time. Yeah. We get to bring back some more of that marching music. <laughs> um, so my question from this episode is, 
if they buried Daniel Faraday's body here in 1977, mm-hmm. couldn't 2004 miles eventually run into his spirit? In theory, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> and he's just like, listen, Miles, don't fucking do any of the stuff you're about to do. <laughs> Miles, when you see me, I need you to tell me not to run into the other's camp with a gun like a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, shoot me in the foot if I even suggest it. <laughs> All right. And then I believe we are at the incident part one. Yes. Uh, so we can go into a little bit more detail about this episode and the next one. Cause eh, it's only been like about two and a half hours. I just remember the thing where you see the episode titles ahead of time uh-huh. and it was like, Oh shit. The last episodes are called the incident. So do we want to, I've got moments for these two as well. Do you want to do those and then like go through the episode? I've got as part one and part two. So I'd have yeah. to do some scrolling, but I, I guess we could, we can just do one and then come back for part two. Okay. I have four moments for part one. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Go ahead. I mean, some of these might be more notes and moments, but yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, obviously the, the intro to this episode, specifically the line where Jacob says it only ends once anything that happens before that is just progress. And the man of black says, do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? It's such an inscrutable, mysterious conversation that they're having. Yeah. I wonder if anybody ships those two guys together. I'm sure there's somebody. It's the internet. Because they got a weird energy of each other. Well, they're supposed to be brothers, right? Well, like adopted brothers. Are they adopted? Yeah. You know, I only watched that episode once because no. I just didn't like it. I think they might actually be biological brothers. I think they are. Yeah. And then they both would have, you know, they were, their fate was decided because, um, CJ Craig wrapped them one in a white blanket, one in a black blanket. I guess we should watch that episode again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched it only a single time because I was just like, eh. Yeah. All right. But anyway, that was one of mine. Um, Saeed, just the fact that Saeed dismantles a giant nuclear warhead and converts it into a backpack bomb in like an hour, seemingly. With notes from Faraday's journal. You know, I was wondering how Faraday would have notes in his journal about how to dismantle an atomic bomb. What if Eloise put them there? Because she oh, would know, right? Well, the question is, so this is the same journal that he had in 2004 that traveled back in time with him that he's been working on for three years in Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. So I, I, I kind of wonder if if he came up with them since their adventures earlier this season. Otherwise, I, I mean, I suppose yes. that's possible, but I could also see because Eloise is here to witness what Saeed is doing. She could yeah. know to put that them in there in the future. Yeah, I like a good paradox. <laughs> She's just bringing them up randomly into his like homeschool lessons. Yeah. Well, because at a certain point he loses his memory. And so seemingly he doesn't know what's in that journal entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, just a big LOL when uh, Richard says that uh, Locke never seemed particularly special to him. <laughs> in your fucking face, Locke. Uh he had a lot of chances. Uh-huh. And the 
just when Jack just starts blasting away after Saeed gets shot. <laughs> Jack's just I unloading. In the past, you've had a great screen cap of him shooting the gun there. I remember that, having a Jack is the bomb, which I'm pretty sure no, if you... It was Jack has a bomb. Jack, if you search Jack has a bomb right now, I wonder if we're still number one here. Let's see. Going to go to images. Oh, we're not number one anymore. I'm bummed out. I guess people haven't been Googling Jack as a bomb in a long time. This is the real crime of the internet. I, I don't see it at all. Oh, I wonder if it's because it's not there anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah, that might be it. It's, that might be it. It might have taken down that site. Oh, well. Anyway, oh. yeah, Jack just, he's blasting away. Jack is, he's regaining his manic insanity in these episodes because he has a mm-hmm. mission, which is mm-hmm. insane. He's literally and, running around with a nuclear bomb strapped to his back. And has a gun. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing, too. It's not even just that Jack has a, a real purpose. It's that the purpose is absolutely bananas. Mm-hmm. And then you said you had four? Yep. Okay, so my last one here is just, when Juliet is looking back at that sub going underwater when they're on the life raft, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, Is you could feel it both as her, the character, and, and as like her, the actor, thinking what might have been. <laughs> yeah. The fact that in the visual language of this show, they use a submerging submarine to say, there goes my happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> um. My number four moment is Jacob shows up at Sun and Jin's wedding and Sun asks who that was. And Jin says, I don't know, but his Korean was excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe Daniel Day Kim uh, famously like did not speak Korean. And so he's like saying it by, uh, by like phonetic uh, phonetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Rose and Bernard showing up and Rose just like, Oh hell no. And Bernard's just like, ah, oh, shit, they found us. Uh, that's my number three. Them not being happy to see Sawyer, Kate, and Juliet. In case it's like, Jack has a bomb. And Rose's like, who cares? In case, like, excuse me? And Rose is like, it's always something with you people. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, we've been hiding from you for three years. You might have noticed. You, you thought we got lost in the woods? No, we didn't. Here's what Here's what gets me about... Well, I mean, really, it's this is a bigger failing of the others because I think they are on their shit. But this is the how fucking weak the Darwin Initiative is. These two are not stealth, but they've clearly been stealing supplies from the Dharma Initiative. Uh-huh. Well, These I wonder, two and their dog. Do the others know about them? Yeah, well, I mean, I think they would They would do something about it, wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know. I could see Richard Alpera just being like, you know what? Leave him alone. Mm, maybe. They're not anywhere near our operation. Just let them be. I do have to wonder if Eloise and Charles are more interested in their lover spat and like Richard is secretly running the organization during their tenure. I mean, the, the command structure of the others is it, it's something for sure. Well, yeah, it just doesn't seem for this mystical super organization, like this tribal, bizarre, native, hostile thing, it doesn't seem healthy to have Bill and Hillary running it together. Definitely right? not. But but then you also have Richard there who's like, if he gets a command from Jacob, he will just execute it independent of them, whether or not they want to. Yeah. He's, the, he's there to help them with their leadership, but like he will also do his own stuff 
if the command comes down from on high. Well, and that's the problem too. Is like it, you can't. It's honestly, it's the power structure. If you remember at the end of the office, where Dwight becomes the boss. Yeah, you know, I never. Jim becomes. I didn't watch like the last few seasons of that show. So Dwight becomes the boss. Jim becomes the assistant regional manager, and then Jim installs Dwight as his assistant to the assistant regional manager. Okay. And so it's basically like that, where it's like. Jacob is there to advise the leader, but he also, or Richard, Richard's there yeah. to advise, advise the leader, but he's also there to give them the orders from Jacob. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? <laughs> but I, I just feel like if Richard is like, listen, you guys are the leaders. You give me the orders and I'll send them out to the people. All right, troops, you bring me whatever you want to bring to the leaders and I will basically run this thing secretly. Well, speaking of uh, the giving and taking of orders there, with all the the jumping around in time, it's almost like Locke was never supposed to be the leader. It was just kind of like a fluke yeah. of time travel that he like incepted yeah. Richard with this idea that he was special, even when Richard's like, I don't know, man, he, he keeps saying so. Well, and a little bit, he incepted Ben as well. Yeah. And the man in black was there to push things along by allowing certain things to happen to Locke that would make him seem special. Honestly, it's the man in black is incepting everybody. Yeah, yeah. And just like using like like Richard, Ben, and Locke as his tool. Um, did you do your three? No, not so much a moment, just a question. I, I think this was a question at the time too. Is Juliet pregnant? Whoa. Because there's a there's a moment when there's when they're meeting Rose and Bernard, and Rose asks Juliet if she'd like to space save for some tea. And Juliet mm-hmm. touches her stomach, which is the universal language of television and movies for, for a woman is pregnant. And then she's like, no thank you and leaves but like I, I it's like is that could this be somehow driving juliet's decision if, if juliet knows she's pregnant is this why she's doing things that would otherwise seem out of character i have to wonder though can you blame hormones on i'm not, I'm not, signing I'm not up saying for like hormones i don't eradicate mean, time i don't mean hormones i mean more like she realizes that she has like a baby to look out for as well so that would change her decision making from what it normally would be, you know. I would I would think honestly that if if she was pregnant, she would stay in that sub. You would think, yeah. Yeah. That's true though. She did touch her stomach. We all that know is, what that, that means. Is, uh, yeah. That's that's unimpeachable. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. You're oh, number two. My number my number two is of course the opening. Um imagine being so quarantine bored that you start looming your own shitty blanket. Seemingly takes them a very long time, yeah. Yeah, so we see the Black Rock, we see the statue of Tarat. I mean, like, holy fuck. We get the introduction of Titus Welliver, who is Bosch, the show that all your grandparents watch. <laughs> we get Mark Pellegrino and his dead-eyed stare. Um, who's you know, he's what a what a pedigree. He's in Big Lebowski. <laughs> yes, he's, he is. <laughs> I, I think he's which the last time I rewatched that, the detail that I don't think I noticed before is when him and Wu first show up you see them mm-hmm. the next time you see them they have changed they've switched outfits oh really interesting yeah they're wearing each other's clothes in the previous scene um also i think he's a big deal on supernatural which is not for me that show always struck me as like the red state version of a show that i would actually watch like red state buffy yeah yeah like walking uh, dead is like like red state uh game of thrones yeah a little bit but uh, I don't know. Mark Pellegrino, I've always kind of wondered, 
What was their thinking on Jacob that led them to casting this guy? Was he on Dexter? Wasn't he like the deadbeat husband on Dexter? Or am I thinking of someone else? You could convince me that anybody was on Dexter. <laughs> I have to look that up. Yeah. Oh, and the casting of Doug Hutchinson, too, as Horace. Speaking Oof, of. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like. I feel like Doug Hutchinson and Brad Dourif were competing for every role. <laughs> Now, Brad Dourif in that role, I don't know. Maybe that would have made more sense. <laughs> oh, he was in Far Cry 5. Okay, he was the voice of the bad guy. That makes sense. Hmm. He was briefly on Person of Interest for one episode. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I might have seen that, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of someone else or Dexter. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. My last moment here. Actually, I have two moments. Sorry. Uh, when Sun finds Charlie's drive shaft ring, it was just like satisfying <laughs> to me. It's like somebody finally found that. <laughs> it's been bothering me for three seasons. Wouldn't it be great if she just like chucked it over her shoulder? She's like, yeah, oh, fuck this. Oh no, he is on Dexter. Okay, sorry, I was right. Mm. Yeah, he's he was um, uh, what's that that actress's name? Julie Benz is uh, like Darla. Darla, yeah, her husband, who Dexter, I think, eventually kills. Or at least Doesn't he, he end up with Julie Benz? Yeah, I think he maybe frames him and sends him back to jail at some point. He might just end up murdering him at some point. So real life Dexter ends up dating the actress who plays his sister, right? Um, I'm trying to parse that sentence. The the, the guy the guy who plays, who plays Dexter. Dexter in real life was married for a time to the actress who plays his sister. Hot. Yeah. And then he got cancer and they got divorced. Uh, well, but oh, the, he, the old, the old Lance and uh, Cheryl. Yeah. But uh, he recovered. So that's good. And then showed up in a game night. Which one? The only game night. No, we, which actor um, are we talking about? Uh, the, the guy, not, not Jennifer Carpenter, but uh, Dexter oh. himself. Was he the villain? That's right. He was the yeah. villain. Mm-hmm. Game night. Was Michael good. Hall. Um, yeah. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Um, okay. My number one, I just like at the end, we've got Sawyer, Juliet, and Kate standing off, blocking the Dharma of Ann Carey and Jack, Hurley, Miles, Jin, and the Wounded Side. It's like a fucking Western. Mm-hmm. Um, close to that moment is my other one, which is, uh, Said is like, he's been shot. He's just like kind of lying there. He's particularly deranged. And he's just like, you can't stop the bleeding. And it's almost like he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that is all of my moments. You want to just kind of want to run through the episode real quick here? Yeah, yeah. We start off with a flashback to little Kate shoplifting a new kids in the block lunchbox. Oh, no, no, not quite yet. We start off with the, uh, the 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 man in black and the man in white here, Jacob, and um, mm-hmm. I believe this character isn't his name actually Samuel, although it's like never said. I believe that's what it said in the script. Yeah, yeah. And there's a boat out there, and they have their weird conversation, like Jacob brought this these people here somehow um these two are weird they have a an odd vibe but i mean i I remember watching this scene over and over and over again like like looking for that hidden clue to parse like what they're talking about and what's going on it's so just wild that it's at the start of the episode like like it's just hovering over you the whole time. I, and then you get the flashbacks of Jacob in present or 
you know, more present day. Yeah. I could have almost and, seen this like at the beginning of the season. I mean, they probably hadn't cast these characters yet, but like it, it wouldn't have necessarily felt more out of place, you know? I kind of wonder if if they were like, look, we are doing full on time travel. We should probably tease that. Yeah. So people know it's coming. Well, the the uh, statue here, the the big tar statue, holding the onk symbols, which is like the symbol for death, is it not? I think it's like death and rebirth. Yeah, which it really makes the island feel mystical, and like it's a, I don't know, some sort of special plate, more more special than just electromagnetic uh, anomalies. You know, like mm-hmm. there's something magical about it. I I find it fascinating with what we'll get in across the sea, where it's like. People have been coming to this island for a lot longer than we realize. Uh-huh. And a lot of their contributions and their whatever, their drama is completely lost to time. And at the same time, people are like pushing beliefs on it that don't really have anything to do with the island. Like uh-huh. the Egyptians obviously thought they had they knew something about this island, yeah. which is probably not the case. I mean, my pre-recollections before we get into next season is that I feel like Abiturno did more to help set up the Jacob and man in black storyline for me than across the sea. Yeah. That was my recollection as well. Also, according to the wiki, this is 1867. I don't know how they would know that the black rock. Is that the black rock that's out there? I think that's what we're saying. Just, to, I thought, just rather than like confuse it with another ship. Wasn't Richard on the black rock. Yeah. Richard's on the black rock. So that, so that, so somehow a storm will come in and we'll drive that boat into the statue. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, is it I'm just sure, like, like chilling out there till the storm comes. I don't know. I mean, time is weird, but yeah. I, I'm sure. Well, like kind of like the helicopter, like went through a storm and then suddenly it was like daytime. Uh-huh. Like I, I, because I mean, that's my other question about the sub is the the, the Dharma Initiative actually know proper headings to leave the island? Is they the, must? Is the sedative a loophole around like having time fuck up your head? It could be, yeah, and also. It, they're they're using the lamppost at some point to find the island. That's how the Dharma Initiative found mm-hmm. it. So that must also tell them like what heading to go on to properly uh, visit it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think there's probably been like hundreds of ships that have crashed on the island. But like, well, they got to replenish not, the others. Yeah, but they're not like wanting to confuse you in the finale before the I last guess. season. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and then we have the Kate flashback. All the flashbacks in these uh, episodes are. Jacob meeting various, you know, characters and he always touches them. Except for one. Who does he not touch? Juliet. Does he? Okay. That's right. Yeah. He's not even in her flashback. Yeah. You, know, you, you like, I think it was at Juliet's flashback where I was like, oh shit. Cause I, I'm Bye-bye. always like <laughs> horny for the structure that they're going for. And I was mm. just like, oh, that's not, that's not well for my, 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 my girl. Uh, but yeah, I love you got her little buddy who died. You got the plane that they were obsessed with. This guy's really obsessed with that stupid plane. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's just like a Hot Wheels, basically. Um, the actress yeah. that they got for young Kate is pretty good as a young Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. I love that he taps her little freckled nose. Mm-hmm. Well, and just the condescension of, you're not going to steal anymore, are you, Kate? And she's like, hey. Is this guy really going to call the cops over a lunchbox? I mean, come on. <sighs> we're in the middle where do we say we are like we're in the middle of like bumfuck america i don't know maybe he is i can't believe the kids on the block lunchbox i couldn't believe that he knew 
Yeah, I don't know. Kids aren't as clever as they think they are, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Kate gets caught shoplifting, but then uh, Jacob, or I don't know, do we know at the beginning of this episode this guy's Jacob? I guess we can we can guess. We can he says He says Jacob. He does? Okay. Yeah, that's the one name we get. So that's the other thing, too, is you're watching this episode, and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> it's Jacob. Yeah, so Jacob intervenes and pays for the lunchbox. So Kate won't get in trouble and then a little boop on the nose. Yeah. Like she's a cat. And then we're back to the uh, sub. Yeah. Where everyone's does, like drinking their Kool-Aid sedative. Does the crew take sedatives as well? Do they put it on autopilot for a while? I would assume at least one person has to be awake. Well, then it's like, what, what is this thing doing to people? Like, why do you need to be on sedatives the entire time? I, I personally, I almost took that as a, a metaphorical equivalent of putting a bag over somebody's head. Just so they won't know exactly how they got there. I want to say that we've heard elsewhere that the ride can be pretty rough. I th- yeah, I think there was something about that in the Juliet episode, yeah. And that's when she gulps down her sedatives. Yeah. Um, like a fucking champ. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, we definitely see the captain not taking his sedatives. Also, i got a lot of questions. So the non-essential people, which kind of had weird uh, shades of what's going on now. The non-essential people are evacuated the sub. Mm-hmm. which I kept thinking, how many of those people can you fit on the sub? But then like later in this episode, we will see, or, or in the last episode, we will see tons of people still in Dharmaville. There's still a lot of people in Dharmaville, but they still did put a seemingly, a fair, like how big is the sub? Like, are we just seeing like the top layer of it? And it's actually like this massive submarine underneath, you know? Yeah. Because I uh, want to say that the one that we get in season six like you couldn't comfortably fit more than like a dozen people in it. Well, season six, you mean the Charles Woodmore sub? Yeah. That's like a oh, yeah, smaller yeah. sub, right? I think we're really inside that one for at least one episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, this is a little convo between Kate and Juliet and Sawyer here where Kate's just like, Jack has a bomb. We have to stop him. And Sawyer's just like, look, we don't give a shit. We're just, we're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, Juliet's my girl, and we're getting the fuck out of here. Sorry. Yeah. You ruined it by showing up. Yeah. Three's company. Mm-hmm. Um, so under Dharmaville, get Saeed. Like he's, again, he's video game, like flip through Faraday's journal. Now he's an expert on the mission. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention the, they established that there's tunnels underneath mm-hmm. the island, seemingly going everywhere. Like, is this how the, the others get around when they need to? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that in this one because it was funny to me the idea that Richard Alper dives under a waterfall, mm. swims through a tunnel, comes out in this thing, waits an hour to dry off completely, lights up a torch, stomps into the mm-hmm. Otherton or Dharmaville, and like slams that torch into the ground earlier. Because like his whole like thing about like that fence won't keep us out. I took to mean like we have our other ways in like yeah. these tunnels. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, I just saw earlier when she's just like, we did bury it just like we said we would. And then some idiots built a village upon it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so, so Saeed's busy like getting to work on this uh, nuclear bomb. Richard doesn't like this idea, but I think this is where Ellie is basically just like, no, this is this. We need to do this. All like she has faith after running into Faraday and killing him, I guess. <laughs> well, and recognizing her handwriting yeah. and blah blah blah. But like, uh, where did Said get the special gloves? Maybe they were just there. 
where they also in the journal just folded up really neatly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think we see Alana and Bram, 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 whatever. They show Frank Lapidus, what's in the box? Oh, before that, there's a shot of like Rudzinski shows up at the Swan site and it's just like, why'd you stop drilling? And Pierre Chang is just like, it's going to melt the drill. And he's like, that's what we brought water for. I'm in charge here now. Keep drilling. Ah! Just crazy, crazy bald man energy here. <laughs> bald with a beard. Yeah. Also, we didn't talk about this. I liked that a couple episodes ago. Rudzinski is like, you know what? Time for me to get more villainous. I'm putting on a black Dharma jumpsuit. It's my do- doing dirt jumpsuit. Well, just the hairdo where it's like he's clearly going bald on top, but he still has like the shaggy 70s mane at the same yeah. time, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's got to be like the trick to casting some of the actors. Because like there's the guy who I have I know I've seen in other things too, but in Lafleur, the guy we see dancing with Ruby to uh, Geronimo Jackson, he looks 70s. Phil doesn't look 70s. Phil does not look 70s at all, yeah. Miles doesn't look 70s. Um, Sawyer looks 70s when he like lets his hair down and he's like carrying that fucking flower. <laughs> yeah. to see uh, so then back uh, 30 years later, we've got uh, the the classic look, uh, Lost Journey music as Locke and Richard Alper are leading the others uh, across the... It's like the part of the island is just like a like bunch of sandstone, basically, like in the beach there. Yeah. Like tight yeah. pools. Yeah, they're, they're like not going inland at all. They're just like going along the beach. <laughs> and I think this is where Ben Linus tells Son that uh, he was faking the whole Jacob situation. Mm. And then sure Son says something like, can you take me to Jen? Yeah, that's all she says. She's, a, she's an NPC this entire season. Yeah. <laughs> And Richard is clearly uh, uncomfortable about, you know, Locke bringing everyone to see Jacob. And it's like he can't really pull rank necessarily here, mm-hmm. but you can tell he doesn't like the situation. I like that, like, Ben wants to get credit with Richard, you know, when he's like they're talking, when they're moments, and he's just like, why do you think I tried to kill him? Yeah. Yeah. When Richard's just like, and it seems like he could be a problem. <laughs> Richard's like, wow. You are a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Richard's it's a lot of like, you know, I'm sure if you'll wait, you know, Jacob will call you or, you know, summon you when, when it's time. And Locke's just like, nope, do it in my way. The question is, has he ever done that? That is a good question indeed, yeah. Like, I just don't... Or is, is, is Richard's instruction always just to say, it's not time yet? <laughs> yeah, I just don't envision that Charles and Eloise spoke to Jacob Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wonder, I mean, what I would do is I would, if I was a leader of the others, I would make sure that nobody knows that Richard is giving me the instructions from Jacob because that just undermines you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, that kind of defeats the man behind the curtain thing. Uh, so, yeah, then you mentioned the Lapita scene where they've uh, kayaked over to the main island. This, what do we call these people? The, uh, I don't know. Like the other others? <laughs> Yeah, Jacob's others. Yeah, um, his like his plan B. It's like Jacob's plan B here. Uh, Lapita sees what's in this crate that they've been hauling around, but we won't find out what it is yet. Um, Which this is like Jacob going against his own like non-involvement pact. Is it? I mean, seemingly, if I remember correctly from Abiturno, the whole point of Richard is Richard's supposed to be the only person that he like gets involved with 
I guess we don't know that yet, though. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, not top tier talent here. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention it, but they have like their weird, like uh, kind of like passphrase, uh, like checkpoint thing they do, or the you know what lies in the sh- shadow of the statue. And I believe the answer is the one who will save us all. Is that right? Yeah. 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 But we don't hear that this season. Well, we do. I think he says it in Latin. In Latin. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I like when they say the prick Lapidus, and he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, Lapidus was awake for that. Um, then we get another flashback. It's uh, Sawyer, little Sawyer. Little Sawyer, his parents' funeral. He sits down to write the his you know legendary letter. Vengeance letter. Yeah, his yeah, vengeance, vengeance letter. letter. His pen stops working, and Jacob shows up to give him a new pen, and also touches him. Like, make sure to like touch his fingers when he hands the pen over. Don't ever hand me a pen that way. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that whenever I hand you anything, I just make sure to like make skin on skin contact and hold it there just for like a half beat. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so then some other guy comes along and like reads the letter. Yeah, and it's like you don't continue writing. So I don't I don't know why the scene needs to go on after that moment, to be honest. It's like, okay, you got the pen, write your letter. I don't know why yeah, we yeah. need this other dude to walk up and be like, You you shouldn't write that letter. You're gonna have to forgive him, or you know. It was like He's going to write the letter. Like, yeah. We know it. Like, what's the point of this? I mean, it goes I on for like another could, minute. Yeah. Even like if he went to therapy, I could see the therapist being like, yeah, go ahead and write this letter. Uh-huh. Don't act upon the letter. Um, well, it comes, it sub, comes to nothing, which is why I'm not sure why that is there. Yeah. On the sub, I wonder if they just thought it was too abrupt about it. Yeah. But on the sub, Sarah makes a big speech to Kate about how they're leaving the island. And then Juliet fucks up Fusco when he's coming to give them the, the sedatives. And locks them and they're going to go back and save people's lives. I like that Sawyer shoots out the radio in the sub. I mean, shooting a gun in a submarine, not great, LaFleur. No, no, wouldn't want to do that. But yeah, one of Juliet's many sudden uh, about faces that she makes here, where suddenly she wants to go stop Jack from resetting the timeline. Is that, I don't know, is, is she concerned about people on the island? Does she not want her, basically her relationship with Sawyer ceases to exist? Is that what she's fighting for? I think it's got to occur to her once Kate shows up. I honestly, I think it's it's partially inspired by fucking Kate showing up on the sub. Well, she which, mentions later, like the look that Sawyer gives Kate. Yeah, yeah, later. But I mean, I feel like they could have done what they do here, or she could have said, "Hey, Fusco, can you do me a favor? Can you lock this one up yeah. in another room? Because <laughs> even though we're going to be passed out, I just don't want to be near her, and I don't want her near him. Can you do me that solid?" <laughs> He's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he just pistol whips all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think on the surface, it's about protecting all of those people from Jack. But yeah, sure. Who the, who the hell knows what's going on? And then we're back underground where Saeed is extracting, I guess, like the main warhead of this thing. I like that Richard goes up to Jack and he's like, John Locke, what's his deal? <laughs> he seemed like he kind of sucked. Are you sure he's special? Yeah. And like shocking the uh, Jack is locked like a ringing endorsement here. Yeah. Yeah. Jack's like, look, I'm on a uh, impeccable winning streak here. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously my word holds incredible sway. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, I mean, you, the whole time this, you're watching this, though, aren't you thinking like 27 years in the future? Isn't Richard being like, well, these fuckers all look familiar. Yeah, really. 
these guys we have in our polar bear cage i'm pretty sure i've seen them before Mm -hmm. i'll Um, just keep it to myself yeah (laughs) jacob didn't tell me to tell anyone that yeah so we see the flashback where we see nadia get killed um i mean i don't know could that make richard somehow like less concerned about them in the future if he's just like knows oh they ultimately die in the past so like i don't really care you know I feel like Richard's whole thing, though, is that he doesn't he's not really a big picture guy. Yeah. I mean, he's really about like, what's the thing I do right now? I mean, he's obviously curious, but like that has a ceiling. He's mostly just taking care of his people, you know? Yeah. To an extent, to an extent. But I mean, again, if you're immortal, what is this person that you've just met really mean to you? Like 20 years from now, they'll be gone. You'll meet somebody else. You know what I mean? Like. It's hard to remember every every little person you meet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even the ones so, you helped to disassemble an atomic bomb with. Yeah. So we we'll get the flashback. We see Nadia get killed. I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen so many screen caps like breaking this moment down where she looks really funny in the moment when she gets hit by the car. So. <laughs> oh, before we get to that, there is a brief uh, conversation between Locke and Ben where Locke's just like, I'm surprised that you didn't tell Richard that I was going to kill um uh, Jacob, because he's he'd reveal that to Ben, um, and Ben's just like, well, that's because I'm supposed to do what you say, and then Locke's just like, oh, by the way, you're going to be the one who kills him, not me. Well, no, it's even better than that. I like that he's like, oh, I'm glad you said that, Ben, so I don't have to convince you. You're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that he he tells him that he makes him sit with it, and then he like tightens the screws a little bit more in their next scene mm-hmm. yeah the the nadia situation happens because jacob has like called uh sawyer back from the crosswalk to ask her a question so i guess they both would have gotten hit by the car like i don't know why they're just walking out in the middle of the street although oh no those the guy was like they're, aiming for them that's right yeah 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 because they're, they're right crossing yeah yeah and he touches saeed as he's like showing him the map or whatever yeah, and then just kapow on poor nadia the timeline with nadia is so strange to me because she was he thought she was dead right like in the, in the early yeah. saeed flashbacks it was like she'd been executed didn't he help her didn't he help her escape did he because he was i think he was going to la on 815 to look for her maybe maybe that's what it was yeah I, yeah maybe he helps her escape at some point i could have sworn there was Which some other why... point where they said that she was dead i, I feel like that happened in one of his flashbacks well, maybe this season or last season. But no, no, I mean like in the early seasons. Like that he thought well, that, say, that she was dead. I was pretty sure that she was still alive even when he like started his relationship with Shannon. Hmm, okay. And I remember thinking like, well, obviously he still has feelings for Nadia, but he doesn't <laughs> know when he's going to get off this island. And, yeah. and Saeed's still got to shoot. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Nadia's dead, though. What gets me about some She's of these like wearing Jacob, spanks, I think. Sorry, go ahead. What gets me is that the uh, some of them are remarkably close to like the present. Like her yeah. is like right before they come back to the island. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to like look for a pattern of what is Jacob doing? Is he just marking them somehow by touching them? I think so, as candidates. But even but even like, then, so, it's like Saeed's already been on the island and off again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like quite possible, I guess, that Saeed wasn't a candidate until this moment, or Hurley wasn't like, somehow wasn't a candidate. Sure, but it's yeah. like Kate, Kate and Sawyer definitely were at a young age. Jack, 
not so much. I mean, it kind of feels like this scene is only here because we've only heard about Nadia getting run over by a car and like maybe they felt the well, need to show it. It's two birds, one stone. Yeah. They're using the Jacob thing and they're also filling out these little moments. Mm-hmm. Like we heard the count to five, you know, story, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, which will get referenced twice, actually, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so so well, Sa- Saeed is like, he's got the bomb ready. He's put it in a backpack and they're off to uh, like through the tunnels to find how to get back into Dharmaville. Uh, Richard breaks open the uh, the stone here that like just goes into like a storage room in Dharmaville. And then he like knocks Ellie on the back of the head. He like pistol whips her and knocks her out. So she can't come with him. And he's just like, I did everything I need to do. Like she, you know, I'm protecting my leader here. She ordered me to help you. I've helped you. Get the fuck out of our sight. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to swim back into that tunnel with a unconscious woman. And then they go upstairs into Dharmaville. Horse's house. Yeah. They have Jack puts the uh, horse thing on. They try to just like kind of walk through. And is it Phil? No, it's Roger who, uh, who, who they run into who like ruins it. Roger's Mm. just like, wait a minute. It's that fucking guy. Yeah. So he's got a gun. He shoots Saeed in the gut. First of all, Jack just starts blasting away. Who gave Roger a gun? Yeah. Seriously, like how drunk do you have to be to be handed a firearm in this? This Also, he's a janitor. How is he essential to staying on the island? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, I like how they're like, listen, the important people are staying behind. We still seem to need someone to clean up our shit. Yeah. Saeed gets gut shot. So Jack just starts blasting away again. He like misses like with five easy shots on Roger, but then like blows some other dude with a rifle away and then like shoots two more guys just for good measure. That guy would have eventually uh, retired, gone off the island and cured cancer. But no, Jack killed him. Also, like how many like clips of ammo does Jack have? Tons. He keeps reloading that gun throughout this episode. <laughs> He's like fully strapped. Which... They got these guns from the motor pool. So yeah. the motor pool was like tooled up. Oh, and then uh, I think this is where Hurley and Jin roll up in uh, mm-hmm. one of the Dharma vans. And you're like, oh, yeah, Jin, where have you been for like four episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have at least mirrored it and have Jin been like, Jack, do you think that this crazy plan of yours will it reunite me with son? <laughs> Jack's just like, man, I don't know. I'm still pretty blitzed from those pills. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like is the case. I feel like Jack does not fully sober up until season six in the flash sideways. Yeah. Well, no, just like the whole, oh, like, yeah, when yeah. he's like marching to the lighthouse and stuff. And he's just like, fuck, how did I get here? Um, yes. Yeah, Sawyer, Kate and Juliet's raft wash up on the beach. There's Vincent. How the fuck did Vincent survive on his own for three years? That's when you get Rose and Bernard. Um, they have a little hut. These, They're stealing food. These from the two have been like having like, just like raw old people sex all over the island. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Positions. They probably like have they, somehow they probably have some sort of like geothermal hot tub rigged up. I feel like I feel like they what was the thing in Gilligan's Island. The professor could do anything with bamboo. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've got like a bamboo sex swing in that hut. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, look, we're old and we don't care. Let's get fucking freaky. <laughs> I like how their Sawyer and Kate take off. They're like, hey, Julia, you want to stick around? She is totally touching her stomach there. I, my cannon, she's pregnant. But like, I feel like they're like, hey, now those assholes are gone. You just want to chill out, you know? 
Oh yeah, you just want some fucking tea? Yeah. Get your feet up? Yeah. Maybe watch us get freaky? Those, those guys are bad news. I don't know if you noticed. We like we do that kind of kissing in front of people where it's like just full tongue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna see I'm gonna check their tonsils real quick. I'm a dentist, by the way. <laughs> so the um, the other others are Well, but hold on, hold oh, on. So Bernard is like, so we die, whatever. We just care about being together. So Juliet, of course, looks at Sawyer. Sawyer low-key glances over at Kate. And Kate's like doing like I don't know what. And I really wanted Juliet to be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> And then, like, Kate kind of, like, puts her hair up in a bun and, like, she's got this smile on her face. Like, I don't know. She's she's back to being Kate, who's got two boyfriends again. Yeah. Time to climb some trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is where we have Alana and Frank, right? Bram? Or, yeah, and Frank, too. Lapitas. Yeah, um, I'm trying not to say the word Bram as much as I can. It's a stupid name. Uh, so they're trekking along here. I can't remember what they talk about. I don't think it's super interesting. Um, oh, it's like he's like i really wish you hadn't shown me what's in the box yeah who the fuck are you people anyways and bram's like where are the good guys frank they find uh, the cabin with the ash around it but the the ash has been marred like there's a, a gap in it yeah i think we we jump into the alana flashback here do we ever follow up with her again I don't wait what so. what is she like is she a leper was she just like beaten up was she burned? Like, what is her? She's all like bandaged up here. Yeah, she's in some hospital, like another country. Crazy face wound, invisible man bandages. Like, only her mouth and one eye are visible, which feels like a weird play on the one eye trope mm. of the show. Um, I know that in an interview, when she was asked about her character, she said her character's name was Alana Radzinski. And it's like, no, she misspoke. Her character's name is Alana Verdansky. And then I've seen things read where people are like, oh, she's. Clearly, Jacob's daughter, and it's like who even cares? Uh, yeah, I don't think Jacob's like getting it wet. The new characters in season five are not as successful as the season four characters. Yeah, yeah. And Caesar uh, and Ileana and Bram, oof. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So Jacob shows up to visit her. He asks her for help, and she's like, "Sure." And I don't think he touches her. Um, I'm looking at it Maybe. now. I don't believe so. Not in this scene now. But I mean, you could make make the argument that he heals her, so that she can go have like sexy times with Saeed. That's what I'm trying to. Do they ever follow up on this? Because like, what is the point of this? I don't remember. Yeah. The only thing I really remember from Alana is her moment with Ben in season six, where he's just like, "No one else will have me," and she's like, "I'll have you." I totally don't remember that. When he's like, she's making him. She's found out that he's killed Jacob, so she's making him dig his own grave. Okay. And he breaks down. Yeah. So, anyways, now they 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 go into the cabin in the present day. It's a bit only she turmoil. does. Yeah. yeah. Only she does. Dog painting is on its side on the ground. There's a machete stuck into a tapestry on the wall, sending a message. She comes back out with a tapestry and is like, "Oh, there's no one here. Burn this place down." Lapidus is a little concerned that they're gonna like burn down the old jungle. And we see the tapestry. It has a uh, uh, torret. Yeah, torret. Would you call that a, a weaving of torret on it? Yeah. Um, also, if we're mispronouncing that, um, deal with it. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I feel like it's close enough. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you just send all the uh, gods and goddesses of Egyptian mythology down uh-huh. to uh, address us. Yeah. I've got cats. I'm protected. So um, Locke's other group, they show up back at the original survivors camp on the beach. There's a lot of like sun finds the ring, right? Yeah, there's a lot of like, hey, everyone, let's take five again on all these like lock scenes, you know. 
you wouldn't know, but we've been walking for 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. This is where son finds the dry shaft ring. Uh, Locke sees the quarantine hatch uh, door there and talks to Ben some more. I want to say this is kind of a preview for season six because I want to say that like when they leave the temple in early season six, there's a lot of like this group is marching there and then that group's yeah. marching there and then we're just like slowly massacring people to like whittle down our numbers to manageable. Yeah. Well, I, um, I think the context of this conversation is like why would Ben want to kill Jacob, right? Why wouldn't he? And yeah, and why wouldn't you? And after all he's done to you basically. He's been loyal to the island. You got cancer. You lost your daughter. You were banished. Ben's like, these are good points. Yeah. We get the uh, wedding flashback to Sun and Jen here. I like that as the transition. It's like, like you said, check mark. Okay, somebody found Charlie's fucking ring. Of course, what is Sun going to think of? She's going to think of her own wedding. Mm-hmm. And then the very well spoken uh, Jacob shows up here to talk to them. I was kind of hoping for like a who's that guy? I don't know. I thought he was with your party conversation, <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know if there's any. This sounds so shitty. I'm sorry. I don't know culturally if there's a difference in like, like the way they structure weddings in Korea, like the actual ceremony. Sure. Because mm-hmm. it would have been pretty funny if on the bride side there's like a hundred people and <laughs> on the side one. there's nobody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except for this one Caucasian guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, you know, never take your love for granted. This is also their only scene together this season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then back in the 70s, the Hurley's driving the Dharma van towards the swan hatch. Saeed's bleeding out and kind of like losing, like being maniacal, like laughing like crazy as he's dying here. Get used to that because we're getting yeah. a lot of it. And then this is where uh, Sawyer, Juliet, and Kate show up to stop them in their path. Oh, also, Saeed is bleeding to death. But he can still modify the bomb to go off on impact. Of course he can. He's Saeed. I just like he's just like prop my dying body over the bomb. All right. So I've, I mean, how did we? I say, like, how did we go from like Saeed weekend at burning at the beginning of the season to Saeed dying at the end of the season? I don't know. So I got seven for uh, the incident part two here. I have four. I just gotta say, I wrote this down in my notes here. So obviously, I thought about it. I was emotional as fuck watching this when it was first on. Oh, that's hyped as fuck. Yeah, this was like a yeah. huge episode. Like, mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah, so I have four, so take it away. So I got Sawyer asking Jack what he wants. Nice. And Jack says that he had Kate and he lost her. Uh, right there, Doc. And then uh, Jacob's talk with Hurley in the cab, just about, like, you always have a choice. Mm. Jacob meeting Locke, just he's reading uh, everything that rises will converge, and then just, like, you just hear a crash and a body falls on the ground behind him. Love that. He just like gets up and walks over to him. A good man is hard to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number four moment. While waiting for Locke and Ben to come back, Richard sits of son and he's like, water? And she's like, do you have any alcohol? And he's yes. like, I sure wish I did. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's that's my fourth as well. I just noticed. Yeah, son asked Richard for booze. <laughs> my number three, Jack and Sawyer talk. And then brawl. And I mean, this is like the they live brawl right here. This is kind of like point, the it's been coming for five seasons brawl. This is, I mean, metaphorically, philosophically, it's like put on the fucking sunglasses. 
At uh, one point, Jack tries to make peace with Sawyer. Sawyer kicks Jack in the balls <laughs> and then hits him with a branch. Yes. I mean, seriously, if he just like broke a glass bottle <laughs> and swung it at him, this would be they lived. <laughs> uh, let's see. My number three is uh, just Locke's, the reveal of Locke's body in the crate is a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, that apparently I because they're they're right next to each other. I tied those together. Number number two is the reveal that Locke is not our Locke, and mm-hmm. that also the death of Jacob. Yeah, I have uh, Ben meeting Jacob as my number two. What about me? And Jacob's just like, what about you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very like bitchy. What about you? Yeah, which I I I kind of think is smart in the sense that if if we could wait until the finale of season five to meet Jacob. We could probably kill Jacob in that episode. Yeah. Um, number one is Juliet falls and she somehow manages to save the day. And not just that she beats that bomb and it blows up, but that we then fade to a white title. Mind blown. Yeah. I just remember yeah. everyone's just like, holy shit, what does it mean? Yeah. People thought that like the next season, the title cards would all be white. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, my number one is just poor Juliet, man. It's mm-hmm. It's as though as soon as Jack and Kate showed up back on the island, she sensed the writer's intent and it was like, there was nothing she could do to avoid her fate. Like every move she made was the wrong move. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think Sawyer's react. I mean, her, her thesis is that Sawyer will want to be of Kate and he will only stay with Juliet out of like loyalty to her. because He's a good solid dude. And I feel like his reaction to her potentially falling proves her wrong, that he truly does care about her. Uh Yeah. that, That sounds right. Um, so yeah, this episode, we start off with where we left off with, uh, Sawyer and Kate and Juliet blocking the van. Jack gets out and he basically requests five minutes, like five minute conversation with Sawyer to, you know, explain what he wants to do. And so it's like, all right, let's just go have our manly man talk in the jungle here. Well, I, take five. I like the, I like the, I feel like you owe me that much, Jack. <laughs> so we flash back to Jack doing surgery. This is the moment the story that he told Kate in the pilot. Uh-huh. He's cut this woman's dural sack. Christian is there to half pep talk Jack, half, as he says, put him in a timeout. He literally tells him to count to five and then fix her or I'll have to fix her for you. I don't really fault Christian for this. You know, you did just slice her dural sack open. Like, I don't know. Like, is is now really the time to feel like you're being uh, like slighted by your father? I think... As Jack mentions, the other issue is that it is his father, which I don't know why his father would be the one supervising this. I mean, that's just your fault for taking a job there, Jack. Yeah, but also, like, you would think the hospital would be like, uh, nepotism, yeah. let's at least have another surgeon oversee this. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, Jack goes to yeah, try to so- get into Apollo Bar, and then it gets stuck in the vending machine, and he slams it. And then this is when he, he goes, and he like has this like argument with his dad, and then Jacob apparently got the uh, Apollo bar and like hands him one. I love that Christian, he does the same thing he did in the season three fina- or premiere when Jack's like, clearly like I'm about to yell at you for yeah. this. Christian just like sighs, like, Oh Jesus. Well, we're doing tell me, this. tell me if you agree with this. I feel like in the beginning of the show, when you see mm-hmm. Christian Shepard, you're like, man, fuck that guy. Yeah. But I feel like by now you're like, I kind of understand Christian and where he's coming from. Oh yeah. Well, and, and not to say that Christian, doesn't have faults. Yeah, he's a drunk. But, but but Jack has made those faults worse. And also, Christian knows he's a drunk. He knows yeah. that he has issues. And Jack kind of like refuses to acknowledge his own failings. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And I think I think going into season five, it's like he's been forced to review them the most. And that's when he's just like, I'd rather end the universe. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, I love that, like, Jack is our hero, but he's actually acting like the villain mm-hmm. of the piece here. <laughs> yeah, so this is where he has this conversation with Sawyer, where he tries to explain. Do you go into the thing where Jacob gets the two Apollo bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob okay. shows up and makes sure to touch Jack as well. Um, just- Jacob's like, sorry, I have no boundaries when it comes to handing people things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have their conversation. Like, I, I, I really, I didn't mention it, but I liked Sawyer's part of this, where he's just like, you know, like um, my father, you know, was conned and he killed him, my mother and himself. That was a year ago. Like, I could have went and stopped that, but I didn't because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like this is our life. And he's trying to explain that to Jack, and Jack's just like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Basically, like, it's like, what do you want, Jack? He wants he's fucked things up with Kate. And so it's like, fuck everything. He wants to go back well, and reset. Well, I like it because again, we have big plot to move, but it feels very truly characters. Like if these two cowboys had just talked about their daddy issues prior, this would have been, you know, something. And I, I kind of, it makes the, the Sawyer flashback, the little baby Sawyer flashback tie into this a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love the dialogue here. It's like, Jackson, it doesn't have to be that way. And Sawyer's like, what did you screw up so bad the first time? Um, yeah. And just, the, I mean, I, I have all the dialogue. I love, it. I'm just scrolling through like, so it's like, I don't speak destiny, Jack. <laughs> and then they just uh, beat the shit out of each other for a while. Jack is so like covered in blood by the end of this episode. Yeah. Well, he's already been covered in Saeed's blood. I'm really, I'm wondering like, did they change like the time the show aired at some point? Or was it all, as, I'm trying to remember if it was all as just 8 o'clock, because like, I feel like we didn't used to get this much blood on the show as we're getting well, the season. Remember, though, Jack being the shit out of Ben and Sawyer being the shit out of Jack, these are these are now into the 9 o'clock hours. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. Like, do you remember people freaking out in the episode of Buffy <laughs> when the Scooby gang comes around the corner to see the robot riding Spike yeah, in the, I remember uh, that. Uh-huh. the graveyard? Yeah. And people were like, oh, shit, this is an 8 o'clock show. <laughs> You're the big bad, yeah. Uh, but I love the like as he's beating the shit out of him. Sawyer's like, "Who the hell do you think you are? You think you can come in here and do whatever the hell you want? I have a life here." And they're just broing on each other with fists. And then Juliet interrupts them to be like, "Hi, I'm here to completely fuck up uh, your expectation of what I'm going to do again. We yeah. have to help him." So we flash back to Juliet and her sister Rachel sit down to have the talk with her parents who are getting a divorce. Um, and just because two people love each other doesn't mean they aren't always supposed to be together. And Juliet doesn't understand, doesn't want to. And this is, again, I was like, fuck, Jacob's not in this flashback. This is really just here to tell you that their her relationship with Sawyer may be coming to an end. Well, and also, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. Kids who come from divorce view romantic relationships yeah. differently. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe you took the right Less message, maybe took the wrong message. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So she storms off and he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> maybe you should have told me you had to change your heart before I brought him to the jungle and kicked his ass. Well, maybe not. That's what he says to her. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and so, you know, she's just like, I saw you look at Kate. I know you'd stay with me. That's not what uh, I want. It's not if you're not into it as, as she is. So she's fine if Jack rewriting history, but it means that they're not together and she doesn't have to leave him. And he's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> or he should have been. I think the problem is, is that Sawyer 
in his relationship with her, and maybe it's like this is the maturity he's reached, he will just do whatever she wants. But he doesn't he doesn't seem to know how to show that he's fighting for her or like or yeah. at least directly tell her. Like yeah. maybe maybe it's that he he will go demonstrate that he's with her, but he doesn't say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean honestly he could have shared a few words here. Yeah. And they would go get blown up. Yeah. So then back at the uh, Swan site, they're starting to hit some serious electromagnetic uh, issues there. Chang wants to shut things down, but Rudzinski is just like a maniac now. And they get a radio from Phil back at the uh, Dharmaville who's saying, like, hey, you know, some of those new recruits like blasted their way out of here, it might be headed your way. And so Rudzinski calls for backup. At this point, I was like, Phil is still in this show, huh? Yeah, he still is. So, yeah, Jack's watching all this. You know, Kate kind of comes, like, stitch him up and reminisce about their first meeting 27 years in the future. Kate's into it now. He's all bloody. She gets to kind of, you know, help him clean his wounds a little. I think she's back on the Jack train. She absolutely is in this scene. And I wrote down she kind of stitches him up because what she's actually doing is sticking her fingers directly into his open wounds on his face and then smearing his blood around while they chat. Oh, yeah. She just wanted to see Jack uh, take a few punches for her, you know? Like she just wanted to know he still had it in him. I imagine Jack's face really hurt before Kate walked up, and now <laughs> it's got to really fucking hurt. But you know, maybe it hurts so good. Maybe this is what they're into. We didn't know what their life was like. I really think she is like, wow, you just went and got your your face beat up for me. How charming! I'm back. What if that night, you know, she was like, "Do me a favor, don't ask about Aaron. I'll let you put it anywhere." Then we fade to black. And then she's just like, by the way, I'm into blood play. <laughs> oh, I think that comes up here, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, blood play? Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, he asks, like, why, why didn't you want me to ask about Aaron? And she says that she gave Aaron back and that the reason that she's on the island is to get Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's to find Claire. And it's just like, you're like, that's right. Claire hasn't been in this entire season. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? She's not in 1977. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, Jack and Ty had an argument because, Hey, Claire and Aaron will be together. If I blow up the world, who knows what will happen? And he says, nothing in my life has ever felt this right. And he's glad to have Kate along with him. And this is nuts. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, then we get another flashback to Hurley getting out of jail just, you know, a few days ago, essentially. Well, I guess, I don't know, three years ago or no, that's right. He didn't go back, uh, with, I'm getting my timelines mixed up. It is just a few days ago for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he like, he's just like, no, I really killed those people. And the guy just like, doesn't give a shit basically. Yeah. And then he goes and gets in a cab and Jacob's in the cab with a guitar case. And they have that conversation about, you know, her, they making a choice. This is the only time where Jacob directly is just like, Hey, you should go back to the Island, get on this plane. Mm-hmm. He kind of like tips his hand. There is not just like a random stranger interacting with him. Right, right. And then you have a choice. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Um, and he leaves a guitar case. Not mine, says, which has a giant onk in it. Does it? Yeah. Th- apparently that's like the the entree into the, the temple crowd is they open that thing up. Oh, I don't even remember that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, the swan site's making some noises. Rosinski's screaming, keep the trail going. Rodzinski is 100% a reopen the economy kind of guy, right? I mean, how much cocaine is he on right now? 
Yeah, something I'm sure. So definitely some amphetamines, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like the kind of guy who's probably responsible for the destruction of Krypton. Um, so then back at the van where Saeed's slowly dying and bleeding out, but he has modified that bomb to explode on impact now. Yeah. We didn't need to see him do it because we just have to believe that he could. You really, like, I'm kind of noticing this now. Like, you've got Miles and Jin and Hurley just kind of hanging out for most yeah. of this episode. They're well, just like, Jack's think... going to go shoot up a place? All right, have fun. I don't think we really see Hurley in the gunfight at the end. I don't remember. I guess we'll, we'll see in a bit here, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Saeed's just like, you got to get the thing as near to the source of the electric magnetic whatever as possible. Um, there... And Jake... Sorry, go ahead. Or Jack's like, don't worry, Saeed, this will save you. And Saeed's like, nothing can save me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's deranged. Um, there's like a moment where it seems like maybe you get like a little goodbye kiss or good luck kiss from Kate here. But then Jack just walks off because that's yeah. that's the kind of energy Jack has at all times. It's like always like swerving away from the romance for some reason. Yeah, I mean, my dude thinks he's going to just like take this like hydrogen bomb and like Shane his way. Off into oblivion. Well, I feel like yeah, this happens like, a lot where, like, there's an obvious moment where Jack could kind of make the move and he never does. He no. always just likes to let it sit there and, like, percolate and ferment. Yeah. Well, this is how Jack's story ends, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. like, Jack and Kate could have been smashing a lot sooner on the island, but he, I don't know. And it seemed pretty clear, like, you know, two episodes into season one that Kate was into him. Yeah. Well, and, the, you and, know and Jack is just like, I'm just going to like always be around and be protective of you, but like never come out and like commit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how devoted he is to being a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what, though? You've opened their traumatic experience. Maybe a, a releasing some of that tension would have been good for you both. Seriously. Maybe maybe Jack would have been a little more normal. Mm-hmm. Be it uh, shot off a couple of times. Yeah, as, as Jack walks off, he like passes Sawyer and Juliet in the jungle. And I like he says to Sawyer, see you in Los Angeles. And I want Sawyer to be like, fuck you. <laughs> no, come back here. I want to pee on you before you go. That's how much I hate you right now. Uh, so on the beach in the present day, Richard's like led everyone to the Four Toad statue and told them that this is where Jacob lives. For some reason, they, they don't walk. go right in. They like just like set up camp again. Yeah, for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the flashback with uh, Jacob reading the Flannery Connor. I love this shot where he's just reading and we just pull back yeah. and then just the man falls behind him. It's um, pretty well constructed, yeah. And he comes over and he, like, he kind of like touches Locke's shoulder and it kind of like like jolts Locke awake. Yeah, uh, so he's like perhaps like revived him or... Or just like brought him back from the precipice of yeah, death. But uh-huh. he's just like... Sorry, this happened to you. I really wanted somebody to be like, hey, I think that guy just stole his wallet. <laughs> or his life force. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's we're back at the uh, Fortitude statue now. Richard Alperith, another classic jabbing of a torch into the ground. Oh, it's can I night try time it? now. Can I try it? Sure. The game is afoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so now Locke is going to take Ben inside of him. Richard freaks the fuck out about that because that's against the rules. Only the leader can request an audience of Jacob, and there can only be one leader at a time. Though we have clearly seen that's not the case. Because yeah. you had Charles and Eloise. Mm-hmm. And Locke is like, look, man, if Jacob's got a problem with it, I'm sure we can work it out. So Locke takes Ben inside of him. And they push like this big stone thing out of the way to get inside the temple here. 
and it's all like very mysterious and we, we're not like entering it just yet, you know, and Locke's just like, here's a knife, do what you need to do. Yeah, like he Ben hesitates because like he sees like the flickering lights yeah. and Locke's just like, are you going to be able to do this, Ben? I mean, I know it won't be easy, but things will change once he's gone. Uh, so in 77, we're by the Dharma van again. Miles points out that Jack might actually be causing the incident and maybe the best thing was to do nothing. I like I was just like, have any of you considered that? No? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they see the that Dharma security people are like racing to the swan site and Jack could be in danger. So I like that Sawyer checks if Julie had this sign that she did what she wants to do. And she's like, live together, die alone. A moment I was not present for. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was watching from the jungle. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, cut back to Jack, then there's Nikki and Paolo watching the speech, and then there's Juliet <laughs> watching. So at the site, the security folks set up a perimeter. Jack rushes in. There's a gunfight. Well, the Pierre Chang's watching, like, the gauges on this drill, and it's like it's really going into the red now. Like, I think this is where, mm-hmm. when the gunfight starts, he Pierre Chang tries to stop the drill, and, like, it won't stop. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's being pulled in by the magnetic forces. Well, like, Pierre Chang kind of, like, turns on the Dharma Initiative a little bit here. Um, you know, like, he's kind of, like, working well, he's basically like, so much. get the fuck out of here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, Rizins- I think Rizinski yells, like, we hit the pocket! Ah! Um, so the cavalry rise, starts, like, blasting people. Like, Sawyer holds Phil hostage. He gets everyone to drop their guns. Um, I like Kate in the van, just, like, crouched blasting. all, like, professional style, like, blowing dudes away. Yeah, I, I like... I think the worst example is probably from what I've perceived of those Fast and Furious movies where it's like they're car thieves and then like so many movies in, they're like top tier elite yeah. special forces. Where, but I like that like as a show progresses, it's like we just have to assume that our characters have picked up some fucking stances or something. Well, she was Robin Banks before she even got to the island, so I'll give it's it to true. her. Yeah. It's true. That She had a whole uh, like Hitchcock uh, homage in one episode. Mm-hmm. The the uh, unrealistic thing is Jack really just like going full Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't he say at one point in like season one where he's just like, I went out to the gun range a few times? Yeah, I think he he does reference that at some point. Yeah, so like Jack holds the bomb over the shaft. I like that he looks over and like gets the okay from Kate and like Sawyer and Juliet share a last look and then Jack drops that bomb and it falls and a long happens. way down. <laughs> yeah. So everyone like scrunches their faces real tight, like waiting to be blown up and it doesn't happen. And Sawyer's like, this doesn't look like LAX, wink, episode title. Although this is, I think, where Pierre Chang has, like, been throwing the levers to stop the drill and, like, it's not working. But yeah. Yeah, we start hearing the sound. And then after nothing happens with the bomb, now the uh, the magnetic forces get really strong. We start seeing, like, stuff start to fly towards this shaft they've been drilling and, like, the cranes collapsing and got all kinds of crazy shit happens. Pierre Chang mm. has something like land on his arm. I can't remember. Does he like not have an arm in the later videos? Was it's that, implied. Yeah. I, I was, and so this doesn't look like an arm got cut off. It looks like his hand got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he just injured his hand. But Miles gets to yell, Dad, and goes to help him. Um, Jack gets hit in the head, back of the head of a toolbox. It gets like sucked towards the hole. <laughs> Um, I like that Rosinski tries to drive off, but like he and his, his posse get like thrown out of their Jeep and it gets like sucked back into the hole. Um, Phil tries to shoot. This should have been in my top moments. Phil tries to shoot Sawyer, but he's co- impaled comically by a bunch of poles. Yeah, a bunch of like rebar flies at him and impales him. Fuck you, Phil. Well, is that through like a, a 
giant scaffolding thing falls on him, but somehow like misses Phil, but then he gets impaled. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, poor so Juliet. Yeah. Some chains wrap around her legs, like drag her towards the hole. Kate tries to stop her from getting sucked into the hole and Juliet falls a little more. Just when you think she's really going to fall, like, like Sawyer, like dives in and catches her. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Where do you think you're going, Blondie? And there's a lot of like, don't let go. Don't you leave me. She says she loves him. I mean, this is this is like she's good. He's great in this scene. It's yeah, it's heart wrenching. Yeah, I mean, you you see Sawyer in a way that you've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's never really showed that he cares as much as he does here. And they're both crying, and they're you know she's terrified. It's it's pretty brutal. And then she falls down the shaft, seemingly like a hundred feet or more, or, or more. Yeah. We see like a like a whole. CGI thing later where we see a bunch of those shit fall down yeah, yeah. the shaft. It's it's quite long. What gets me is that after all this though, she's still not dead. No. And he's just it, weeping at the top of the shaft here, like completely well, broken. But even at the end of this episode, she's still not dead. <laughs> she will be in the yeah, premiere next season. That's right, yeah. Uh, so Richard and son are on the beach in the present day. Alana shows up with Bram and the box. This, looking this for is where Ricardes. Richard offers her her water and she's just like, you got any booze? Yeah. Looking for Ricardez, our boy Richard. Uh, she asks him, you know, what lays in the shadow of the statue, and he answers in Latin, the one who will save us all. So they open up the box, and I like that they just dump it out. And it's this, it's that same kind of pan around shot from the coffin reveal mm-hmm. back in uh, season four. Only this time we see that it is uh, Locke's dead body lying there, and so it's and Son has to be the one who's like, so if that's Locke, who's in there? And who and will they be able to reunite me with Jen? Yeah. <laughs> We're not touching on it as much in the actual like recap of the episodes, but fuck, she says it a lot. She really does, yeah. Uh, so inside, like the statue base, like Locke and Ben look around. Like Jacob's just like sitting um, in the corner, like being real chill. He wants like a critique of his tapestry, which takes a long time when you're making the thread. And he's like, oh, maybe that's the that's the point. And this is when Ben confronts him. He's got the knife, and he's just like, "Why didn't you ever come and talk to me?" you know why was it always wait you know like were you ever going to talk and you know the whole thing what about me what about you oh and Locke is like hello jacob and jacob's like you found your loophole mm-hmm. Locke's like indeed i did which so i guess the loophole is that the man in black for whatever reason is incapable of killing jacob but mm-hmm. he's he can manipulate someone else into doing it yeah I don't know if there's any other I don't I don't know if like him like somehow possessing Locke's body has anything to do with it other than that like that helps him manipulate Ben. See, I I initially watching this and going into season six, I thought the case was something about the unique property of bringing Locke especially back mm-hmm. allowed him to be more physical for a longer period of time or or whatever. Maybe. That really doesn't seem to be the case. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. As we watch part of season six, maybe we'll see. I really just think it's like the culmination of the decades that he's been manipulating Ben. Well, I guess the question is, I I assume that the man in black can go find Jacob if he wants to. He knows where Jacob is. Yeah. But if he possesses Locke's body or, you know, transforms into Locke, he can get Richard to take him and the others and Ben to Jacob. So I guess that's mm-hmm. that's what he uses the Locke body for, ultimately. Is to get Ben here. It's it's all in service of manipulating Ben. Yeah, is what I think. Um, the detail that I do like, regardless of 
if this is an entity that has the Man in Black's memories, or if this is indeed the Man in Black transformed into the supernatural entity, is I love that he takes on the memories of each person that he... Like Christian or Alex? Yeah. And it's like, honestly, he's so changed, I would think, with each new possession, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. You know, I I find that kind of... Like, what does he take from those possessions? Yeah, like, do they soften him? Do they make him crueler? I mean, it'd be it'd be such an interesting thing to explore because um, he has like, I don't know if you know if we're going to get to it. He has a generally touching moment with Kate um, in season six where he's like talking about how his childhood was hard because he had a crazy mom. Uh-huh. And she's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, because now Aaron has a crazy mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like Jacob wants Ben to know that he has a choice. Uh, this one, Ben like fucking loses it, uh, stabs him, and then Locke kicks the body into the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's, he Jacob. stabs him like Marion Crane took that knife in the shower. Uh, and then like Jacob spits out blood, and his last words are, They're coming. Um, so this is the second finale in a row where Ben has stabbed someone to death. Mm-hmm. And then back to the incident as it's occurring. Sawyer's a mess. Kate and Jack are like pulling Sawyer away and more stuff is getting sucked down. Just like the whole crane's like going down into that shaft. And then we follow it down to the bottom where somehow Juliet, poor Juliet is still alive. Mm-hmm. She wakes I up. Mean, she's like bleeding out of her mouth. You can almost argue this is like a metaphor for like Jack's depression. Like it's just going to consume everything and you can't blow it up and whatever. Yeah. We're down there under it with Juliet. Like everything's vibrating. She wakes up, sees that she's trapped, looks over and sees the bomb and like grabs a rock and starts beating it, screaming, come on over and over again. And she's crying. And then finally, kaboom. White. Yeah. (laughs) White flash, white logo at the end. Like, I don't know how many shows I've watched where I was legitimately just like jaw hanging open, especially because so we, many times we've known from like season four that how, you know, exactly how many seasons were left. So we yeah. kind of had an idea of that. There was a finite, you know, amount coming. So they had this at the end of season five, knowing there's one season left after this it was like, holy shit. Yeah. I don't remember when they at first said, sideways did we know about the sideways universe going into season six i don't believe so no not until it happened because everyone was like Uh, what is going to happen in season six like what you know like are they just going to be back in the present is it going to be an alternate timeline like yeah so well do you remember what your theory was about the sideways universe i do not know so your theory was that um early in the premiere of season six we would watch all of our characters get killed Hmm. then the sideways jack kate etc would have to come to the island in like whatever the end game of the show was i do not remember that at all okay yeah um but it's it's the going into season six it's fascinating because it's really presented like we're seeing an alternate universe side by side with the regular universe Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then um there was the comment from Linda Lindelof accused where it's like, you know, if you if you actually drop this bomb into the timeline, it would it would like go into two different streams. But eventually the two streams would have to converge. And I, I think we were kind of like waiting for that as like season six progresses. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. But yeah, it's, it seems like we've traveled a long way from, you know, 
time skips at the <laughs> beginning of season five. For sure, yeah. Um, oh. Let's do our complaints and make one change, then we can get to our power rankings. Um, combining the two sections, I feel like the season needed more. It's a feat what they accomplished. More Charlotte, more Sun, more Jin, uh, more Juliet. You know, they kind of did a model where some episodes weren't really character-specific flashbacks, and some were. Uh, but I don't think you really have like a Sun and Jin episode, for example. Oh, well, they're never in the same episode together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know they found a way to kind of do that last season. Uh-huh. But but like the Charlotte character, we never really got to know her, and then she's dead. Yeah. And then she's like a tool for Faraday to feel something. Yeah. Um, some of my complaints here. I feel like some of the character motivations are treated like a mystery. So we have mm-hmm. to wait to learn why someone did something. For example, like why did Ben kill Locke? When he kills Locke in the moment, it's not totally clear. Eventually we'll kind of see that, oh, it's, it was because he had the information about how to get back to the island. So he didn't need Jack anymore, you know, but like when it happens, you're kind of like, what was the point of that? Like why? Like, and it, it wouldn't have been that hard for Locke or for Ben to just be like, well, I guess I don't need you anymore or something. And then strangle him. Like, I don't know. It was like, I didn't, we didn't need a mystery for that. I didn't feel like, cause then it, it just makes Ben seem even more inscrutable or like Kate's whole, like, don't ask me about Aaron. Like what, what are we accomplishing with that? You know, I think it's, it's much more unfair to Kate. Yeah. Because she has like a real genuine human thing going on there. And then like with Hurley, we don't get much of it, but then it's like, we don't really care. It's like, yeah. he's He's fine. It's not so much of a mystery. So I, I don't know. I feel like Kate's just kind of. I wonder if part of that's just like there's literally not enough room to do it in that single episode because they were doing so much in 316 already. So they yeah. like punted it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, other complaints. Um, the stuff in the flash forwards feels a little convoluted. Like um, when like all this stuff leading up to them getting on the plane, it's kind of like Linus is just fucking with them a lot. Mm-hmm. like through his like many many you know underlings like all the stuff with uh, the uh, blood test on Aaron was mm-hmm. seemingly just like Linus set that whole thing up just to mess with Kate to like spook her or something yeah like it, it just feels like a, I, I, I don't know I guess they had to get everybody back on that plane they needed to like engineer a way for that to happen or steal her motivation for not getting on the plane. Or like, who are all these people that are after Saeed? Who are they? Did, did Ben just hire them to like spook Saeed or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you, other than the scene with uh, uh, Naomi and Miles in the audition, it's like you never really get a sense of like, oh, no, Widmore's organization's taken a real hit by Saeed's yeah. murder spree. Yeah. Um, and then like what was the point of Caesar? Like was that something where the actor – had a schedule conflict or, you know, like what happened there? Was that really your whole intent the whole time? Yeah. This is why I, I kind of wonder was like the first third of the season. Was that meant to be, I, I, I want to say something in the last season, but like, it doesn't seem like there's mm-hmm. enough space there yeah. even. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is even a longer season too. Um, yeah. And then Juliet, I don't know. It just, it just, it's like a slow motion fridging. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like as soon as Kate shows back up, it's you just like right from the beginning, you sense that like, uh oh, is this going to be bad news for Sora and Juliet? It's like, yep, it sure is. And it's just going to keep on being bad news for them. Like the two women on the show have to compete for yeah. 
being the lead. When it, yeah. I, I feel like three years is enough time to get over someone. Yeah. You know, these, these aren't like teenagers anymore. That's, that's a long time. If you're like essentially married to somebody else for three years, like, yeah. Somebody that as the show sometimes plays of its timeline and plays, it doesn't play of its timeline. Someone that you only knew for a hundred days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, as far as I make one change, this is for you. Uh, more young Eloise. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> She's wonderful. I mean, what a, what it's just like a fucking spark that just like gets lit. Like it just even disappears. one more episode with that timeline would have been fun. I mean, I think we got maybe even more than enough of young Charles. Um, yeah. But we didn't get nearly enough of young Eloise. And I, and I even like middle age Eloise too. Um, but not as much as young Eloise for obvious reasons. But by the time we get to middle age Eloise, we're kind of like, wow, she's evil. You know, like it's, we can't appreciate the character in the same way anymore because we know that she's essentially led Daniel to, like to the slaughter, even though she's his mother. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it hits differently, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, we don't get enough. Uh, we don't, she doesn't have room. I mean, I guess we get the one scene of her and Charles Woodmore outside Desmond's hospital where she has to talk about the sacrifice that she's yeah. had to make. But it's like, it's not enough to humanize her for conditioning her son to be it's just like, damn, that's ice Jesus. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like time, time Jesus here. Um, All right. Well, I have a uh, 25 people for power rankings. <laughs> it's actually more <laughs> than 25 30. people. I've combined some together. <laughs> okay. I have, I have 30, and I even made note that I initially wanted to put Jill on there, but I didn't. Who's Jill? Jill was the woman at the butcher shop. Oh, yeah, okay. Who the fuck is this woman? Yeah, like, who, what, who are what? all these people that Linus, like, I, they're like, I don't know, other adjacents? Yeah, other others, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, does, um, so, I, I, does Linus know Ilyana? He doesn't, right? I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think he does. Or Bram, yeah. Which is funny because you would. I don't know. I mean, we don't know Ilana's story, but somehow she's known Jacob before. That's the only thing that really fascinates me about Ilana. You know, is that she recognized him when he came to visit her. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thirty. I've got Phil. Uh, Twenty-nine. I've got Horace Goodspeed. Dot dot dot. And then Amy, because <laughs> um, Amy's kind of horrible too. Oh, I've got some comments on Amy. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-eight, Bram. <laughs> He's not even on my list. Twenty-seven, Roger Linus. Uh, him either. Fuck him. Twenty-six, Stuart Radzinski. Radzinski. Okay. Well, twenty-five. I grouped them together: Radzinski and Phil. Mm. Just what a couple of pencil dick assholes. Like, <laughs> and these two, they they both have the energy of like. Over on the mainland in the real world, they probably like secretly wish they could be like fascist cops, but yeah. like they just would never make it on a, a real police force. But they have that that drive within them to assert their impotent authority on other people. And that comes uh, out like heavily on the island. Mr. Uh, I'd like to send this back and his friend. I'd like to speak to the manager. Yeah. But I, I don't um, know, you know how some guys like you can just tell they wish they were cops like. They're just yeah. like narcs and snitches and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or volunteer sheriffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those guys. Like that you're uh 
You're fucking George Zimmerman's in the world. Oof. Uh, 25. I don't know why I have them on this list. I probably didn't need them, but I've got Aaron and G Young. <laughs> All right. I've got uh, 24. This is where I put Horace and Amy. Yeah. We're both horrible people, especially Amy. Just being like, yeah, we've got to execute this dude. Like when yeah. they're like taking the vote on what to do with Saeed. She's just like, oh, we have a baby now. She is terrible in 1974. She is terrible in 1977. Um, like, and I, and I guess I should have reasoned the kind of person who settles down of Horace Goodspeed and has a child with him must be wretched, right? What were they doing having a picnic out and uh, beyond the territory anyway, you know? Seriously, where the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> there's a there's a group of people you call the hostiles. What, what are you what are you having fun for out there? Yeah, anyway. Um fucking Paul. Paul of his onk, like necklace. Who knows what's up with Paul? Um 24, I have Walt. Walt. Oh, Walt is not on my list. I know there's probably no reason I should have put Walt on the list, but it's like technically Walt's part of the cast and he was in one episode. So yeah. Uh, 23. I've got Miss Charlotte Staples Lewis or Charlotte. We really were denied her episode because I, all the stuff with like, she's like, Oh, I remember you. There was like a creepy man saying something. I just remember now that it was you like that should have been in a flashback, but it was like, they didn't have room for it. Yeah. I'm amazed that they got her back for season six. Oh, with uh, at the end there with Fleur. Uh, what's well, like in the middle, right? Well, it's like the like Sawyer a, one, right? Where it's like, yeah, he's like a cop. On night, yeah. It's like they're on a one night. They're going to be like a one night stand and then uh-huh. something happens. Yeah. Um, 23. I've got Rose and Bernard and Vincent. <laughs> nice. I mean, I would assume that Charlotte was, or Rebecca Mater is like in the ABC stable. So you know, she, she's available. She goes on to play the Wicked Witch. Yeah, yeah. On time. Full uh, green. Yeah. Rose and Bernard, I have them ranked a little bit higher. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Number 22. I, I should. I'm looking at my next two, yeah. and I can tell you that already this list is faulty. I, I can tell you my list is uh, wildly different from past lists, for sure. Uh, okay. Number 22, I've got Charles Widmore. Oh, interesting. I, I suppose I didn't rank him by, like, young, old, and older. I guess I would probably go... Middle age is number one. Old is number two. Young is number three. I would go different. I would go number one, Alan Dale. Number two, uh, Curly Outback Hunk. <laughs> middle age. Number three, that like. Okay, little, so you, you switch middle and old. Okay. That little British twat. Yeah. Um, 22. I don't know why I have this person on my list. I have Alana Verdansky. <laughs> I have her shockingly higher than that. Um, I've got wow. Caesar at 21. What was the point of Caesar? I don't know. I also have Caesar at 21. I like this actor. I like, yeah, I like the actor, but like, I I have to think they had more in mind for him than what happened to him. Like, I have to I mean, think that like something came up and they had to write him out because it, it's baffling otherwise. I mean, if this is like stunt casting, it's a weird stunt because he's not that well known. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, so I've got Ileana and like the rest of her crew at number 20. Mm. I can Bram and like the other random guy that doesn't have a name. Yeah. 21. I have Caesar as well. 20. I feel like this is a shocker. I've got Jacob. Oh, I Jacob's fairly low on my list too, but not quite there. So b- b- brace yourself for my, my number 19 here. It's Eloise. 
which like if it was just young Eloise, she might be way high, but like I'm combining them all together and I feel like middle age and older Eloise really take her down a peg because mm, mm. they're just, they're fucked up, man. Yeah. Like leading your own son to slaughter like that. Yeah. 19. I have young Danielle Rousseau. Oh yeah. She's not on my list. I, I love her. I, I kind of wish we had more to yeah. do with her. Um, um what were they doing the the French expedition there? Like what? They were going somewhere else when they crashed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Number because they had like guns. I remember number yeah. eighteen is where I have Jacob. Okay. I at eighteen I want to have him higher because he's a great presence, but he's not in the season that much. But I got Mr. Frank Lapidus. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, just imagine you're Jeff Fahey, who I'm not entirely sure he might be in the regular cast he might be a guest star and it's like you're gonna be in episode two <laughs> then you're gonna take a couple months off yeah then you're gonna be back for like three weeks then you're gonna take a couple weeks off I'm just gonna wear this pilot shirt for a long time yeah uh let's see number 17 finally ranked her apart from her uh, counterpart his son who does okay. not have a whole lot to do that's fair uh, I mean, they, they they do the whole thing early where it's like son seems like a kind of like malevolent like she's like out to like stick it to Kate mm-hmm. like she might kidnap Aaron or something yeah yeah well and then especially the kind of red herrings of her meetings with Charles Widmore uh-huh yeah um 17 is where I have Charles Widmore at all ages again the reason why I put old Charles Widmore highest is not just because of previous seasons in which he's fantastic but it's his scene with uh daniel faraday where he recruits him mm, okay just uh you know like i'm so sorry that i don't remember you he's like it's okay you haven't met before i'm your dad or i love the uh the bit too where he's like told him you know i'm the one who faked the plane crash and faraday's like why are you telling me this and he's <laughs> like because you, you won't remember. remember it in a day <laughs> yeah uh, he's got memento disease yeah seriously he's he's got like the you know long-term memory problem uh, let's see, number 16. I would have liked to put them higher, but I feel like they didn't do quite enough. Desmond and Penny. Um, mm. Desmond, by the way, we didn't even mention that he like gets shot by Linus. Um, we'd seen early in an episode that Linus was like all bloody before he mm. gets on the plane, and then like later we see that he like shot Desmond, and but then like Desmond attacked him before he could shoot Penny because he hesitated, and, and then later Desmond is in the hospital and he's fine, so I don't know. It's just not a whole lot for Desmond Payne to be this season. Um, we've got to talk about how cool the shot is of when Desmond throws Ben into the water. Oh, yeah. And there's just like blood pouring out of Ben's face <laughs> as he like goes lower. Um, yeah. 16. I have a character who's in a single episode and I always want, will want more of him. Matthew mm-hmm. Abaddon. Yeah. Matthew Abaddon is pretty fucking cool. I don't have him on my list at all. Are we going to pretend like I wasn't the orderly who sent you on to walk about? Uh, I've got Lapidus at number 15. Mm. I think we get more of him or like a meteor part for him next season, if I recall. I don't even remember. I was just sitting here thinking like, I don't remember what. Yeah, he's around at the end because he flies yeah. him out of there. Yeah. I don't remember what Miles does in season six. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see. Um, 15, I have Desmond and Penny for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean... The season starts off strong, like you think we're going to get a, a real showing from Desmond, and then he just kind of fades. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, as you can see, that you had 30 at 25. There's just a lot of characters this season that the show's juggling, which is why yeah. I really don't think they needed Ileana and Bram and Caesar and all that. I don't know. I guess they felt they needed other characters. Um, number 14, I've got Hurley. Mm. Uh, 14, I put them together because I feel like they are both equally unused or underused. I have Sun and Jin. <laughs> Um, again, who only share a single scene together in this entire season. And I still think it's a while into season six before they're reunited, right? I feel like it, it is a little while, yeah. Um, I've got Jin higher. I'll just put it that way. Mm. Uh, let's see. 13. Are, are you sitting down? I've got Jack. Are you fucking kidding me? I just feel like Jack is taking a lot of L's this season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Jack. Wow. Shouldn't should have been quite so emo about Kate. Okay. Interesting. Thir- <laughs> I, you legitimately threw me. Um, 13 is where I have Hurley. Okay. Hurley. I don't know, man. I like Jorge Garcia, but the Hurley character kind of bothers me at times. He's better. I mean, I did like his stuff with his dad. On the island, he's usually better as just like kind of like the the offbeat voice in the group mm. when he has to really carry things the the direction they go with him is always weird like his whole like wanting to rewrite the empire strikes back is just like this is an odd you know it's like we're, we haven't gotten much of hurley so far this season and that's where you go with him i just and also i can't stand the mechanical process iteration of what a nerd is supposed to look like because i don't think that those those definitions fit like the old 1980s mold of like, this is clearly what nerds look like. And the rest of us are normal. Every fucking person's some kind of geek in some fashion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But like, I was actually kind of happiest of Hurley when he was just like, look, man, I just enjoy working in the kitchen. Yeah. Also, I just watched last week an episode of community where they want to get chicken fingers. So they embed, Abed in the uh, cafeteria to get them chicken fingers before everyone else. <laughs> and I love that Hurley kind of does that in the Dharma cafeteria where he's just like, Hey everyone fresh off the grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm like Emily Fields here. I got them to cover for me while I come and eat with my friends. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Number 12. Yeah. It's another, are you sitting down for this? I got John Locke at number 12. <laughs> okay. This you're saying just John Locke though. Just John Locke, yeah. Up until like episode I mean, seven. I did enjoy him early in the season, although he is quite pathetic in the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Yeah. Uh, at 12, I was going to say this might be a shock, but honestly, I don't think I've ever rated her high based on what we've watched. Uh, Kate Austin. Ooh, okay. I think Kate gets... I, I feel like Kate's been getting the shaft. And it's like it's it's early Kate's presence in the show that's been carrying her. Why, yeah. For whatever reason, they're like, oh, Kate and Juliet, this is a fun love quadrangle, and you cannot escape it. Yeah. Um, I, I I, mean, I enjoyed their scenes, and I know I shouldn't have, but it reminded me, like, some of the best stuff in Midsummer is is how fucking terrible the boyfriend is, you know? And it's <laughs> like, I just want to watch more of that, and I don't know. Uh, let's see. Number 11, I've got Miles. Good old Miles. He's fun. Got to meet Pierre Chang. Oh, Pierre Chang is not on my list. He totally should be. Let's just put him in 11 as well with Miles. 
I say I have Miles at eleven as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy Miles a lot. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's maybe totally fair. Maybe it's inaccurate, but I've stuck with it. He just gives me more in such a smaller space than Charlie ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, I've got Benjamin Linus at number ten. Interesting. Uh, ten is where I have Doctor Pierre Chang because, of course, I've got Doctor Pierre Chang. <laughs> I've got him higher than Kate. I mean, think about that. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about him on my list. Um, yeah. yeah, for me with Linus, I don't know. It's once he's kind of like humbled and judged by the monster, I feel like he loses a little bit of his luster because he's he's just being used at that point. Yeah, that was your ten. That was Linus is my ten. Yeah. Okay, my number nine is Daniel Faraday. Okay, that's fair. He's not in it very much. I'm higher or low. I can totally justify moving him lower. Yeah. Uh, I've got Saeed at number nine, which, like, I love Saeed, but it feels like they, like, do so much to sideline him for most of the season. Yeah. He's, like, literally weakened at Bernie's for a few episodes, and then he's, like, you know, locked up as a prisoner for a couple episodes, and then he, like, disappears, and then he gets shot. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, he doesn't have a whole lot of time to shine because they're constantly like taking him away to like stop him from helping. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird. It's just so fucking weird. And I know some of that was based on his schedule, but some of it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to just see their, their writer's room conversations about Saeed. Well, they're like, how are we going to get Saeed on the plane? Uh, what if he thinks he's like, you know, talking to a high price escort and takes her back to his room, but then she turns out to be Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to look up real quick. There was a comment from Heather on Twitter about how perhaps everyone should have instead followed Saeed and Sawyer than Jack and Locke. I don't know if long-term that would have been the same. I, I think that the the lesson I take from all of this is nobody should be leader forever. <laughs> They can't all handle it forever. Well, and some people, um, I suppose I'm probably somewhat this way. You might have like, like Saeed probably has ideas about what should happen, but he's not the type to come out and say, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, like he just does, you know, some people want that leadership responsibility and and to be the one calling the shots. And some people aren't comfortable doing that. Saeed's the kind of guy that I imagine can go to a third world country and say, I want to build a house from start to finish, mm-hmm. you know, and some people want to delegate that role. Um, number eight, I don't think this will shock anyone. I have the complete entity known as Eloise Hawking, which again, <laughs> I don't think my ranking will shock anyone. Number one, Ellie, number two, Eloise, number three, Mrs. Hawking. Which is Mrs. Uh, Hawking, the oldest three, one? The oldest one. Yeah. I mean, three seasons ago, I would have I would have ranked Mrs. Hawking higher um, because I fucking love her whole affect with Desmond. Um, it's but, just yeah, like you said, she becomes like a monster as the show progresses. Yeah. Uh, what and, and with no no time to humanize her. Yeah, yeah, her whole like oh, I had to sacrifice a lot. It's like, did you though? Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we at number that, eight now. That was my eight. Okay. My eight is Miss Kate Austin. Mm. I like you, Kate. You 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 have your fun where you can, but I feel like she got saddled early in the season with like essentially pointless plot, like just like wheel spinning, like, ooh, Kate's going to run away because somebody's after her. 
But then like, oh, no, she's just going to see Sun instead. And then, I don't know, it's just weird. Let me ask you a question. So you like, you put Kate at number eight. Mm-hmm. Now, just in your mind, revisit those scenes of Kate and Roger. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> what can I say? I, li- I like Mason Kate. There you go. Um, you know what? She's not going to shoplift anymore. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I've got Mr. Saeed Jarrah. Um, even little Saeed and weird scenes of Saeed are good. I, I kind of like maniacal villain Saeed. <laughs> um, they're going to go heavy with that next yeah, season. They sure are. <laughs> but I, I'm a, I'm a Nivian Andrews head. All right. Let's see. Number seven, Rose and Bernard. I feel like they have like one scene this season pretty much. And like, they just completely kill it. Yeah. You just think about the goop that Ben stuck his hand in. And then Bernard finds a bunch of that. And he's <laughs> like, this is basically lube. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't necessary. So is we're at number six? Uh yes. Number six, I have Richard Alpair. Okay. Um this man, he just he marches out of the fucking foliage and he just slams the fucking torch into the ground and um and in all in a sideways list, he's number one. Okay. Well, uh my number six is the man in black. Okay. I mean, it's probably, I suppose, mostly the Lockman in black, because we don't get a whole lot of the the Samuel character except for the, his weird affect on the beach. You get you get some Christian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose I'm mostly thinking of the Lockman in black for this mm-hmm. ranking, though. I feel like it's a good job by Terry O'Quinn to play Lock just a little bit differently. Where at first you're kind of like, oh, maybe Lock's just more confident now, but then it's like mm, something's off, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta say too, like Terry O'Quinn, he's an older guy. Okay, he's got an older guy physique. You know, he's got he's got you know old man mountain uh-huh. man boobs. But like, there's something sexy about the way he just plays confident John Locke. And it's different from season four John Locke, where he's just being a dick. Yeah, you know, like there's there's a a true confidence about the man in black as Locke, whereas like the season four Locke. He was just like kind of like kind of like trying to flex power because he was unsure of himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm the leader. So therefore, yeah. why isn't everything working out for me? Whereas this time it's like you want to follow this guy. Mm. Um, yeah. Number five, I have Jack Shepard because I don't know, man. He's such a fascinating like case study of like a person who's been confronted with his own you know, failings and toxicity. And it's just like crumbling and imploding upon it. And just the fact that the show was like, what if Jack just like turned all of his issues into a hydrogen bomb Mm -hmm. and tried to blow up the universe? It's magnificent. So number five, perhaps controversial. He's not in the beginning and end of the season a whole lot, but I really like this middle was Jen. I feel like Jen for a few episodes is just really dominating. Um, and it was a lot of fun being with them, so I put him five. You mean like pre Dharma Initiative? So like Jin, like when we catch up with him and he's with the uh, the French lady, that stuff. To like when they first join the Dharma Initiative, he's a lot more involved, you know, because he like wants to see his sons on the island and he's like running around doing stuff. When like, he's throwing, like throwing Rudzinski around, me. yeah, okay. But then he just kind of like disappears around like episode twelve or thirteen again. But 
give well, it up for Jin. Once the kid takes the bullet in the heart, like Jin is done. Yeah, pretty much. That was your five? That was my five. Four, I've got Ben Linus. Um, oh boy, why Ben Linus? Ben Linus is, in a lot of cases, he's like the sinister spoon that stirs the fucking porridge. Um, also, I really appreciate Michael Emerson's portrayal of this character. It's like Michael Emerson is devoted to making his character the most interesting character in any scene he's in. Pretty much, yeah. And I really appreciate that. I, I guess to a certain degree, I don't really like the kid in this season, but I was trying to remember like the sympathy I felt for the kid previously, the mm. kid version of Ben Linus, who's, I mean, I, his whole thing of the patience of having to wait in this like terrible situation where he's being like abused by his father and doesn't belong there. It reminded me of the, like the, the joke of like, how do you destroy somebody? It's like tell them you love them and then never talk to them again. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm just very curious how he how he gracefully returns to the Dharma Initiative. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, let's see here. What are we on for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got Daniel Faraday at number four. Right. Uh, downgraded for his very bad plan right at the end there. <laughs> I feel like he could have workshopped that one, Faraday. But um, just... And, and this is pretty much it for him, I think, too, on the show. Um, but a lot of fun creating what could be a stock like you know scientist guy like i feel mm-hmm. like he gives him a ton of depth well and like what not to do with horace goodspeed man horace sucked yeah horace is like just a mathematician we find uh-huh. out um yeah faraday who like just appears in the finale is like as like eloise's like hippy dippy like lazy musician and mm-hmm. um so that was or three, I have my girl Juliet. Um, man, in a different show, Juliet's the star. Like, like there's a there's a whole like Shonda Rhimes show that could be about Juliet. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about Elizabeth Mitchell. That's fair. I've got Sawyer at number three. I think it was a strong season for Sawyer. He uh, he kind of took a leadership role and. I'm not saying his his leadership role is necessarily a huge success, but I feel like he at least learned some things from watching Jack fuck it up. Mm -hmm. So I'll give that to him. I don't think you've said Juliet yet. I have not. No. Uh, At two, I have uh, two. A is Sawyer. Two is James Lafleur. Yeah, this is this is uh, Josh Holloway's like fucking season, man. Like he's fucking owning the season. He's getting to be more vulnerable and approachable and like just wounded and and like loving than he's ever been before um and i it's funny to me i was just rewatched starting the episode of community that he was on earlier and why are we just not doing more of josh holloway i really don't understand it all right i know he had some more tv stuff um i like if he was in the jeremy renner role in Mm. mission possible 4 like if Mm. they swapped that'd been fine let me I, let me throw this out to you. I saw a trailer for the new Chris Hemsworth movie on Netflix today. Oh. Is there any good Chris Hemsworth movie that's not a Marvel movie? Supposedly that one where he's a race car driver is good. I've never seen it myself. So here's my crazy suggestion. Why didn't we get Josh Holloway as Thor? As Thor? Uh, I, I Maybe it's just I'm biased by him playing Sawyer. But that seems like the wrong energy for someone like, you know, Nordic. 
I feel like he's an actor. He could he could do something different. Yeah, probably. I mean, they cast an Australian guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm I'm fine with Hemsworth as Thor. Although I don't know, there's definitely like Marvel character. He could be like Gambit. It'd be like old Gambit. You know. I just I think for some reason like Chris Hemsworth keeps trying to have a thing other than Marvel, and yeah. they're all terrible. To the point where it's like, buddy, just stop. Just be Thor. Yeah. Do a, do a couple Thors and then retire. <laughs> and then meanwhile, we we can't get anything for Josh Holloway. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. He's not a Chris, I guess. Mm. All right. Um, Have you done your number two? You, you just, was Sawyer. Sawyer, yeah. So my number two is Juliet, who really rises to every occasion this season, even when the writers are just like just you know yanking her chain left and right like it 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 almost feels like the character becomes self-aware of the destiny that awaits her that she can't avoid mm-hmm. is your number one richard alper i will have to find out what's your number one my number one is is the man in black but also Locke. um i kind of grouped real Locke in with that um i love the man in black in this because i'm just trying to merge how I felt first watching it with how I felt now. But like, I believe this was just Locke resurrected, you know, mm-hmm. when it was first on. And it was just, I was loving that version of Locke, reconciling all of it. I love the way he, the, the, the character plays Christian. Like it's a, such a different side of John Terry. Just the, uh, can you help me? I hurt my leg. No, I can't <laughs> say hello to my son. Yeah. Um, this is like, and it's really setting up. I, maybe we get too much of him in the next season, but I thought this is the perfect amount of our of our real villain who finally emerges. There's no, not as much shade of gray. Like he's the villain of the piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, my number one indeed is Mr. Richard Alpert, who is just fucking awesome through this whole season. Just like front to back, I feel like this is the most Richard we've ever gotten. Every time he shows up, it's a delight. It's like it's extra exciting when he's there. Everything he says is interesting. Um, he's theoretically one of the villains, but he never feels like a villain. He always seems reasonable, but not necessarily pliable. You know, he has his own perspective that he's watching out for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just so much fun. Like Every scene he's in, I was like, fuck yeah, Richard Alpert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, that was season five. What are we going to do for season six? So I looked at season six and I have some some suggestions. It breaks out to 10 episodes. Well, I guess 11 finale. You mean total on the show or what you want to watch? Uh, That I want to watch. That's too much. Um, Because I definitely don't want to watch all 17 of season six. Can we skip LAX? Are we allowed to? Uh, maybe or let me let me just run down this list and see what you think okay so i have lax parts one and two on there which is funny to me because the wikipedia lists them as part one and two and it lists the end as just one anyway so lax part one and two then the lighthouse then Mm -hmm. sundown Mm -hmm. then recon then ab eterno the candidate across the sea what they died for the end I don't know. That's a lot. 
We could probably skip LAX then. Well, I just, I mean, do we want to do the thing where we do recaps of all those episodes or we just do our like top moments from them? We could do top moments from everything, but maybe the end. Is there any others that you really want to dive into? Not really, no. Yeah. So do we want do we want to do it's, every episode top moments or just top moments of the 10 that you mentioned? I would say just the 10 that I mentioned. Okay. I mean, I don't want to watch all 17. Yeah, this is, it's a lot. This is the thing about season six. I love this show. I think it's got a great ending. Mm-hmm. This last season is the weakest. So we're doing uh, five, six, eight, nine. 14. Eight, five, six, eight, nine, 14, 14 through 17. Through 17. So you want to skip LAX? Yeah, that, okay. I, I feel like that's fine. I would say, can I say, let's rewatch, like, I mean, even I may, I may rewatch podcast, it, but not really, you know, pay yeah. much. Yeah. Because I think we definitely want to rewatch, like, the first 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so 5, five six, 6, 8, eight 9, nine 14, through, 14 17. through 17. Yeah. So, and then 5 through 16 of those, we'll just do top moments, and then 17 will break down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that should give us plenty to discuss on the next episode, which will hopefully be a little shorter than this one, which might be like four and a half hours. Um, (laughs) Well, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.